Does your tie match your shirt for your date tonight? Are you dying to know what's in the picture one of your friends sent you? What are the heating instructions for your dinner tonight? Give the Bespecular app a try. Bespecular is an awesome new app on iOS and Android specifically developed for the visually impaired and deafblind. The Bespecular app is a fun, quick, and easy way to get answers to your everyday situations. Download the Bespecular app on the App Store or Play Store today. Want an awesome prize? Download the Bespecular app and come on over to Booth 38 to see if you want a prize. Hello, this is Larry Turnbull with ACB Radio. And with me is Malcolm Glenn and Mike May with Uber. And they're an Emerald Spot. Sponsor for the 2016 ACB Conferencing Convention. Welcome. Nice to be here. Thanks for having us, Larry. Nice to have you. So Uber is a wonderful service that uh, many of us have come to know over the last uh, couple of years. And can you explain to any of the listeners who may not know uh, what Uber is and uh, how they can uh, get access to it? Sure. This is Mike. And it's pretty straightforward. Like many apps, you download it from the App Store, and then you fill out the the wizard in terms of email, phone number. And in the case of Uber, since you're paying for your ride services through your credit card, you'll have to enter your credit card information. And there's a podcast available. We'll have a USB drive with various podcasts and documents available at the convention at the table uh, booth, table number 11 on July 4, 5, and 6. And that will walk you through how to set up the app and how to use it with these uh, different recordings. But the uh, basic idea is when you're ready to go, assuming that there's Uber in the town you're in, your phone identifies your position to the Uber server. It sees the nearest driver to you, and perhaps they're three minutes away, five minutes away. It gives you that information. Then you say, request a ride, and they tell you who's coming to get you, what their car rating is, and when they'll be there. And there's a countdown ETA, three, two, one, arriving now. Once you get in the car, they take you to your destination, which you can plug in or have the driver plug in to the app. They take you where you're going. You get out, you say, nice day, and you're on your way. There's no exchange of cash because it's all being billed to your credit card. It's as simple as that. Unfortunately, there have been issues about uh, those with guide dogs or service animals. Uh, How would they get in touch with Uber if they encounter drivers who refuse such services? Well, I think it's important to note that Uber has a very strict policy that drivers are required to accept service dogs, and they will reinforce that. Of course, there's always a few bad apples or maybe a few people who are just uh, uninformed that, that this is a requirement, and they think of it, it's their personal car, so they might be thinking, oh, I don't have to follow general rules, ADA rules, I, I follow my own rules, which isn't the case. In the rare instance that a dog is rejected, it's pretty easy to report it through the App, there's a help menu and there's specific categories in help that walk you through what kind of complaint you want to make. But it take you less than five minutes uh, to report an incident. And then my experience in the few times that it's happened to me, and that, which has been only three times out of probably a thousand rides between my wife and I, we both have CNI dogs. So we're, we're doing a, a double dose with the drivers getting in with two animals and have only been rejected a couple times. And there was a response back from Uber support folks within a couple of hours, uh, 24 hours at most. And then they'll take appropriate action once they uh, look into everything. Some towns, especially the big cities, there are extra options in the app that show up. 
uh, like Uber XL, Black Car, and other options. Can you go over some of those options on what they mean? Sure, Malcolm, you want to address that? Sure. So the service that most people are likely to use, and which is our uh, most expansive service, and that which with with which most people are familiar is Uber X, and that's uh, the low cost service where folks use their own cars to drive around, pick you up, and take you to your location. There is Uber Black, which is a more premium option um, where a black car will come and take you to your location. Uh, there's Uber XL, which is uh, a low-cost option for when you need more seats. So Uber XL cars can fit up to six people. And then there's um, Uber. Uh, and then there's a, uh, also a premium service uh, from the black car perspective. It's the same thing um, where you'll get six seats um, for for someone who's looking for a black car. Um, more broadly, and uh, in, in, in depending on where you are across the world, and we're available in more than 400 cities, there may be other options available. So there's Uber Select, which sort of straddles the line between Uber X and Uber Black. And in many cities, and increasingly across the world, there's Uber Pool, which is a shared ride option. So in that instance, you call a car, and you may actually you may actually get picked up with someone else already in the car, or on your trip, you'll pick up an additional passenger. The thinking being, what if we could match people? who are going along about the same route. You could decrease the cost for the rider, and it's not going to take you very much out of your way. Um, beyond the, the the riding options, in more and more cities, we're building out uh, things that uh, aren't about taking passengers to places. So Uber Eats is increasingly available in about a dozen different cities where you can turn on the app, request a food option, a meal, uh, and get that delivered to you. Um, in a handful of cities, we have something called Uber Rush, which is a sort of intra-city delivery service where you can have a courier pick up a package for you and take it somewhere else. And so the basic options that most people will be familiar with are Uber X, Uber Pool, Uber Black. But increasingly across the world, we're building out options that not only figure out different ways to take people from point A to point B, but also work on delivering other things beyond just taking people to places. And Uber Pool is the least expensive option, obviously. And I, I think, at least currently, there's never any surge with Pool, right, Malcolm? So the way it works with Uber Pool is there actually is a surge price, but the difference with Uber Pool is you know the cost of your ride up front. So it factors in a couple of factors. It's both the surge pricing that's uh, available in X, but also uh, the transparency and uh, the certainty of uh, a guaranteed price. The way that Uber X and our other services work is that you are charged a base fare and then you're charged an additional amount based on each mile you drive uh, and how long the ride is. But with Uber Pool, you never have to question whether you're going to whether there's going to be additional traffic that's going to add to the cost. You don't have to do the math in your head. The upfront cost is the cost you're going to pay no matter how long the ride takes. And I often say that this is one of the best things to happen to blind people yet this century because of the convenience, the on-demand aspect of it, but also the price. It gets so inexpensive. For example, for me to go to the Sacramento airport from Davis in a taxi, it's 45 to $60. If you book ahead with your regular driver, you can get it for 45 bucks. With Uber, it's 20 to $23, half the price. So even if there's a surge, I'm still paying uh, no more than I would pay in a taxi, and I get what I think is much more reliable, friendlier, more professional service. We didn't mention Uber Access, and this is being piloted in various cities, and it may come or go depending on how it works out. But that's the idea that the drivers are highly rated. If you pick Access, then under that, there's one a button called Assist. 
and those drivers will have watched a video and have a, a little bit more familiarity with uh, helping people out in different situations. I just like the fact that they're you're going to get a, a highly rated driver in, in good quality for sure. And the other thing worth mentioning under that umbrella Uber Access product is the increasing amount of work we're doing around wheelchair accessible vehicles. So in about a dozen different cities across the United States and a handful of cities outside the U.S., we're piloting options and services that allow you to call a wheelchair accessible vehicle. Now, the models vary a little bit based on where we are, and we're trying to figure out the one that makes the most sense. In some places, you'll actually call a wheelchair accessible taxi. In other places, we have partnerships with organizations that have excess supply of wheelchair accessible vehicles such that they have employees out on the road who are driving for the service. Um, but our goal is to build out the number of wheelchair accessible vehicle options we have. And as I think we figure out which of these models makes the most sense, I think you're going to see many more wheelchair accessible options across the country. I've been advising Uber on the app for about a year and a half uh, as a beta tester, and there's a f couple other blind beta testers. So it's really nice to know that the app is 100% accessible. And if anything, as they add features, isn't accessible, it'll get fixed quite quickly because there's those of us using it regularly that get the apps before they go out to the general market. They can give the developers feedback, and they're, they're very responsive about fixing these things. And just to note, the services that we've talked about here uh, in this interview. If you don't have them in your city, those services will be hidden on the app. You won't see them um, unless they are available in your location. Right. And if if you want to know you're going to a city and you're wondering, hey, I wonder if Uber is available, you can put in a an, uh, an approximate destination in that city. You're going to Indianapolis. So you just put in Indianapolis Speedway or something and uh, it'll come up on the map and it'll say ride available within three minutes. And you know that there's access uh, when you get to that particular town. And you can do that for cities in other countries as well. well that's great. So, um, and this app is available for both iOS and Android, correct? Yes. And there's a blind beta tester for Android as well. It's perhaps not as mature as the iOS version in terms of people, blind people working on it. But uh, my understanding is that it's getting better. Who would they contact if they have any questions or any other um, questions or concerns? So if you're at the convention, you should look for either me or Lindsay. Again, we'll be at booth 11, but we'll also be roving around uh, in the days um, that it takes place. But if you're not able to find us at the convention, you should absolutely use the support function within the app. So as Mike mentioned earlier, you can go into help and you can write in about virtually anything you want to talk about, whether it's an issue with a ride, whether it's a broader issue with the app specifically, or if you want to just tell a story. Um, the in-app support function is really the best way to go about doing that. Thank you for being on uh, ACB Radio, and we'll definitely look forward to seeing you at the conference and convention. Thank Thanks, you, Larry. It's an amazing world. In an instant, you can shop for a trombone, check on weather, and meet new friends. That is, if you can access the Internet. NVDA is a free screen reader that helps people who are blind or visually impaired get online. The American Foundation for the Blind tells you how with Learn NVDA. Free video lessons that teach technology for work and play. Launch your tech adventure. Learn more at www.afb.org slash learn NVDA. Hello, this is Larry Trumbull with ACB Radio, and welcome to the 2016 convention in Minneapolis, Minnesota. With me is Greg Stilson with Humanware, and we have uh, plenty to talk about with the new Braille Touch and... 
let's uh, say hello to Greg. Hey, Greg. Hey, Larry. Thanks for having me on again. It's great to be on ACB Radio. Yeah, great to have you always. Excellent. So what do we got with this uh, new uh, device that's just been released? Yeah, well, actually, the timing is good. We uh, literally last week uh, started shipping our first BrailleNote Touch units. So the BrailleNote Touch is, um, for for those of you who don't or haven't heard about it, it's it's really what what I'm calling the the next class of what people traditionally call the note taker. Um, The the BrailleNote Touch is a... A, a Google certified Braille tablet, and a lot of people ask me, "Well, what does Google certified mean? What is what is that?" The, the big deal here is that the Braille Note Touch is the first accessibility device that's ever been certified by Google, and what that means is that the users of the Braille Note Touch can access all the same applications that are available to any tablet on the Google Play Store. So when when they say Google certified, Google has something like twenty five thousand automated tests that a manufacturer has to pass to allow their device to be on the Google Play Store. And what that means is that you, Larry, could buy a BrailleNote Touch tomorrow and go to the Google Play Store and download any of the one point whatever million applications that are on there. And that's really where this device really sets itself apart from any assistive technology tool that's been out there today, or up to today, is that... um, you're able to use your traditional note taker commands, your your Braille note functions, your your you, all the efficiency things that the Braille note has done for years, and and that the Braille note comes with its own apps. You know things like Keyword, Keymail, that have been all souped up for the 21st century, um, and you use a lot of the same uh, efficiency things like first letter navigation in in our apps or in third party apps. But if you do want to download an accessible app from the Google Play Store, you can do that because the device is Google certified, and that's really where our goal with this product is to bring together the best of both worlds, the mainstream and assistive technology. And sort of what kind of brought us to, to thinking about this was that myself, I'm a blind individual, I, I use touch screens and things like that all the time, but one of the things that we noticed was that when blind people are using their their phones or their their tablets and things like that the the devices are designed to be accessible for everyone and what that means is that i can physically touch an item on the screen and it will read to me what it is they're meant to be efficient by sighted people so uh, that's a very clean dis- distinction here we have techniques with with uh, the screen readers and things that come on these mainstream devices but they're really meant to be efficient by the sighted population they're meant to be accessible by blind people and so what we wanted to do is design a product that was both accessible and efficient for the the blind population and so that's really where this device gives you a touch screen if you want to use it otherwise it has a physical keyboard and you can do all of the same uh, Braille commands and, and accessibility efficiency tools that you've used for many, many years, like first letter navigation or the, the shortcut keys and things like that. Um, but you can do an, uh, you can use them on the touchscreen itself. So we developed the technology actually to be able to type Braille naturally um, on the glass of the Braille Note Touch. So it physically looks like uh, your typical braille note but where you would typically have keys behind the braille display um, and that's a, a key component here is that it is an all-in-one device so you don't have to mess with 
two separate devices or Bluetooth pairings of devices to tablets and things like that. It's all in one device, and right behind the Braille display is a glass surface that you can type Braille on, or you can use your traditional swipe and double tap um, gestures that that you're familiar with with um, tablets and smartphones and things like that. So um, touch Braille is really the most efficient way that a blind person has ever had to interact with a touchscreen. So, um, and as I said, we, we, we designed all of the Keysoft apps from the ground up. Uh, so things like our word processor, which now operates strictly in a Microsoft word format. So you don't have to do any kind of conversion of Braille files to word anymore. Um, you're always just writing perfect contracted Braille or uncontracted Braille in a Microsoft word document. So you're able to do a lot of the, uh, really powerful formatting stuff there too. So um, like I said, we really wanted to kind of bring together this marriage of mainstream and assistive technology into one device. And that device ended up being the Braille Note Touch. Great. That's really sounds exciting. Does this device uh, have uh, speech capability as well as the Braille display? It does. Yep. So you can use speech output. Um, you can turn the speech output off. One of the really the nice benefits of touch braille, which is the typing on the glass, is that you don't ever hear the physical clicking of keys. So you can turn your speech off, just have the braille running, and you can be typing your notes in your classroom or in your meeting or writing a paper or whatever. And it's totally silent. And that's really what's really awesome is that sighted people, you know, sighted classmates or colleagues can write with a pencil and paper completely silently. Well, we now as blind people have the ability to not really stand out in the middle of a classroom anymore and, and do the click clack of keys and stuff like that. But as I said, the, the Braille Note Touch does come with a carrying case with a keyboard attached to it. And you can flip that down right on top of the screen and use it just like your traditional Braille Note taker that you've used for the past, you know, 16 years. Oh, wonderful. And I'm assuming that uh, with all the previous, uh, software that you've had on the previous devices uh, you can do uh, streaming with this as well yeah yeah and it's it's even more than that now now you can do streaming but i mean i i can download so many different apps for streaming so for example i can download podcast apps i could download um you know we've, we've got youtube on the device so if you want to just quick watch a youtube video you can do that um every week we're doing um a snapshot tutorial where we're releasing uh, basically a five-minute video of some of the really cool things you can do with the Braille Note Touch. Like this week, we just did one on showing just how easy it is to access YouTube. You don't have to, you know, one of the things I find myself doing on my phone all the time is swiping right about a thousand times until I find what I'm looking for. And uh, the nice thing with the Braille Note Touch is that you can type the first letter of on on YouTube. For example, if I if I'm looking for the search box and I have no idea where the search box is located on the screen, rather than running my finger all over the screen or swiping right a hundred times, I can just type S and it'll jump straight to search. Oh, that definitely will save some time. <laughs> yeah, yep. Especially with apps that you're not familiar with. If you if you just know kind of what you're looking for and you say, Okay, well somewhere on the screen's gotta be a search button or a done button or a send button, you can you can type the first letter and jump right there. Oh, great. So I guess everybody will really be looking forward to seeing this device. You'll be featuring it at the convention, right? Absolutely. Yep, yep. So it will, it'll be, we'll have uh, some Braille Note Touches there. You'll be able to try out Touch Braille and just see how natural it is. We've got a lot of positive feedback uh, on Touch Braille. Um, basically, when you type Touch Braille, you lay 10 fingers on the screen. You get a quick vibration from the device, and then you just start typing as if there were really keys there. And what's really cool about Touch Braille is that 
it follows your fingers. You don't need to hit keys, virtual keys anywhere on the screen. You just type naturally where you believe the Braille key should be, and uh, it'll it'll follow your fingers. So it not only you know identifies your fingers, but identifies which fingers they are, and that's what's really remarkable about Touch Braille. We uh, this is patent pending technology that we uh, we developed from the ground up. So you'll be able to play with that. Um, we'll have some really cool apps uh, on the device that you'll be able to see. Um, it does have an HDMI port so that if there is, we, we do have anybody with vision, we can plug into a large monitor and you can just see what's going on on the screen as well. With regard to the other devices, you'll see a pattern. One of the things I want to talk about is for our low vision users. Um, the product's called the Prodigy Connect. And you'll see sort of a pattern here because one of the things that we're starting to do is really try to, as I said, marry the best of both worlds. And that's really what I think we've done with the Prodigy Connect as well is the Prodigy Connect has the Prodigy software inside of it. And it's basically, it's a, a tablet that sits into a stand and allows you to use it as a, a, a low vision magnifier, so a portable CCTV. But if you want to you know, leave the Prodigy application, which allows you to put a piece of paper underneath it, you can magnify it in live mode in real time to read what you're looking at, or you can use the Prodigy's embedded optical character recognition so I can hit the scan and read button and it just starts reading to you which is really cool there but when I'm done with it and let's say I want to go take the Prodigy um, uh, stuff that I read and move it to Dropbox or if you sent me an email Larry and I want to read the email I can actually leave the Prodigy software open up an email and magnify that and actually see it so it's really this best of both worlds we're taking the efficiency of reading in a low vision magnifier that's designed for low vision people um, combined with the openness of a, a, an Android tablet. So this is really, a, you know, an, an Android, I think it's a 12 inch tablet that you're using. So um, it's, it's sort of this combination of the two technologies. And I think that that's really what our users of today are expecting is that we don't want a device that's just doing one thing. We want something that is easy for me to use that does a whole bunch of things. And so that's really where, uh, where I think HumanWare, you're going to start seeing a lot of our focus being put. You can contact uh, HumanWare at www.humanware.com. Um, you can contact our customer service at info at humanware.com or our, customer, or our tech support at support at humanware.com. And, of course, our phone number is 800-722-3393. Excellent, and thank you for being a Ruby sponsor for the 2016 ACB convention. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. This is Larry Turnbull with ACB Radio. Here is the agenda for Friday, July 8th in the Nicolette Ballroom, sponsored by J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, beginning at 8 a.m., entertainment, Maureen Prangoff, Piano, Golden Valley, Minnesota. 8.30 a.m. Invocation, Debbie Hazelton, Dothan, Alabama. Pledge of Allegiance, Burl Colley, ACB Board of Directors, Lacey Washington. 8.35 a.m. ACB Business, ACB Sponsor Recognitions, Marjorie Beeman, Advertising and Sponsorship Coordinator, Austin, Texas. Emerald Sponsor Presentation, Amy R. Furish, J.P.M. Morgan & Chase, ADA Coordinator, Columbus, Ohio, 9 o'clock a.m. Resolutions, Mark Reichert, Chair, Arlington, Virginia, 10 a.m. Elections, 10.30 a.m. Break, 
10.45 a.m. elections continued. 12 noon, lunch break. 1.15, ACB business. 2.45 p.m. break. 3 o'clock p.m., old new business. 5 p.m., adjourn. 5.30 p.m., ACB life member reception. Mirage room, 6.30 p.m., pre-banquet entertainment. North Star Ballroom, Maureen McGinty, Harp. Richfield, Minnesota, 7 o'clock p.m., ACB Banquet, North Star Ballroom, sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals, Master of Ceremonies, Mark Reichert, Chair, ACB Resolutions Committee, Arlington, Virginia, Invocation, Reverend Michael Garrett, Missouri City, Texas, with humor, stories, and song. Terry Kelly will entertain you and inspire you to take a 360-degree look at your life by exploring the difference between failure and success. Presenter Terry Kelly, singer-songwriter, storyteller, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Presentation of George Card Award, Chip Haley, Joplin, Missouri. Co-chair, ACB Awards Committee. Presentation of Nettie Freeman Award, Ron Brooks, ACB Board of Publications. And that concludes the agenda for Friday, July 8th. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday. Thank God it's Friday, TGIF. And we are at the 2016 American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the Hyatt Regency Hotel. I'm going to go ahead and bring up the house, let you catch the last of the pre-entertainment, and then we're going to get underway. Got lots to do today. This is the business portion of the general sessions. There's going to be elections, there's going to be lots of uh, resolutions, maybe a few uh, constitution and bylaw proposed amendments, and it's going to be a full agenda, so hang on and here we go.
Good morning, everyone. It's Friday, July 8th at the ACB convention. Sponsored by J.P. Morgan Chase and Company. Welcome to our listeners on ACB Radio. I want to thank our entertainment this morning, Maureen Pranghofer, piano from Golden Valley, Minnesota. 
And you'll get to hear her this evening as well. She's providing, I believe, the pre-banquet entertainment as this evening. All right. I want to take a moment to reflect on what's happening in our world around us today. We get a little bit isolated inside our hotel for a week, and many of us don't turn the radio on or listen to the news. But there's been some tragedies here in Minnesota, in Louisiana, and most recently in Dallas with the death of several police officers. There's much unrest in our world, and it's comforting to know that here within ACB, we have unity and camaraderie. And let's take a moment of silence to reflect on those officers who gave their lives and for the African-American souls here in Minnesota and Louisiana who lost their lives as well. Thank you. All right, I want to recognize Debbie Hazelton from Dothan, Alabama to lead us in our invocation. Debbie? Good morning, everyone. It is an absolute honor and privilege to be standing here this morning to bring you this, this share in this time and this message with you. I can't help but feel that all these tragedies that we have going on right now are a cry for help. I think that we started, it started with Columbine and maybe it went back much further, but these these sudden shootings are various people with a pressure building up inside, like a pressure cooker that just explodes. So these people need our love and light. And people sometimes say, well, I can't relate as a blind person. I can't relate to light. Well, what about light-heartedness? What about light as in warmth and brightness? What about light as in gentle touch? What about light as in enlightening truth being revealed? So this week, I've thought a lot about wonderment, as I often do. Many of you know me from various shows on ACB radio, and, and people sometimes say, but are you, what religion are you? Well, I'm spiritual. That's what I am. Yeah, I know that some of you are very glad about that. And you better believe it. I live gosh. I live on purpose. And I believe in an essence, a presence that is within all of us. Even those who were shot, even those who did the shooting. Well, is that God at work? Well, I think it's actually people separated from their spirit in times like that, separated from their awareness of spirit. Some people can't always relate to this essence. And for me, if it was a flavor, and I think it's all flavors, I think it's male and female, 
And for me, it's vanilla. <laughs> because vanilla is in, all, is in all baked goods. It's kind of like a silent partner. So this week, I've thought about wonderment. How is it that this grand convention comes together every year with such scope and magnificence every time with many worker bees in the background, yes, and in the foreground, but it always comes together. As I've walked around, I've been absolutely thrilled with many of the conversations that I've heard and had. I've heard much resilience from many of you. I've heard much more self-worth than I used to hear at conventions. I think there's more dignity and self-respect and respect toward others. There's the wonderful laughter and banter that goes on in, in much of the time, and yet it's balanced with knowledge and wisdom and passion and compassion from our leaders, from people in workshops, even in elevators. So much of all these good qualities. I am so impressed with the resilience. We are resourceful. If spirit is source, we are resource-filled. We are source-filled. And I am so proud because as we are going forward, I believe that we are more prosperous than we've been maybe ever as an organization. And this is allowing us to think differently, to move away from some of the scarcity thinking that we've had in the past. It's allowing us to reach out and be more appreciative than fearful, to be more kind than crabby. <laughs> and I think that we are in a, a wonderful time with our wonderful president all of our officers, our board, and I want to encourage you to listen to your heart to be guided today in all of our ACB business. Listen to your heart as we all listen to our hearts going forward because our hearts are filled with great spirit. We are filled with great spirit moving in us, through us, and as us. I want to close by playing something from our FIA showcase. This really exemplifies what our world needs and more of what our organization needs and more of what is available to us. Jason Castanguay sang two songs, Help is on the Way and We Can Be Kind. Imagine reaching out to help or even reaching in to help ourselves and also reaching to simultaneously be kind. Help is available to all of us, to our affiliates that are struggling, to our affiliates that are thriving. Help and kindness. It's like breathing in and out. Help and kindness. Let's listen to Jason. Thank you. up the ship even though it may be sinking and you don't know what to do 
Don't give up your dream, even though you may be thinking it may never come true. Life has its own ideas of how things come about, and if you just hang in there, life is gonna work it out. Help is on the way from places you don't know about today. have met yet believe me when I say I know help is on the way you don't have to know where the path you're on is leading you just have to walk along learning as you go Asking for the things you're needing You can never go wrong If you have faith that things are happening as they should And just believe each step you take Is leading you to something good Help is on the way From places you don't know about today From friends you may not have met I know help is on the way. Nobody really wants to fight. Nobody really wants to go to war. If everyone wants to make things right, then what is all this fighting for? Does nobody want to see it? Does nobody understand? The power to heal is right here in our hands. We We all need the same things And maybe we'll find When we are there for each other That together we'll weather Whatever tomorrow may bring And it's not enough to talk about it enough to sing a song we must walk the walk about it you and I do or die we've got to try to get along we can be kind we can take care of each other we can be We all need the same things Maybe we'll find When we are there for each other That together we'll weather Whatever 
So it is. Thank you, Debbie. And thank you for sharing. Jason, what a beautiful job. Uh, Karen Campbell seeking the mic. Say something, Karen. This is Karen. This go, is, ahead, go ahead. This is Karen Campbell. Could I have someone from the AV team to the Illinois delegation, please? Thank you. Okay. Do you need assistance with assistive listening? Correct. Okay. Thank you. The AV team will be over. Thank you very much. All right. Now to conclude the circle... We have an opportunity to show our faith to our country. Gives me pleasure to introduce to you Burl Colley, who will be leaving the ACB Board of Directors today and who has contributed eight years of wonderful service to our board, and I know he'll continue to do so. Burl, please lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Please stand. So the flag is off to my right at the end of the podium toward the back. You are left. Audience is left. Audience is left. That's right. That's too much thinking to have to do it. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Here you go, Kim. Thank you. Thanks, Burl. Thank you, Burl. You may be seated. <laughs> all right. It's my honor and privilege to introduce to you for the last time at this convention our sponsorship coordinator, Marjorie Beeman. Thank you, Madam President. Good morning to everybody. Today I have two more bronze individuals to read. One of them I received by email, 
And then the other one, a person stopped me in the hall. So I'm going to read those two bronze. One is Mickey Pran for the $25. The other one is Therese Petrie from Arkansas, $25. So we do know people are listening to ACB radio and to everything that's going on, and that's really great. Now I want to uh, read our sponsors for the last time. The Double Diamond Sponsor, $25,000. Google Crown Jewel Sponsor. They've sponsored everything that's gone. Banda Pharmaceutical, ACB Banquet. You'll have a treat this evening. And the Memorial Walk. Emerald Sponsors, 15,000, DQ Systems, Guide Dog Services, and International Culture Exchange Day. <laughs> J.P. Morgan Chase and Company, your day at the conference, and today is their day, and we had a person that was going to speak, but was not able to be here, but Kim will talk to you about that shortly, but they'll be with us later today, and they have been with us during the week. Microsoft Conference Registration. Sprint Conference Volunteer Services and Afternoon ACB Radio Broadcast. Uber Audio Visual Services. Verizon Information Desk and Decade of Dreams, the auction. Those are our um, Emerald sponsors. Next is Ruby sponsors, $10,000. Adobe Convention Program, and the individual from Adobe is still around, so uh, you might be able to still connect up with him. Comcast ACB Exhibit Hall. Facebook Interpreter Services Deaf Blind. Humanware ACB Radio General Session Broadcast. Macro Degeneration Foundation, they're with Memorial Walk. Regal Cinemas, Kids Explorer Club, and Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. <laughs> Onyx Sponsors, 5,000. AT&T, ACB Cafe. <laughs> Buell Fund Recreation Zone. Charter Communications Performing Arts Showcase. <laughs> National Association of Broadcasters, ACB Marketplace. National Industries for the Blind, Scholarship Winners Reception and One General Session. BFO Freedom Scientific Optilec Exhibit Hall Guide. That's the Onyx sponsors. Now the Topaz sponsor, 2,500. 
is ACB Lions Scholarship Winners Travel. Coral Sponsors 2000, Bomb USA, ACB Future Leaders, and Outstanding Blind Student. Laney Feingold, a law office of Laney Feingold, and Linda Dadarian and Megan Ryan of Goldstein, Borgen, Dadarian, and Ho. Audio described film night. <laughs> Randolph Shepard Benders of America, scholarship winners dinner and luncheon. That's the choral sponsors. Pearl Sponsors 1000, Caption Max, ACB Cafe, July 6th, Discover Technology, ACB Cafe, July 5th, Hems Incorporated, ACB Cafe, July 3rd, Maxi Aid, ACB Cafe, July 4th. Let's give them a hand. You got your dollars off. <laughs> Lighthouse for the Blind, Seattle. High Tech Workshop. <laughs> Library Users of America, NLS Talking Book Narrator. <laughs> Those are the Pearl Sponsors of 1,000. The total of the sponsorship is 239,500. The total of uh, Ads that we sold, other sponsors from over the internet, radio, wherever, and uh, bag inserts and radio ads. The total of all that together is $257,105. Thank you, Madam President. It's never too late to donate. <laughs> Thank you, Marjorie. Thank you, Marjorie. Let's give her one more hand. What a great job. I just want to mention that um, our colleagues from J.P. Morgan Chase have been here um, during the week conducting focus groups, talking about online banking, credit cards, all kinds of different things. And I met all of them last night and they couldn't say enough about the excellent feedback that those of you who participated in the focus groups with them have provided, and they can't wait to get back to the office to start implementing some of the great suggestions they received. So there will be three representatives from J.P. Morgan Chase at this evening's banquet as well. So thank you, J.P. Morgan, for everything you've done to support the American Council of the Blind. I want to recognize um, Carla Rushevel to get to a mic. I know she's out in the, the uh, marketplace. And while she's getting to a mic, I will recognize our resolutions chair to begin the process and if, of um, sharing with us the resolutions from our committee. So, Mr. Reichert. All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, yeah, you guys are ready to go. So let's start with something fun. Because I know you guys like to kind of, like I say, like it's kind of raise a little hell every now and then. Heck, excuse me, raise a little roof. 
Whereas the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, was enacted when the Internet was in its infancy, and whereas an array of court decisions continues to make application of the ADA, particularly to online places, online-only places of public accommodation. Uh, whoops. Let me read this again. Chai tea is still kicking. It's trying to work. Whereas an array of court decisions continues to make application of the ADA, particularly to online-only places of public accommodation, uncertain. And whereas on the 20th anniversary of the ADA in 2010, the Obama administration publicly acknowledged the need for clarifying regulations in this area, but has continuously thwarted efforts by the United States Department of Justice, DOJ, to make progress on this critical regulatory agenda. And whereas most recently the Obama administration scuttled plans to release a notice of proposed rulemaking on the ADA's application to state and local government internet accessibility obligations, and whereas, while bringing some further attention to state and local internet access uh, responsibilities is always in order, organizations of and for people who are blind or visually impaired have rather been demanding action on the responsibilities of public accommodations operating exclusively online and not on state and local governments for... Uh, state and local government's internet accessibility obligations, which have never been in doubt. And whereas in a vain attempt to portray regulatory progress regarding internet accessibility, the DOJ has most recently issued a supplemental notice of proposed rulemaking, SNPRM, concerning state and local governments, which asks many of the same insulting questions DOJ posed for public comment in previous proceedings, demanding evidence, evidence for the relative costs and benefits of internet accessibility. <sighs> and whereas no civil right, no civil right, no civil rights, whether they be started at Seneca Falls, Selma, or Stonewall, or sought for in Silicon Valley or cyberspace, no civil rights should ever be sold at auction. I had fun doing that. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization expresses its profound frustration and disappointment with the Obama administration for its failure to be responsive to Americans with vision loss who have, for nearly a decade, been calling for much-needed regulatory clarification of the Americans with Disabilities Act's application to online-only places of public accommodations. And be it further resolved that this organization reach out to the major party candidates for president of the United States to communicate our demand that within the first six months of the new presidency, issuance of regulations clarifying that online-only places of public accommodation are nevertheless ADA-covered entities with internet accessibility obligations must be achieved.
you guys think that the uh, resolutions committee recommends a do pass? Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you. So the resolutions committee recommends a do pass. Any discussion? Well, I think your recommendation, and I'll consult the parliamentarian, is is in the form of a motion. You recommend a do pass. I so move. So I interpret that as a motion. Um, I heard several seconds, so hearing no discussion. All those in favor of this resolution say aye. Aye. Opposed. Let it be noted that it was unanimous. Thank you. Carla, are you in a mic? Yes, Madam Chair. All right, Carla. Thank you. Uh, I have a... Resolution number... Twenty sixteen oh five. Oh five. Okay. I have a few things, a couple of announcements concerning the mini mall sidewalk sale. We were outside. Um, Georgia and Florida are very happy. Uh, we are outside by the uh, ACB Cafe and um, where Marketplace was. Uh, we have a couple of things uh, that I want you to know about on sale. Come out and see us. We're selling out of many, many things. We do have two uh, DKM coins left from last year. There are two, and then that's all there is. So if you would like them, that would be good. They're $25. Um, we have jackets on sale. ACB jackets are 35 and the, um, uh, the, the 2X and 3XLs are 38 we have a couple of items that were imperfections. Uh, the printing on them was slightly imperfect, and we did not want to sell them as new items um, because of that. If you are interested in them, however, the items are fine. The printing is just a little bit off center. Uh, one is a very nice computer bag. It's an $80 computer bag. We have four of them uh, for $50 each. So if you're interested in them, come see them. And we have car magnets, and they are $5 each. And those are ACB computer bags and car magnets. But do realize that the printing is a little, not not quite perfect. Um, We also have T-shirts. The children's T-shirts are all $5, regardless of whether it's current or past conventions. Um, We have the other uh, past convention T-shirts, and we only have a couple of the Minnesota T-shirts left. So come see us. The power banks are there. Um, We also have the other, the wall chargers, many other things. So come out and see us. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and Kim, one more thing. Uh-huh. I just want to let everybody know, I'll, I'll have a, a better total at the end of today, but um, our budgeted revenue projected for the mini mall this year was $13,000. And yesterday, just this week, um, yesterday, we're right at about $12,000 in sales. Wow. So. Thank you all so much. And we do have Braille Forum tickets as well. You can purchase them out there, and uh, that'll help the Braille Forum raffle. So thank you very much.
Thank you, Carla, and thank you to the Mini Mall team. I think there's a lot of shoppers in this crowd. Wow. Madam President. Um, I'll take one more announcement. I believe it's Dan Dillon. It's Dan Dillon. Yeah, thank you. Uh, It'll be very brief, but when we did our uh, walk report yesterday, uh, West Virginia, uh, or Tennessee, was in second place. (laughs) Then Donna Brown got a, a donation up on stage, and it put West Virginia ahead of Tennessee. Oh. Wait a minute. Now, then, then when, I, when I went back to my delegation, thanks to a generous donation from Gordon Dykes from Knoxville, Tennessee is back in the lead again in second place. So <laughs> I would just like to throw down a challenge. I know the walk is long gone for this year, but the money keeps coming in. So any of you who are, want to support West Virginia, see Donna Brown. Any of you want to support Tennessee, me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I have a feeling there'll be a next chapter to that story. <laughs> All right. Let's have another resolution, Mark. Hello. Thank you, Madam President. This is about NLS. Guys, relax about the number. The numbers are not assigned until after you take action on them. Thank you. <laughs> Whereas, for the past 82 years, the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped, NLS, has distributed talking book players free of charge, allowing blind and physically, quote-unquote, blind and physically handicapped, close-quote, patrons who use audio materials to fully enjoy a free library service. And whereas NLS began producing Braille books 85 years ago and in 1999 started providing digital versions of these books to its patrons. And whereas no reading device has been provided to patrons for use with such digital books, meaning that Braille readers who wish to use these digital materials have had to provide their own equipment. And whereas for more than 40 years, braille reading devices have been commercially available and exceedingly expensive, but but new technological developments have brought about a significant reduction in cost. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization supports any and all efforts to allow the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped to provide equipment to patrons for use with each of the formats produced by NLS. And be it further resolved that this organization urges the Congress of the United States to promptly enact H.R. 5227, pending legislation to authorize NLS to offer digital Braille reading equipment, enabling all NLS patrons to have access to free library service in Braille. Do pass. I so move. Motion's been made and seconded to adopt this resolution, one that's near and dear to my heart as a network librarian. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Thank you. This will help our advocacy to, to get this moved forward with Congress and allow NLS to take the next step in the 
availability of an electronic braille reader for patrons of the program. So thank you very much. Next. That was 201606, just in case you were curious. <laughs> I know you don't care about such things, but I'm going to tell you the number whether you want to hear it or not. Because I'm just that kind of a guy. I just force information down people's throats. They say, don't ever tell us the number. And I say, you're going to hear it. Here's one uh, on information access in government. Whereas the Social Security Administration encourages applications to use electronic data entry systems. When... Hold on, hold on, slow down. When Social Security Administration encourages applicants to use electronic data entry systems when applying for benefits, and uh, whereas these systems are not set up with screen reading or magnification software, and whereas members of the public are being increasingly required to use an inaccessible touchscreen when coming into their social security offices to sign in and state their business. And whereas in some instances, social security office security guards, wow, uh, or other uh, inappropriate personnel are out of necessity being approached by people who are blind or visually impaired to assist them with entering in their social security numbers and other sensitive information. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization takes all appropriate steps to persuade and or compel the Social Security Administration and agencies of the federal government generally to ensure the availability of accessible in-person information and benefits kiosks or computerized systems that comply with sections 504 and 508 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 as amended. We, of course, recommend do pass. Motion has been made and seconded. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Opposed? Thank you. I bet this is 1607. Is that correct? Uh, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, yes, yes. I seven, thought seven. so. I'm catching on. When we get to 11, <laughs> I'm going to be SOL, man, because I only got 10 fingers. <laughs> Beyond 10? Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Next. This is, what in the world is this about? Wow. Nah, you don't want to hear that one. You, you, <laughs> this is about uh, the, um, you know, what is this? More and more we do these resolutions about the failure of the government to do stuff that we've told them to do, right? This is another one of these things. What's up with that? Whereas the United States Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC, has been the lead agency that is charged with providing guidance and subsequent approval of all federal compliance with Executive Order 13164 that requires each agency to have its own EEOC-approved written procedure for individuals with disabilities to request reasonable accommodations. And whereas... 
a review of EEOC's internal document entitled Procedures for Providing Reasonable Accommodations for Individuals with Disabilities. How's that for an original title? Omits any mention of assistive technology accommodations including but not limited to screen reader and magnification software. And whereas the EEOC's failure to provide guidance to federal agencies on assistive technology accommodations has ultimately resulted in federal employees who are blind or visually impaired being unable to perform their job duties. And whereas the absence of reasonable accommodations brought about by this failure results in denial of jobs, including promotional opportunities, and even the firing of employees with visual impairments. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization contact each of the commissioners and the principal staff of the United States Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and and demand that the commission include within the aforementioned document complete and appropriate guidance on assistive technology accommodations for federal employees who are blind or visually impaired. We recommend it do pass. Motion's been made and seconded. Is there discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. Thank you. 1608. The secretary's tracking too now. 1608. <laughs> this, uh, you want to keep going, Madam President? Um, I have a brief announcement. I just want to reiterate to the body that um, throughout the week we have indicated that you need your name badge to vote and you need a red dot on your name badge. So check your badges. You have about 30 minutes to see registration if you do not have a dot on your badge. That does, if you're not a member, you're not gonna get a dot on your badge. So, because you can't, you can't run out the door and join so you can vote. We have a record vote. We have to certify our membership by June 3rd. One, 30 days prior to our first business meeting. So if you believe that you are a member and you do not have a dot, again, you have about 30 minutes to correct the situation. At that point, all of our staff and volunteers will be preparing for the election process and they will no longer be available to put dots on badges. Okay? And if Thanks. you if, if, if you are not a member and you don't have a dot, if you're not a member and you don't have a dot but you still want to vote in our elections, we need to give you some therapy. <laughs> I mean we appreciate the exuberance, but All right. join. Shall we uh, go ahead? Let's see. All right, another audio description resolution, but this one with a different uh, little different twist. Uh, what's that? It's, uh, the, uh, the, the, this audio description resolution is a lot shorter than the other one. 
whereas the public broadcasting system, PBS, has demonstrated an historic commitment to providing quality audio description, and whereas Los Angeles is the second largest television market in the country, and whereas KCET, the former PBS affiliate in the Los Angeles market, passed through, passed through audio description produced by PBS until they disaffiliated with that network. And whereas now KOCE, known as PBS SoCal, is the major provider of PBS programming in the Los Angeles market. And whereas PBS SoCal, in response to a viewer inquiry, has stated that they do not have they do not have the equipment to pass through audio description and will not invest in this technology. And whereas, although PBS SoCal may not have a legal obligation per se to purchase equipment necessary to offer audio description, as a 501c3 nonprofit organization, it nevertheless has a public interest obligation to purchase necessary equipment to provide audio description. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization believes that the residents of Southern California who are blind or visually impaired deserve to enjoy the same access to PBS television as their sighted neighbors and, uh, and friends take for granted. And be it further resolved, comma, in order to achieve this objective, PBS SoCal is urged to purchase the necessary equipment to fulfill its public interest obligations to provide audio description. And be it further resolved that this organization believes that the Public Broadcasting Corporation should develop and implement policies and procedures which will assure that all affiliates, all affiliated stations, acquire all necessary equipment and pass through audio description. We recommend it du pass. Not sure why a French accent was necessary there. <laughs> A motion has been made and seconded. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor of this resolution say aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. The, the resolution is adopted. Yeah, absolutely. We're doing, do we're doing great. That was, oh, not. We're knocking them down, knocking them down. You guys are going to get to eat lunch today. I'm telling you. You're, you're just. Uh, let's see. That was 09. So here we go. That was 09. Now here's another one. What is, what's going on here? Don't be doing that. Okay. Going on the theme of our government continuing to let us down. Hey. I'm just full of laughs today, Mark. Where's that humor? Whereas the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, actively and continuously discriminates against beneficiaries who are blind or visually impaired by providing communications, e.g. applications, eligibility, determinations, explanations of benefits, comma, etc., close paren, only in non-accessible print 
on paper even after years of numerous verbal and written requests for legally required reasonable accommodations. And whereas CMS permits and sanctions the discriminatory practice of its medical providers to deny effective communication to people with vision loss even after numerous verbal and written uh, requests for reasonable accommodations. And whereas this denial of effective communication can result in limited access to medical services uh, and treatments, financial, uh, whoops, financial difficulties and negative credit impact, and denial of private access to medical results and recommendations. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization pursue any and all appropriate legal remedies to address this persistent pattern of failure to ensure equal access and effective communication. Uh, we recommend it do pass. Okay. All right. The committee has made a recommendation for do pass, and it's been seconded. Is there any discussion? Hearing none. All those in favor of this resolution signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? The resolution is adopted. We shall do another one. Yay. Now, which one was that? That was... I ran out of fingers. <laughs> Come on, you guys. Which number was that one? That's what I'm talking about. That's all right. This is high-level math. Hey, anybody got an abacus out there? I can... Uh, don't take my... Uh, for multiple reasons. All right. A little bit of a different issue now. Switching over to education and TVIs. Teachers of students with vision impairments. Whereas there is a nationwide shortage of teachers of students with vision impairments, with visual, with visual impairments... TVIs, resulting in many vacant, uh, vacant TVI positions going unfilled. And whereas a significant proportion of these unfilled positions is for in itinerant teachers who must travel by automobile to multiple schools in a large geographic region, more often than not in areas without with insufficient public transportation. And whereas there are any number of qualified TVIs who are blind or visually impaired who could fill such positions with the support of driver assistance, and whereas many school districts fail to accommodate TVIs with vision loss by refusing to hire driver assistance, thus requiring these TVIs to incur the cost of such accommodations. And whereas in some cases, school districts simply will not hire TVIs who are blind or visually impaired because of the need to pr provide this reasonable accommodation. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization expresses its support for TVIs with vision loss who frequently face discrim uh, disability discrimination in hiring and advancement. And be it further resolved that this organization calls upon state and local uh, education agencies to provide driver assistance 
uh, to TVIs with vision loss for whom such a reasonable accommodation is appropriate. And, I mean, why wouldn't we recommend a due pass? So we do. Exactly. All right. Motion's been made and seconded. Recommending a due pass of this resolution. Is there any discussion? Um, please get to a mic. I'm in a, I'm in a mic. Okay, keep talking. Uh, okay. Uh, there, hello, here you hello. come. You have arrived. Keep talking. Oh, there you go. Oh, it's doing a little cutting out. Hold on one second. Okay, talk again. I've been told to eat it. There you go. You sound good now. Madam Chair, I'm not sure where it's appropriate to make this. Uh, I, in past years, when there's been a resolution, there has been a specific action that we supposed to take uh, concerning that particular uh, resolution. And I don't hear the specific actions um, other than, you know, ACB recommends or urges and all that kind of stuff. Is that a new practice or are, are we missing something and are uh, what got your point so the, the the real purpose of this is to do exactly what it says to express support for tvis who are facing this situation and then to say that driver assistance essentially declared that this body that this organization believes that driver assistance is reasonable is a reasonable or can certainly be a reasonable accommodation once this sucker is prepared and it's on acb letterhead it becomes a document that folks can use and it's just yet another um, tool in the advocacy Toolbox. Um, you know, I think there are already existing remedies, and we've talked about this with the uh, maker of this resolution, and they, I think, understand that. So I think those existing remedies are available. But this hopefully should be a statement to uh, add into the into the toolkit. Thank you. Thank you. Any? That was Doug Powell. Thank you from Virginia. All right. Any other discussion? Hearing none. All those in favor of this resolution say aye. Aye. Opposed? The resolution is adopted. Excellent. Good. Could do another one. Yes, we can do another one. Or we can do another one. You guys rock. How about, it? How about door prizes after this one? Sounds good. Yes. Okay. You guys prefer door prizes over me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said after this one. Oh, she said after, after this, this one. one. Okay. You have to do one. <laughs> but Madam President, I like doing resolutions. <laughs> don't talk slowly. Don't talk. Don't talk slow. Yes. Don't speak slowly. Why? Why don't I want to speak slowly? Because we want to get the door. Oh, because you want to get it over with to get the door. <laughs> okay. I see. I know where I stand. So, whereas the cost of assistive technology, no, I'm sorry, whereas, uh, that was 11 that we just did, correct? So this, if you agree to it, will be number 12. There's a certain inescapable logic to it. It's amazing. Whereas the cost of assistive technology uh, meeting the unique needs of people who are blind or visually impaired is commonly very high and frequently prohibitive. And whereas manufacturers of such equipment frequently do not offer their customers financing for purchasing and certainly not 
on credit eligibility and other loan terms that would otherwise make such financing a possibility for many. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization, and there are a couple bullets here, bullet promote, promote, comma, through the public policy process, the availability and fiscal health of existing and new assistive technology low interest loan programs, and second bullet, consider, comma, and collaborate as appropriate with other strategic partners to achieve means for building or strengthening private sector commercial or nonprofit low interest loan programs for people with disabilities. And naturally, we recommend a due pass. Motion's been made and seconded. Is there any discussion? Is there any discussion? Okay, yes needs to get to a microphone. And then say something into the microphone. Point like, of order. Hi, or your name, or... Tom Mitchell. All right, Tom? I recognize Tom Mitchell. Madam Chairman, the last, this resolution and the past several, um, I have heard do pass from the chair of the resolutions committee with immediate seconds without hearing an actual motion. I, is a do pass considered a motion or not? Yes, I, I did speak to that as we started the resolution process this morning and confirmed with our parliamentarian that a recommendation of due pass from the resolutions committee is in the form of a motion and I hear seconds from the audience. Okay, so it is, it is acceptable. Any other discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor of the resolution say aye. Aye. Opposed? The resolution is adopted. All right, we're gonna have some door prizes. All right. Two or three, Good we've morning. got a lot of folks here today, so <laughs> two or three. All right, we got cash today. We got $25 cash from North, from New, uh, let's see, from Minnesota. And let's see who gets this. Looking, looking, looking. Collect, wash, um, I'm sorry, hold on. Arbitson, Colette Arbitson. Hmm? Oh, good. All right, from Washington. Trying to get the money, 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 money. We did have the money here. Okay, let me just do another one. Should we do another one? All right. I, be I believe in having our parliamentarian multitask. She delivers door prizes, so <laughs> <laughs> she volunteered to do that. Another so cash she's, prize. She's helping our door prize folks. Another one is from New Mexico, $25. Let's take a look to see who can get this. We have Roger Benz from California. Are you here? Roger Benz, if you're here, please raise your hand. I'm sorry? To the, to the left. Is he here? Okay, no. thank you. Okay, we're being told no. 
Hannah Sonberg. Hannah? Hannah. No. Oh, let's keep going down the line here. Mark Bolger from he, Nebraska. He is here. In front of the podium, no, not too no. far. Cash. I mean, the bag's going to go next. One more. The gentleman. Okay, we have a gift bag here with a wallet and other stuff. That's what it says. <laughs> it's what it says. Other stuff. That's a good audio description. <laughs> From M&I and South, Dakota, South Carolina. And let's see. Carla Hamble from New York. Hmm? Carla Hamble. Mm, Campbell. No. I'm sorry. Carla Campbell. Carla Campbell? That's what it says on Okay. Here. No. <laughs> David Cox from Kentucky. Not here? No. Randy Decker. Randy no. no. Okay. Later down the road, we're going to sweeten the pot here. So. That's right. Daryl Eaton. Daryl, are you here? Daryl, <gasps> are you here? Is he here? He's, awesome. He's here. You. Raise your hand. All right. Wave your hand, Daryl, please. Thank you. All right. This one. All right. We'll have door prizes and a little uh, additional door prizes. Um, a little later, and we're going to go back to a resolution. Oh, my. Okay. Then we will hear from our nominating committee chairperson, and we will look toward preparing ourselves for the election process. Here we go. He's back. <laughs> He's back. You thought you could get rid of me with some tour prizes, man. <laughs> you are stuck with me. You are, you are so... St- All right, here we go. Um, yeah. This is on... Well, you just sit on the edge of your seat and wait to hear what it's about. Whereas loss of vision is a frequent uh, complication for people who have diabetes. And whereas many people have sleep apnea. And whereas these and many other common conditions require the use of a growing array of personal medical devices from insulin pumps to continuous glucose monitoring systems, CGMS, uh, to constant positive... I've been abducted. I'm no longer here. Where am I? Constant glucose monitoring, CGMS, right, uh, to constant positive airway pressure or CPAP machines. And whereas these devices largely have user controls that are inaccessible to people who are blind or visually impaired. And whereas the current patchwork of health and disability law and policy does not adequately provide meaningful remedies for such inaccessibility and does not compel device manufacturers to proactively address accessibility. 
Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization, in partnership with like-minded organizations of and for people with vision loss, develops and executes a public policy agenda, including but not limited to model legislation, executive actions, and industry stakeholder negotiations with the goal of making sure that no personal medical device remains inaccessible and unusable by people who are blind or visually impaired, and we recommend a do-pass. Hello. Thank you. Okay. Um, a motion has been made and seconded. Is there any discussion? Nope. This is long overdue. So all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed? The resolution is adopted. Yes, let's do one more. Okay, Doing good. good. That was 13. That was number 13. Lucky 13. Oh, okay. No comment. All right. This is about dogs. This thing's about dogs. We're in favor of them. Sorry, I had to adjust the microphone. This is about uh, dogs and transportation and such. Whereas the United States Department of Justice, DOJ, uh, as part of its comprehensive review and update of its regulations implementing Titles 2 II and 3 of the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, uh, adopted important revisions to regulations per, uh, pertaining to covered entities, non-discrimination obligations concerning service animals, and whereas, among other things, these revisions make critical clarifications to current law concerning the kinds of animals that, can, that fall within the scope of the ADA's protections and the circumstances in which such animals may be used and whereas the regulations of the United States Department of Transportation, DOT, pertaining to service animals are in conflict with the DOJ regulations in, among other respects, their failure to apply the DOJ's more restrictive definition of the term service animal, which explicitly limits the types of animals which can serve as service animals to dogs and, in parentheses, in some instances, close paren, miniature horses. And whereas the DOT, somebody told me I shouldn't make jokes during the reading of resolutions. I'm so going to get flogged for this. Will you guys protect me? Would you help me, please? Whereas the DOT's current definition of the term service animals allows for the use of unusual and exotic animals. 
and whereas the use of these uncommon and exotic animals creates a number of operational and enforcement challenges for transportation providers, a much higher potential for service animal fraud and an increased risk of health and safety concerns for transportation providers, uh, transportation provider employees, and uh, independent contractors, members of the public, and legitimate service animal handlers and their animals. And whereas having multiple legal definitions of the term service animal results in confusion for individuals who must. Uh, enforce service animal regulations without uh, inadvertently discriminating against legitimate service animal handlers, even as the inconsistent regulations create a safe haven for people who fraudulently pass off their pets and exotic animals as service animals, thereby undermining the public's uh, acceptance of legitimate service animals, thereby eroding the hard-won rights of legitimate service animal handlers who need their animals for safe and independent travel. And uh, whereas consistent federal regulations of service animals should yield consistent and reliable compliance with all entities uh, covered by such non-discrimination obligations, and whereas the American Council of the Blind, ACB, adopted Resolution 2013-05 in July 2013, ironically enough, uh, calling upon the Secretary of Transportation to direct the DOT to undertake an immediate review and revision of DOT's rules concerning service animals to harmonize them with the DOJ service animal regulations. And whereas the DOT has failed to resolve this matter, now therefore be it resolved by us. So skip all this. Uh, that this organization directs its officers, directors, and staff to pursue all appropriate strategies to achieve harmonization of the United States Department of Transportation Service Animal Regulations with those of the United States Department of Justice. We wholeheartedly recommend a big woof and a do pass. <laughs> a motion has been made and seconded. Is there any discussion? Okay, please get to a mic and identify yourself. Doug Pelt, thank you. Uh, harmonizing may go the wrong direction. I'm concerned about that wording. Uh, you, you, uh, I would prefer a statement that uh, that you that you. Uh, uh, change one to, to meet the best standard of the other. Do uh, we, we, uh, Madam Chairman? I'm sorry. We, we we wouldn't we wouldn't accept that as a friendly amendment. I I, I would concur with that. Um, Is there a lady I, at a microphone? I'm at the microphone. It's Penny. Penny, I will recognize the president of GDUI, Penny Reader. Thank you. Um, I would just say I, we certainly support the the resolution. We did not submit it and we were not consulted. Um, 
However, I want to say that the Department of Transportation is currently engaged in a process which is um, exactly in compliance with this resolution. Um, and I know that Tony Stevens, on behalf of ACB, is there at the negotiating table, as is GDY, in whatever capacity we can be. We just want to recommend a due pass and thank the Resolutions Committee for your hard work on this resolution. Thank, thank you. you. Any other discussion? Michael Byington, speak into the mic. Say hello. Say good morning. He's talking. Eating it. Whoa. <laughs> Right. Uh, this is Penny Verity from Tennessee. All right, I'm going to recognize Penny because Michael's mic didn't come up. So, okay, I'm I'm actually asking a question because re resolutions confuse the heck out of me, and all this language went on and on. Is is service animals by ADA definition? I mean, does it not come down to like a basic definition that they actually pe perform? a physical service for the individual. So I am totally confused as to where it's difficult to define what a service animal is and where all this confusion is coming in. I mean, I understand people are out there doing fake right. things and all that. I understand that. All right, so let's the bottom line is that over the course of time, the definition of service animals gotten far, far too broad, and we were successful, a lot of us, at getting the Justice Department to rein it in so that the definition looks more exactly like what you're describing. Oh, so okay. now the effort now is to try to get other agencies to uh, come, in, come in line. It. Yep. Okay. No problem. All right. Just need to clarify. All right. Let's see if we can get the microphone for Michael Byington. Say something, Michael. Hello. I'm down. There ah, you are. There it goes. Okay. It does work sometimes. Uh, all that, and I have a very short comment. I wanted to explain to the lady before... I forget which one it was by now, but harmonization, although it sounds like a really weird term, is a term which, that's basically the governmental standard for what they call it when one department's regulations are brought into compliance with another. So uh, we do need to use that rather odd term because even though it's a little hard for some of us who may not play the government advocacy game real often to know what it means. It is the term of preference for bringing one set of regulations into compliance with another from department to department or division of, to division. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. A motion has been made and seconded. Is there further, if you're at a mic, please identify yourself. Question. Please identify yourself. I'm Larry Lura from Minnesota. All right, proceed. Now, I understand the, the motion does uh, require a physical use and benefit to the uh, person in question that is using a canine uh, as a service animal. However, there are occasions, and I have known a few, who have used... Uh, dogs as comfort animals because they have social anxiety and have difficulty in public, uh, you know, being in a public setting without proper, uh, you know. Your, your question is? Is there a definition in, this, in the regulation that allows people with social anxiety to also use canines as comfort animals? I would 
defer to either Mark or Eric or who might know Yeah, them. no, not so much. The, the focus so of much. the DOJ regs is that the animal has to perform specific functions. And, okay. you know, there, there are some examples that are built into those regs. They're not exhaustive. In theory, maybe someone could try to come up with a specific action um, that uh, a, a function that a, an animal might perform for someone in that situation. But that's really the standard, and we're trying to, to, to see that same thing uh, play out in other contexts. Is there any further discussion? Okay. Um, Arizona's mic. I yep. Think. Oh, there sorry. you are. Ah, this is Ron Brooks. I'm actually the uh, person who authored this resolution. And I just want to make this real simple. First off, with regards to companion animals, the ADA currently does not consider emotional support animals or companion animals as service animals. This resolution does not address that issue at all. This resolution, at its very essence, this, in the simplest terms, if you go to a restaurant or to a hotel, um, the definition for service animal is dog, or in some cases, miniature horses who are specifically trained to perform specific tasks, which excludes companion animals and all the rest. Um, on transportation, so on a bus or on paratransit or light rail, um, service animal terms can include dogs and horses, just like with DOJ, but they can also include ferrets, snakes, iguanas, parrots, cats, you name it. And the problem that that creates is a great deal of confusion for uh, people who try to enforce service animals. It creates a, a great deal of confusion for people who uh, use service animals because their animals are legal in some places but not in others. The whole purpose of this long resolution is to basically say we need for the Department of Transportation to conform its definition to the one that the DOJ has had in place for about six years. That's really all this Thank does. You. Thank you for your clarification, Ron. Motion is made and seconded. Hearing no discuss further discussion, all those in favor say woof. woof. <laughs> all those opposed say no. The motion has been, the resolution has been adopted. <laughs> I thought you were going to say meow for no. <laughs> that would have been so much cuter, Kim. Just, just, just a few little pointers there. All right, do you want me to uh, do another one, madam? We'll do one more before we... Uh, oh. That was 14. That was number 14. All right, hold on, friends. Don't go away. Here we go. The following resolution is for mature audiences. ACB members, be advised. All right. Come on. This microphone, that's a tendency to slip. All right, friends. Uh, it seems like every year there's at least one resolution that requires us to sort of sit back, nestle back in our chairs, and uh, take a deep breath, and, uh, and, and this is one of them. So um, get yourselves calm and centered, and here we go. Whereas one of the founding principles of the American Council of the Blind is freedom of expression. And whereas as a part 
of a solicitation for volunteers to provide invocations at the 2016 ACP Conference and Convention. The president of this organization informed a member that, quote, less Jesus, close quote, was desired, and whereas this arbitrary decision was in direct contradiction of the principle of freedom of expression. Now, therefore, be it resolved uh, that the Convention Program Committee develop guidelines concerning freedom of expression while supporting inclusiveness and diversity in invocations. Madam President, our committee recommends a due pass. Thank you. So, whoop. The, the committee has recommended a due pass. Is there a second? There's seconds. Madam President. Um, I want to recognize Michael Byington, who has a mic. Yes, they turned it on quickly this time. This is a difficult presentation or, or comment for me to make because I understand the deep commitment of the person who submitted this resolution and the feelings of that individual that her means of religious expression, her freedom of expression, was limited by being asked not to pray in the name of Jesus. I also, however, am aware that the intent of the request concerning content of invocations was made in a spirit of recognizing and honoring diversity and different religious expressions and trying to make sure that no one who might have a different religious view would be in any way um, negatively affected by that expression. I have asked numerous leaders of this organization, and it is my understanding that that same admonition applies to someone who would choose to use Allah, Yahweh, or other specific expressions of a particular type of God or deity. My problem with the resolution as written at this point is that it's asking the program committee to design guidelines for something which I believe is already clear, which is that ACB is an organization that welcomes wide diversity. I think that we have distinguished ourselves as one of the most inclusive Big Ten organizations of people who have in common blindness or visual impairment in the world. I think that our work in multicultural uh, affairs and, and advocacy for multicultural, multicultural attention, our addition of wonderful ACB affiliates such as, for example, BPI, are all very, very much reflective of the type of diversity that we have to have. And I think that some decisions of this type have to be left to the person or persons that we elect as the leaders of this organization. I don't think that we need additional guidelines. I think it's a matter of micromanagement, and I believe that the person whom we elect 
as the president or whoever that individual designates should have and continue to have and does have the authority to make such decisions. I believe that some of the types of, re of presentations that we have had as invocations, the wonderful moving presentation this morning by Debbie Hazelton, the beautiful presentation and prayer done by Father John the other day, are absolute proof that we can service all of our God as we each individual see him or her, and we can do that while being general enough not to offend or affect specific religious beliefs. And I therefore oppose this resolution. Is, is there anyone who wishes to speak in favor of this resolution? Father John wishes to speak in support of this resolution. Okay. I'll, I'm, I'm looking for someone who may be wishing to speak in support. So there, there are some people at microphones. Say something into your um, mic my, and identify yourself, please. I, my name is Doreen Cornwell, and I'm from Seattle. Um, I am the grandchild of a Presbyterian minister. I want to speak, and I think that people's choice of Faith is very important and very important part of our country. I want, I think asking a committee to spend some time thinking about this is valuable. Um, when we arrived, our Muslim friends and neighbors were observing Ramadan and a very devout Muslim woman, I know several very devout Muslims who are blind. I don't know whether having only Christian prayers would make them feel welcome. I have a friend who's blind who feels very excluded when there aren't Jewish voices present. I don't think in this room today we can write something that will speak to how do we include different voices in the, in the invocations. I appreciate the invocations we've had, and I think faith is a really important part of who lots of us are. So I want to speak passionately in support of this resolution. Thank you. Um, I recognize um, Father John, if he's at a mic. Father John, Father there John. Oh, there, is. they've got me. Um, uh, in case anybody didn't know, I'm a Catholic priest. <laughs> full just you full were disclosure dead. is appreciated. And if you did not know I was a Catholic priest, you would not have known it by my invocation last Sunday. Because when I offer an invocation for a large group trained as a military chaplain, I try to include the group. But I also remember that at one of my first conventions, Mitch Pomerantz came up and said, Father, Father, the rabbi who was supposed to offer our prayer this morning couldn't make it. Could you fill in? I said, sure. So I said to myself, all right, I'm filling in for a rabbi. <laughs> and so I started the prayer, Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melechon. <laughs> I'm opposed to this resolution because censorship of any kind makes me really nervous mm -hmm. and because I trust, I trust the organization, I trust the elected officials, but I trust the people who are asked to give the invocations. And if there is someone whose faith is such that they say in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that's fine. They are exercising their freedom. If there is someone who starts their prayer, Baruch Atah Adonai, that's fine. We are praying together. 
And I think the invocations we've had this week and the invocations we've had in past conventions demonstrate the freedom and the acceptance and the diversity that this organization rightfully should be proud of. And, and, and you know the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Is there anyone at a microphone wishing to speak in support of the resolution? Uh, I just have... Uh, this Are you wishing to speak in support of the resolution or a point of information? A point of information. Okay. Identify yourself, please. This is Juliet Silvers. There was a meeting here, and I was not at the meeting, but I understand the person that led this meeting pointed her finger and said, we Christians in this room, everyone in this room, and I think that is wrong. Okay. Well, anyway. What? I, I don't have any knowledge of that situation. All right. Is there anyone else wishing to speak? Madam Here Chair, in this Campbell is Madam Chair. Catalina Martinez. In, in opposition Madam or support. Chair. Catalina Hello. Martinez opposing. I hear Karen Hello. Campbell. Catalina Martinez. Pat Sheehan. And Pat Sheehan. Karen, are you speaking in support or opposition? Opposition. Madam Chair, okay. this is Frank Welty. I have been, have been having problems with this microphone. Okay. All right. And I'm speaking in favor. On, but okay. I, I'm Opposition. going to recognize Frank Welty speaking in favor. Then I will recognize Karen Campbell. Okay. And Pat Sheehan. First off, let, let me assure everybody here that I'm, I'm sensitive to the concerns that are being expressed here. I think that when an individual comes to give the invocation before this group, which is very diverse that good manners would call on the person to do so in a way that is respectful of all values. However, I think that part of respect of other people's values is giving them permission to be authentic in their expression. Amen. Now, if I were to get up, as, as, as the woman who just spoke indicated about somebody pointing their finger and talking about all of us Christians, that was rude. However, I happen to be a Christian. And when I pray, if, if I were to pray without invoking the name of Christ, it would be an inauthentic prayer for me. Amen. That doesn't apply to other people, but for me, it would be inauthentic. And to essentially be told not to use the J word in this room... <clears throat> Is, is censorship every bit as much of any, as anything else. Right. Now, right. again, that needs to be balanced with a deep respect for the feelings and the beliefs of others. That's right. But those of us, whatever our faith, should have enough space to be genuine. And that's what I think this resolution is about. I hope that those who support this resolution also appreciate the need to be respectful, but to be told you shouldn't use the J word is wrong. Sure. Exactly right. All right. Karen we recognize Campbell Karen Hamill. Go ahead, Karen. I do not think that we need to be setting policy through resolutions Whoa, like this. Up. This is better handled elsewhere, I think, and I urge 
uh, no vote on the resolution on that basis and others already spoken to. Thank you very much. Okay, Linda right. Martinez, the is there mic, anyone please? at a microphone wishing to speak in Betsy support? Betsy Carolina Martinez. Wishing to speak in Betsy support. Betsy Grinovich oh. from Georgia. In support? Yes, Pat in Sheehan. support. In support. Okay, uh, then if you're, Pat is speaking in support, he was recognized at a mic previous. Please, please go ahead, Pat. Thank you very much. I think what we're talking about here is our ability to say what we think, not have censorship, and to say what we think and believe and, and move forward with our prayers as we must, as we feel in our hearts. I was born a Catholic. I've been raised a Catholic. And I have always praised in Jesus' name. And I don't think it is the... I don't think anyone in this organization, from the president on down to board members to anybody else, has the right to tell me how I should pray. That should be my own, my own, const my own way of thinking, of praying, of moving forward. It is very personal to me how I pray, how I think, and what works for me. And I don't want to see this organization get into a situation where we are dictating how that moves forward. Is so I would urge this organization, because it believes in freedom of expression, freedom of speech, to vote yes on this resolution. Thank you. Ron Brooks and opposition. Martinez opposed. Is Ron, there anyone wishing to speak? Ron Brooks in opposition. In opposition? Yes. yes. Catalina Martinez. All right. I'm going to recognize um, Catalina Martinez uh, speaking in opposition, correct? Yes. Okay. Thank you. I work on the host committee for Minnesota. And when Janet came to us to talk to us about invocations, she said, of all religions, Muslim, Catholic, Jewish, Presbyterian, Native American, everybody. So I'm opposed because why should we dictate how people should pray? We want to cover everybody, just like we cover all persons that are blind, blind and hard of hearing, blind deaf, blind in a wheelchair. So why should we segregate? I oppose this because we all have the right and we all want to be inclusive. Thank you. Is there anyone wishing to speak in, in support? My mic is still, there we go. Okay. Betsy if from there, Georgia, Kim. We have not exceeded our discussion limit, and if there are people who wish to speak, we are still within our period of 20 minutes to have that discussion. Betsy from Georgia, Kim. So I'm going to recognize someone. Betsy from Georgia, Kim. Speaking in support. Yes. Betsy from Georgia, please. Speaking in support. Yes. Go ahead. Frank already did a great job, but I will just add on to his that I, too, if I were asked to do an invocation, would have to say in Jesus' name. And I think the guidelines, if we are really inclusive, need to permit any person, no matter their religion, to pray to whomever they pray to. If we have to hide our faith, then I cannot call ACB an inclusive organization. Thank you. Madam Chair. Madam President. I am recognizing. Madam Chair, dance boot for a motion. I am recognizing Ron Brooks, Brooks to speak in opposition. So, um, Ron Brooks, Mike, Arizona. This microphone needs some work. Go ahead, Ron. Okay. Keep talking. Yep. So there you go. The um, 
the, a couple of things. First off, you know, we talk about all religions, and um, I, I don't remember the last time we had a, a, a Muslim uh, benediction, um, and I don't remember when we've had a Native American prayer. And if I missed it, I apologize. Um, what I did want to say is we have an opportunity. Everybody has an opportunity. Uh, you know, we can do moments of silence, which is what the Arizona affiliate does. Um, you know, I personally think that, that any time, and this did happen, we were all told to please bow your heads and pray, um, you know, which is a, which is a Christian tradition. Um, if we're truly inclusive, then I think that we need to just be done with, uh, you know, having, you know, telling people how to pray. And if people want, I, I think we should give people, there's plenty of opportunities for moments of silence. We have worship services in, in any number of different religions. I don't know that we need to have additional opportunities to have prayers. And that's just my opinion. Thank you. Madam President, this is Dan Spoon. I, I am looking for someone speaking in support. I, this is Dan Spoon. I would like to make a motion that we table this resolution. No! And refer no. it to the convention no. committee to establish a policy. I no. make a motion to table no. and refer... No! Dan? It's on the floor. I'd like to make a motion to refer... to table this motion and refer it to the convention committee to okay. develop a policy. Right. No! Dan, no. I've... No, no, no. Quiet, please. I've consulted with the parliamentarian. Your motion would, could be in order to postpone... No. However, I think what you're recommending is, is what the substance of the resolution is. Yeah. So Correct. I'm going to rule yeah. your Correct. motion Postpone out of order. Postpone if it's, that's the appropriate term. I apologize. I, I, I no. am ruling it out of order because it does the same thing as the motion, as the resolution. Madam Chair, what? point All right. of clarification. Uh, point of clarification. Yes. Who's requesting? This is Peggy Garrett. Okay, go ahead. Um, in listening to some of the speakers, uh, there seems to be some confusion because people's uh, statements are against the resolution, but they're saying they're speaking for the resolution. Amen. And so it's confusing people as to how they should vote. <laughs> they are. So, so, but, but so we, we need to clarify what, what you're asking, Peggy, is that we clarify what a yes vote is and what a no yes, vote is. Yes, please, because people are confused. Thank you. Thank you. The resolution's chair will clarify. Sure he will. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. You bet. Hold on, hold on. Don't go away. Just, 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 just. You and me against the world. It's you and me. Here we go. I'm going to read to you what the resolves say. Let's just put the emotions of the whereas aside for the moment. If you vote, this is what you, if you vote yes, you will be in agreement with the following idea, concept, words, etc. Be it resolved that the convention programming committee, convention program committee, develop guidelines concerning freedom of expression while supporting inclusiveness and diversity in invocations. And that, a, no vote? a no vote means you do not want the program committee to develop guidelines about that. Madam President, Penny Barity from Tennessee. All right. So we are approaching our 
limit for discussion. We've had many speakers in support of and in opposition of the resolution. I've heard a call for the question by many voices. I think we've heard enough, and we should proceed. So, again, all those in favor of the resolution say aye. Aye. Those opposed say no. The resolution is defeated. All right. We are going to take um, a couple door prizes, and then we're going to take a 10-minute break, and then we are going to return for elections. Um, And we have an announcement from Mike Godino on MMS. Want Mike first? Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, the MMS committee, uh, we're getting close, folks. Uh, we, we cut that gap in half yesterday from, 100, from 200 down to 100. I still have a gap of $100 per month to reach that mark. So if you want to see me, I'm right outside in the center of the uh, hall here. So if you go outside and go right to the middle, you'll find my table. I'll be there except accepting MMS applications. The, the announcement for last night, the winners, was uh, Penny Ver- Verdi from Tennessee and Vicki Vaught from Massachusetts. So those were the two winners for last night. Yeah, so uh, please, come see me, close this gap, get us up to that $100,000 mark for this annual MMS. Thank you, everybody. Door prize time. I have a $25 gift card from the ACB of Arizona. And the winner is, I feel like the Academy Awards here, Diane Fan from Massachusetts. Please raise your hand to let us know you're here. Are you here? I see a hand raised. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Awesome. Another door prize is cash prize from ACB of Michigan. Amy Fresh from New York. Amy, you here? No, she's left. Okay, thank you. Jeanette Gerard from Washington, D.C. Stand up, do jumping jacks. Did somebody goose her? My pen oh. right here on the podium. Awesome. Madam President, did you want one more? All right. Let's, let's do one more cash prize because I'm full of money here today. $25 from the great state of, let's see, from the great state of blank. So I don't know where this is from. Oh, North Dakota. Sorry. Donna Grumman from Texas. Don, are you here? Wayne Hansen from Minnesota. Are you here, Wayne? Awesome. Nice job. Thank you. Hello. Oh, there it is. Um, this. Yes. Madam Chair. Yes. A couple of things from the main Mm hall. We have 
um, tote bag, ACB tote bags available in only green, red, fuchsia, and we have one black tote bag left. Uh, oh, tote we have, bag. I yes. thought you were saying togas. No. Like, ACB no. togas. And I was like, <laughs> Not this year. We'll have them next year. Tote bags. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. There's, um, there's one DKM coin left, one insulated lunch bag left, um, one large and one 4X Minnesota t-shirt. The other t-shirts from past conventions are on sale, but they're going quickly. We have four black and one red power bank left, um, two yellow, two orange ACB tumblers, some Land of 10,000 Dreams lunch bags and coasters, those ACB jackets are on sale. And a reminder that there are lots of other things like ACB luggage tags and keychains. Um, and we also have the Minnesota, the, uh, sorry, Pennsylvania cookbooks and um, the Barefoot Lawyer books and the special CDs uh, along with them. So go out and check out the mini mall. You'll find several other things out by the cafe. All right. We'll be on recess for about the next five to seven minutes, and then we'll, we will resume. going to be a short one so we're not going to have time to run sponsor interview at this point um, as they're 10 minutes maybe even slightly over that but uh, so just hang with us and things will be getting, getting underway shortly elections are coming up so you definitely want to be sure to tune back in if you're going to take a break uh, in the next uh, 5 to 10 minutes or so
Testing, one, two, three. Test, test, test. Testing, one, two, three.
All right. Please find your seats. Mike Godino to the podium. Thank you. I'm going to recognize Lane Waters, who, who is going to talk to you about the process, um, the actual quiet. We'll give yes. folks, I know you're coming in, do it as quietly as possible. Lane is going to explain to you how the process works for distribution of ballots. So for anyone who's new, um, so you'll understand, there are, there are folks here that this is their first time, so we want you to understand what the process is. And um, so Lane, thank you. Thank you, Madam President. Good morning, everyone. So we're going to talk for just a second about the rules of conducting an election. And as our parliamentarian so aptly stated, this is to protect the integrity of the vote. Thank you. All right. There are some very important points, and you need to understand how some of this works. Once it becomes evident that we are going to have an election, all of the doors to this room will be shut. If you are left outside, you won't be allowed back in until after the vote is completed. And again, this is to protect the integrity of the vote. We also ask that you not move around once we start the process. It becomes difficult for the volunteers to keep track when we have people moving around in the room. Believe me, we have run into that in years past, and it's very difficult for us to, to deal with, with the election process effectively. We have a number of volunteers with us today, and we've sat down with them, and we've talked about this process already, so they understand how, how it works. Even though it's, it's new to them, they are not members of ACB, so they are totally uh, arbitrary in this whole process. Neutral, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> but this room is divided up into five sections, plus the stage up here in front and the, the sound area over to my left. And we, so what will happen is that when the election process starts, ballots will be handed out to only people that have a red dot on their name tag. And you've heard already that that is a necessity. You will be then instructed on how to, conduct, how to cast your vote. And that will consist of whether you leave the ballot alone or whether you tear off a corner. That will vary by, by, by election. You'll be given a chance to, to cast your vote or decide upon your vote. And then the, the volunteers will once again go into that section. They have a ballot box that has a hole up on the top. These are, these are sealed cardboard cases. And there is a, a slit up at the top for you to, to put your ballot in. Those boxes are then brought back up to the front here of, of the, the room. And typically we will have two people. One of them is usually margarine. And then we'll have another person who will be counting the ballots. We'll be opening up the boxes, and there'll be two separate counts. 
and those counts are also observed by me and by our parliamentarian. So we're watching the count as it occurs. We take a count, and then we take another count with different people to make sure that we end up with the same results. And we'll then announce those results to you. Any questions? I, I see a, a hand off to the right. Can you make your way to a microphone? Sorry to take so long. Uh, my question is, when you say that they, uh, you close the doors and nobody is allowed back in, in between the votes, is the door open? Yes. yes. After, after the, the count is completed, that's a good question, and thank you for that clarification. After the, the, vote is com the count is completed and the vote is announced, we will once again open the doors. Question. question. One more question? Yes, I was, I was a little confused on the, the ballot boxes. Uh, it, yes. Are we, where are the ballot boxes and are we, is the individual supposed to put the ballots in the boxes or will the boxes come to us or how's that working? The, the boxes are carried by the volunteers and you are allowed to put your own ballot into the box. Thank the you. volunteer will not t take the ballot out of your hand. He will present the box to you. And by the way, we use different colored ballots for each election. We gotcha. John, I see you standing in the mic. Do you have a question? It will be. Mic one. Keep, keep talking. Say your name. Rick, it's Mike One. Oh, that was lame. <laughs> Nancy, can you go check and see if that mic is turned on? That's what you call one extreme to the other. Okay, very, very quickly. You, um, when and as appropriate, I'm speaking on behalf of the social media or the Twitter team, the, uh, those with usernames on Twitter and or social uh, media, Facebook, just you might want to include that as a, when you make any public statements so that the Twitter team or the social media coverage can include you by referencing it. That's all I had to say. Thanks. Um, John, I, I really couldn't understand you. I'm sorry. Could we... I couldn't hear you on the stage for some reason. Okay, all I'm suggesting, Madam President, is if that a candidate has a uh, Facebook or Twitter username, that they can that say that so that we can... Oh, it, When ACB that, okay, got tweets it. something, we can so, have the at so sign. So if they do and they choose to say that in their, in their 
remarks as Correct. if they give speeches. They, they, that's the, up to them a, to exactly. decide to ACB say that or not. Exactly, the national account will pick that up is the point. Okay. All right. Any other questions about the election process? The volunteers have been trained and will be ready to go in a moment. Thank you, Lane. Thank you. All right. Um, I bring to the podium the chair of the nominating committee, Mike Godino, to review the slate. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, as presented the other day, I will restate the slate that the nominating committee presented. Number one, Jeff Tom, oh, Jeff, oops, sorry. <laughs> Jeff Bishop. <laughs> Jeff Bishop, an IT accessibility analyst for the U of A in Tucson. Number two, Sarah Conrad. She is a uh, patient advocate at the Center for Patient Care in Madison, Wisconsin. Number three, Dan Spoon. He's a retired program manager uh, in Orlando, Florida. Number four, Denise Colley. She is a retired state uh, director for the state of Washington. Uh, she's in Lacey, uh, Lacey, Washington. Finally, for the board of directors, Tiffany Jolliffe. She is... <laughs> She, she is a program specialist for the Department of Labor. And the first three um, were in, are incumbents. Jeff Bishop, uh, it will be starting actually his first term. He was a replacement. He was a partial replacement one year for uh, John McCann. Uh, finally, the uh, Board of Publications. As uh, mentioned earlier in the week, there are two vacancies on the Board of Publications for which the um, nominating committee did not come up with uh, 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 nominations on the slate. But we do have one uh, nomination on the slate, and that is uh, Doug Powell. He is a trainer for National Industries for the Blind in Falls Church, Virginia. Thank you, Madam Chair. That's the slate of offices. That is the report of the nominating committee. Um, I think we need to adopt that report, and that will place those names in nomination as we go through. Motion's been made and seconded to adopt the report of the nominating committee. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. We are ready to begin. We will begin with the board of directors position the name of Jeff Bishop has been placed in nomination. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? Hearing none, a motion has been made to, to elect, <laughs> second to elect, Jeff Bishop by acclamation. All those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed? Congratulations, Jeff. Are you at a mic, Jeff? Okay, the Arizona mic. That's what I call that one. I believe. There, there it is. There you are. Well, thank you, everyone, very, very much. And uh, if uh, the next four years goes like the first year, it's going to be one heck of a ride. Thank you, guys, <laughs> very, very much. Thank you, Jeff. 
All right, the next position for the Board of Directors, the nominating committee has placed into nomination the name of Sarah Conrad. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? Any other nominations from the floor? Hearing none, a motion's been made that nominations cease and that we cast a, ball a unanimous ballot for Sarah Conrad. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Congratulations, Sarah. Sarah, are you at a mic? Keep talking. Right here. There All you right. are. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who supported me. Um, it's been a wonderful four years, and I can't wait to serve ACB again this next four years. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. All right, our third position on the Board of Directors. The committee has placed into nomination the name of Dan Spoon. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? Hearing none, a motion's been made to, to cease nominations and to elect Dan Spoon by unanimous ballot. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Congratulations, Dan. Dan, are you at a mic? Dan? Yes. Yes, you are at a mic. <laughs> now I'm at a mic. Uh, thank you all so much. Uh, the last four years have been a joy. They've been a, a lot of hard work and a lot of fun. And thank you so much for considering me for four more years. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. All right. The next Board of Directors position, the committee has placed into nomination the name of Denise Colley from Lacey, Washington. Are there any other nominations from the floor? All right. Keep talking. Yes. Okay. Don't, don't, don't yell. <laughs> Penny Verity from Tennessee. I'd like to place the name of Dan Dillon from Tennessee. All right. The name of Dan Dillon from Hermitage, Tennessee has been placed into nomination. Dan is retired, correct? So, all right. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? I think I did it three times, but are there any other nominations from the floor, just to be safe? All right, hearing none, nominations will close. We have two candidates. And we will um, take them in order that they were placed into nomination. So, um, Denise Colley, are you at a microphone? Yes, I am. And would you tell us who your speakers are? Yes, my first speaker will be Paul Edwards. Thank you. Uh -huh. <laughs> from Miami, Florida. My second speaker will be Cindy Van Winkle from Bremerton, Washington. And I believe you have a total of five minutes. And the parliamentarian has a very good stopwatch. <laughs> um, Paul Edwards, go ahead. Uh, keep talking. We won't count you off um, until so we, hear, we hear your voice. All right, go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been my privilege to have worked with Denise Colley uh, for the last several years in many organizations. Later, you'll hear from Cindy Van Winkle all of the work that Denise has been doing in Washington. What I want to draw your attention to 
is some of the areas where Denise has demonstrated her commitment to ACB and to the betterment of people who are blind at the national level. In the first place, I've worked with her as my first vice president in the Braille Revival League, and in that organization, she has not only been an able second uh, to all of my firsts, but in addition, um, she is the editor of our newsletter and has done an excellent job of making sure that it comes out on time and is appropriate and effective. She also works actively on the board of Library Users of America and has, in, in that role, um, done a, a number of extremely useful things in terms of the way that she has forwarded the, in, the interests of libraries at the national level and been a voice of leadership and offers many appropriate and effective suggestions for forwarding the interests of those who wish to read uh, in this country. But the, the role that I would like to draw your attention to the most is Denise's role as chair of the Board of Publications. In that role, Denise had to deal with a whole range of difficult issues having to do with how to make the transition uh, in, in various formats, how to justify and defend so often uh, the electronic version of the Braille Forum, how to operate effectively to develop and implement an appropriate policy manual, and, and how to perhaps more importantly maintain the distance between the leadership of this organization and the Board of Publications so as to assure that freedom of expression remained at the heart of what the American Council of the Blind is all about. Denise Colley has demonstrated in all of these roles at the national level a capacity for not only coming up with good solutions, not only demonstrating a follow-through, not only demonstrating a range of effective ideas, but also has demonstrated a commitment to work for the betterment of the American Council of the Blind, and I urge all of you to vote for Denise Colley for this board position. All right, Cindy, you have about two, two minutes, 20 seconds. Okay, will I be given a 30-second warning? I can do that. Thank you. Okay. Um, I rise in support of Denise Colley and hope that you will join me. I'd like to tell you a little bit about her work experience. She's worked as a rehabilitation teacher, then a rehabilitation counselor for Department of Services for the Blind in our state. Then she worked as the ADA coordinator for Northwest Dis Disability Business Technical Assistance Center. And her final years of employment were with the Governor's Committee on Disability Issues and Employment as their program manager. In her community service beyond WCB, she has served as chair of all three agency boards for the Washington State School for the Blind Board of Trustees, for the State Rehabilitation Council, for Department of Services for the Blind, and for the Patron Advisory Council for Washington Talking Book and Braille Library, and has served them well. She served two terms as the Washington Council of the Blind President. She was my first Vice President when I was president, and then she was immediate past president. So I've worked very closely with her. She is a doer, a worker. When she says she'll do something, she gets it done. She has served as our legislative chair for several years, convention chair, 
uh, one of the years she's been our newsline editor. She's served as scholarship chair as well as serving on that committee. And most recently in the last several years has um, coordinated our database, including uh, from the start with the pilot program online for ACB and has seen us through that process. In her retirement, her and Burl have thirty seconds a retirement community, and she dispatches transportation and has a TV show called Meet Your Neighbor, and so she's keeping busy in retirement. In closing, I just want to say, Denise Colley going once, Denise Colley going twice, vote for Denise Colley. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right. Dan Dillon, are you at a microphone? Uh, I am. And your speakers will be? My first speaker will be Penny Verity from Memphis, Tennessee. My second speaker will be Dan Spoon from Orlando, Florida. All right. Okay, Penny. Okay, I'll see All if right. I can do this without it blowing up this Go time. Go ahead and we'll give you... you uh, have... Would you let me know the 30-second warning, please? Well, you, you're the one that gets to decide... Oh, the well, first I'd... one gets to use as much time as they want, but you hope to try to leave a little bit for the other guy. So, oh. well, that's I really up want to a thirty-second warning. So, I don't know what your thirty-second warning two, would be. Well, uh, two, uh, <laughs> two. I want to use two and a half. Okay, that I can do. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> okay, Dan Dillon is a really great guy. He is a man of action. He is a man of honesty. He is a man of his word. He is a man of knowledge through experience. Uh, Dan served six years uh, as president of the Middle Tennessee Council of the Blind. He served six years as president of the Tennessee Council of the Blind. He serves and has served several years as the uh, on the Access Ride Policy Advocacy Committee to the MTA for Nashville in helping with the paratransit to help with all disabilities in riding it more efficiently. Dan, as you've heard, and Dan Spoon will address this more, but is a great fundraiser. On a state and local level, he has raised thousands of dollars uh, by participating in local area for gospel concerts, uh, here recently, they had a trivia uh, pursuit game where they raised several thousand dollars. In raffle tickets on the state level, he has raised several thousand dollars. Dan is a very strong legislative person. Um, he keeps after them till they give him an answer, yay or nay, and preferably the yay. He did manage to get all nine of our congressmen in our state to co-sponsor a bill for the vehicular donation program. He has been badgering to no end for the last four years, GSA, to get them to put the two-inch stripes on the stairs for the low vision and to also help out the elderly so they don't fall down and break their neck. But they so far haven't cooperated, but Dan is not giving up. Dan is very persistent. Dan will not give up till he can get to the right person to give him the right answer. 30 seconds. Dan is active in sports. He's a blind golfer. He rides the tandem bikes and he bowls. So 
Dan has become our new Tennessee bird. He is a hawk. Man of honesty, man of action, man of his word, man of knowledge through experience. Please vote for the new Tennessee bird, Dan Dillon the Hulk. All right. All right. Dan Spoon, are you at a microphone? Yes, I am. And you have approximately two and a half minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair. I come to talk to you today about a man of action, a man of accomplishment, a true leader inside our organization. He has chaired the Resource Development Committee for the last eight years, which has raised over a million dollars for this organization. Through his hard efforts of establishing the Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, which didn't pass the board the first time, there's the tenacity, he didn't give up, he kept fighting. It's raised over $250,000 for this organization. But I want to talk about Dan Dillon as a person. Sarah Conrad and myself, Dan Spoon, that you just elected unanimously to this board for a second term. We're here today because of the mentorship of Brenda and Dan Dillon who saw in us an opportunity for a leader and developed that and nurtured that and built that flame. Thank you, Dan. That's the kind of leader you are in ACB. I want to share with you, because I get a chance to talk to Dan. He calls me every, you know, a couple times a week just to chat. Here's what Dan's done the last month, just since Memorial Day. Last week, he was in a 44-mile tandem bike ride to raise money for charity. The week before, he got a volunteer, and he went to the Chattanooga chapter of the Tennessee Council of the Blind, and he worked to try to pull a Founder Ring affiliate back to life. The week before that, he went to Guiding Eyes in New York, met Eli Manning, participated in a charity golf tournament to raise money for guide dog users across the country. The, year, the week before that, he went to his access board to advocate for this, uh, uh, excuse me, to advocate for special spots in large seconds. venues in Nashville so people could get picked up for rides. The week before that, he visited New York City on a vacation, but that wasn't enough. He went to the 9-11 Museum and advocated for audio accessibility at the 9-11 Museum. This is a man of action. This is a man whose time has come. He's a proven leader. He's mature. He's earned your respect, and I really hope and appreciate you will give him his vote. Vote for Dan Billen, a man of action. Thank you. All right. We are going to start the first phase, and you need to listen. Okay. We, um, everybody's sitting, everybody's ready. The, the uh, voting voter teams will begin to dispense your paper ballot. It's time to close the doors because we're going to dispense ballots. Don't do anything to your ballot. We just hold it, treasure it, love it, keep it safe. And I will tell you, when everyone in the room has a ballot, I will provide you with instructions on what to do. So in the meantime, we're going to turn to our resolutions committee chair, who maybe has a short resolution. Do they exist? Are we going to do the state count first? No, yep. we usually... Don't we do the... 
We do we, something while they're handing stuff out, right? We do ballots first. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So exactly. Yes? Okay. No, we're just clarifying. Yeah. We, we're good? My, my memory says we always do the individual vote first, followed by the affiliate vote. So you guys agree? Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Reichert here. It's a pleasure to meet you for the very first time. This is a resolution that seems entirely appropriate during uh, an election. Listen. Hello. Library voices, library voices, sit very still. Don't move around. Oh, and don't move around, she says. Keep the president's mic live, please. Yeah, keep keep the president's mic live, if you would. I'd still like that. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. I won't, I'll talk, I won't talk into it. How do you really feel? Thank you, Mr. Riker. Yes, ma'am. All right, here we go. Uh, whereas grassroots advocacy can be and often is the most effective means of achieving a policy goal, and whereas in this upcoming national election, all United States House of Representatives members, apostrophe, and a third of United States senators, apostrophe, seats are on ballot races across America. And whereas it is a fact that the more policymakers hear from constituents about a particular issue, the more willing they may become to respond to it favorably. Now, therefore, be it resolved by us that this organization urges our individual members, chapters, and affiliates to be aware of national, state, and local ballot races and initiatives, and to reach out to candidates to discuss the policy priorities that are important to each of us. Madam President, we recommend a due pass. All right. So a motion for, for adoption of this resolution has been made and seconded. Is there any discussion? I can't imagine. All right. Hearing none, all those in favor of the resolution say aye. Aye. Opposed? The resolution is adopted. All right. I'm going to get a ballot. Get this mic on. Oh, Madam ma- ma- Chair. Uh, uh, Please identify Renee. yourself. Yeah, Renee Zellickson from... Government employees regarding a donation. Oh, you want to announce a donation? Well, thank you. Go ahead. Yes, um, ACBGE would proudly like to send Lane a check for two hundred dollars for ACB. Thank you. Yes, for ACB. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Can you make it out to cash? <laughs> Ballots are still being distributed. So you want to do another? So. Madam President? Hmm? You want to do another? Um, what do you want to do? Quite. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, we've got plenty to go. Don't we? <laughs> Ballots are still being distributed. I'll try to do audio description as best I can. Let's just say that there are two duties. Yes, well, there are there any tongue twisters that you So, and, and the authors of these, this is all going to This round, are, the ballots are peach colored. So, so I, I, I'm resting up for the. That's why I got the. Yeah, that's. Limber, yeah. limber up those fingers. Limber up those right. lips. So, if someone has a question regarding the election process, 
we need you to have, be at a microphone. Madam Chair, ah, yes. Madam Chair, just a quick question. Is it still possible to reserve tables for this evening? I don't believe so. Someone from the Convention Committee, can they clarify that? Uh, Janet is somewhere, talking to the I mic. am, there I am is. somewhere, I am here. <laughs> um, there, uh, you can still reserve banquet tables at the information desk, yes, as long as you have a banquet ticket. We also do have a few more banquet tickets available with the chicken entree if you have not purchased a banquet ticket. So if you already have your ticket, stop at information desk and they'll get a table for you. If you do not have a banquet ticket and would like to join us, um, stop by registration and you can purchase your banquet ticket. Thank you. We do have a limited number of banquet tickets left, so just so you know. Thank you, Janet. And uh, our banquet is going to be very exciting. Um, we have um, Terry Kelly, who is a songwriter, performer, storyteller, and I think you're going to be in for a, a very entertaining evening. But I mean, it's not, it's not particularly... All right. Okay. So there's one section that's being finished. I think most people have a ballot. That's what I'm saying. I want to wait just a moment to say, to ask the question, because they're almost done. If someone has a question, they need to get to a microphone. I'm, I'm at the mic. Okay, and identify yourself. Yes, this is Juliet Silvers. Uh -huh. um, I'm wondering why has this voting process changed, and is it so lengthy? <laughs> so what? Uh, I'm sorry. So lengthy. So lengthy? I mean, lengthy. We used to just do it by, you know, the state that we were in and, and the state Stand decided. Up. Yeah. So uh, this, this process has been you. introduced via our Constitution as a process to allow an individual to have a secret ballot. It isn't secret when you have to stand up and anyone in the room who has vision can see you're standing up. So while the totally blind members... Cannot. So we adopted a secret ballot process several years ago to make it possible for everyone in this organization to cast a secret ballot. Thank you. All right. We believe that all ballots have been distributed. Is there anyone in the hall who does not have a ballot? If you do not have a ballot, raise your hand and wave it around. Someone does not have a ballot. Okay. It's coming. Anyone else? One more time. Does anyone not have a ballot in their hand? All right. I'm convinced that we can proceed. So the instructions for marking your ballot involve removing corners. So you need to tear the corners off your ballot. But don't do it yet. Don't tear until I tell you what it means. <laughs> okay. One corner torn off will be a vote for Denise Colley. Two corners torn off will be a vote for Dan Dillon. Okay? One corner removed, Denise. Two corners removed, Dan. Proceed to vote. <laughs> All right, so now the volunteers will return with the ballot box 
and they will put the ballot box in front of you. You will know when they're there. They'll tap on the box. You'll find it. Put your ballot inside the slot. <laughs> so, um, so we are now collecting the ballots. All right. We're going to go back to Mr. Reichert and have another resolution. Ladies and gentlemen, this one, if we can have your attention, please. This one will be... By the way, that last one was uh, 2016... 16. Nice round number. This next one will be on Braille signage. Whereas the American Council of the Blind, ACV, in its convention policies, has maintained that hotels must have Braille signage that is compliant with the Americans with Disabilities Act Accessibility Guidelines, ADAAG, or ADAG. And whereas... Though the ADAG is very specific in much of its content, certain interpretations within its scope can uh, nonetheless whoops, lead to uh, confusing signage which is difficult to locate and which does not achieve the intent of the ADA to provide equal effective communication to customers who are blind or visually impaired. Now, therefore, be it resolved by this organization, uh, that this organization, that too, that this organization perform its due diligence to ensure that all contracts entered into by, the, by this organization with hotels reflect the hotel's compliance with Braille signage requirements. And be it further resolved that... Where some interpretations of the ADAG might suggest that signage is compliant, but where it nevertheless fails to fully, to ful excuse me, nevertheless fails to fulfill its intended purpose of providing equal effective communication to people who are blind or visually impaired, ACB take such additional steps as are necessary to make signage usable and comprehensible by people who are blind or visually impaired participating in meetings of this organization. We recommend a due pass. All right. A motion has been made and seconded to adopt this resolution. Any discussion? Hearing none. All those in favor of adoption of this resolution say aye. aye. Opposed? All right. The motion, the resolution is adopted. All right. Ballots are being collected. And they're most of the way, but I just made that up because I have no idea. No one's whispering, so. <laughs> me. <laughs> All in favor? Aye. I know they're being collected. I just don't know how far they are. <laughs> Hello? Is that Janet? Okay. Janet, keep talking. Maybe we can get your mic on. I'm here. There May you I are. make a couple announcements while we're collecting ballots? Absolutely. All right. At the Lost and Found, we have a small backpack. We have a pill container. We have a charm in the shape of a bee, and we have a pair of women's glasses. So if any of those belong to you, please stop by and see Vicki at the information desk, 
The information desk will be closing down around 2 o'clock this afternoon, so anything left in our lost and found will go to the hotel lost and found. Also, reminder, the tours tomorrow, Summit Brewery Tour leaves at 11.30, and the Riverboat trip leaves at 5.45 p.m. Be down early because the buses are always here early, and we want to get everybody loaded on the bus so we can get out timely. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you. All right, are we still collecting ballots? Okay. They're getting close. Uh, microphone, Mike Cadino. Yes, thank yes. you. Uh, this is Mike Cadino, the MMS chair. I, I, I really just personal privilege. Yes. I love this organization. During that first break this morning, I just want everybody to know that uh, we maxed it. We, we did $130 per month. I want to thank everybody, really. Thank you so much. I, I love you guys. You're the best. And, you know, we're still taking donations and pledges, so I'll be out there during the breaks if you want to come see me and continue to sign up. But thank you so much. I love you, ACB. Thanks. Thank you, Mike, for all your hard work with MMS and your committee. Thank you so much. Are we still collecting ballots? Almost done. All right. Has everyone turned in their ballot? If you still have a ballot in your hand, you better raise your hand and wave it around. So, we got a hand waving. All right. Keep waving. They're coming to take your ballot. So after that ballot goes into the box, we have completed the secret ballot portion of the election. And I am going to turn the microphone over to our secretary for the roll call. Oh, we can also open the doors now that we're going to the roll call vote. Okay. Are we ready, Madam President? Okay. Okay, this is the roll call portion of the vote. And we do this as, just as we did on Sunday night in alphabetical order. So Alabama and Alaska will be moving to microphones. Um, one announcement I need to make is that um, during the roll call, I will not be calling American Association of Blind Teachers. This is because they have not provided any delegates information to us. And I consulted with the president and parliamentarian, and that was the decision that was made, that we will not call them. So, okay. Alabama, six votes. Six votes, Collie. Um, six, Collie. Alaska, 11 votes. Alaska, 11 votes. Dylan. 11, Dylan. Okay. Arizona, Arizona two votes. Two, Collie. Two, Collie. Uh, Arkansas, three votes. Arkansas. Arkansas. Is this thing on? Arkansas. Three. Dylan. Three. Three. Dylan. Okay. California. Twenty-five votes. California. Sixteen votes. Collie. Nine votes. Dylan. Okay. Make sure. Sixteen. Collie. Nine. Dylan. Okay. Connecticut. You have 
One vote. One vote, Collie. One, Collie. And let's see here. Dela Delaware, one vote. Delaware, Delaware, one vote. Dylan. One, Dylan. Yeah, my, my, uh, my technology is being a little slow this morning. That's why it's taking a minute here. DC, two votes. DC. Come on, folks. You know where you are in the alphabet. DC, one more time. Okay, talking to the microphone. You know the rules on this. I'm going to move on. Testing there. Uh, DC, one vote, Collie. One vote, uh, abstain. Okay, one vote, Collie, and uh, one abstention. Okay, got that down. Florida, 24 votes. Florida, your sunshine state in the home of uh, Florida hurricanes, vote 17 votes, Dan Dillon, 7, Denise Colley. Okay, 7, Colley, 17, Dillon. Correct. Okay, make sure that, let me, ooh, let me change that number. One. Okay. Okay, it's got the numbers weren't going in where I wanted them to. Georgia, uh, seven votes. Georgia cast all seven votes for Dylan. Okay, seven, Dylan. Um, Hawaii. Hawaii. Three votes. Hawaii casts all three votes for Kali. Three, Kali. Illinois, four votes. Two and a half, Dylan. One and a half, Collie. Okay, 2.5, Dylan. 1.5, Collie. Indiana, you got nine votes. Indiana casts nine votes, Dylan. Nine, Dylan. Iowa. Iowa. Four votes. Has four votes. We cast three votes for Dylan and one vote for Collie. One Collie, three Dylan. Thank you. Okay, got him. Uh, Kansas, I won't forget you this time. Four votes. Kansas. My, is, oh, there it goes. Okay. Recognizing that our affiliate very seldom votes unanimously on anything, two votes Collie, two votes Dylan. <laughs> To Collie, to Dylan. Um, okay, Bluegrass, five votes. Um, Bluegrass votes, two votes, Collie, three votes, Dylan. To Collie, three, Dylan. Uh, Kentucky, 13 votes. Kentucky cast 10 votes, Collie, three votes, Dylan. Uh, 10, Collie, three, Dylan. Uh, Louisiana, five votes. Five, Dylan. Okay, five. Let me get over to the right column. Five, Dylan. Okay, moving on. Maine, Maine two has, votes. Maine has two votes for Dylan. 
to Dylan. Beautiful. Okay. Three votes, Maryland. Maryland casts 2.5 Dylan, 0.5 Collie. Okay, 0.5 Collie, 2.5 Dylan. Bay State, seven votes. Bay State, four votes Dylan, three votes Collie. Three Collie, four Dylan. Okay. Michigan. Michigan. Seven votes. Three votes Collie, four votes Dylan. Four, three Collie, four Dylan. Okay. Minnesota, three votes. Minnesota. Yep, this is Larry from Minnesota. We're going to split the vote half and half. Okay, so 1.5 Collie, 1.5 Dylan, is that correct? That's correct, yes. Okay. Okay, get that number. Okay, got that. Mississippi, five votes. Mississippi, 2.5 Collie, 2.5 Dylan. 2.5 Collie, 2.5 Dylan. Missouri, 25 votes. Missouri casts all 25 votes for Mr. Dillon. 25, Dillon. Okay. Uh, Montana, two votes. Montana. Montana. Go ahead. No, that's not me. Montana, are you there? One more time. Montana, two votes. Okay, I'm going to move on. Okay. Okay, next one. Make sure, make sure it didn't go down too far. Should be. Should be Nebraska. One, yeah, I got you. Ace, Nebraska, one vote. Nebraska, one vote, Dylan. Okay. It's into the right column. One, Dylan. Um, New Mexico, one vote. New Mexico, one vote. She's here. I was slow. Okay. New Mexico. Excuse me. Oh, there she is. Sorry. Yeah. New Mexico, one vote. Uh, Collie. One. Collie. Got you in there. New York, eight votes. Five, Collie, and three, Dylan. Five, Collie, three, Dylan. North Carolina, six votes. North Carolina, six votes for Mr. Dillon. Six, Dylan. Okay. North Dakota, six votes. North Dakota, four votes, Collie, two votes, Dylan. Four, Collie, two, Dylan. Okay. Ohio, nine votes. Ohio votes. Seven, Dylan, two, Collie. Two, Collie, seven, Dylan. All right. Oklahoma, 20 votes. Oklahoma, 20, Dylan. 
20 Dillon. Okay. Oregon, six votes. Oregon, Oregon six for Dillon. Okay. Colleague. Six Dillon. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Four for Dillon, two for Colleague. Okay, you said two. Okay, you, let me repeat. You, you, did I hear you say two Collie for Dylan? Is that correct? That is correct. Thank you. Okay. Okay, we want to make sure we get the, rec the record accurate here. So thank you very much. I, I'll repeat that. Two Collie for Dylan. 16, Pennsylvania, 16 votes. Pennsylvania cast 16 votes for Collie. Uh, okay, 16 Collie. South Carolina, one vote. Okay. South Carolina, one vote, Dylan. Okay. Let's see. Give it in the right column. One, South Carolina, one, Dylan. South Dakota, three votes. South Dakota casts three votes for uh, Kali. Three, Kali. Okay, Tennessee, seven votes. Tennessee, seven votes, Dillon. Seven, Dillon. All right. Texas. Texas. Fourteen votes. Texas, eight, Collie, six, Dillon. Eight, Collie, six, Dillon. All right. Utah, 22 votes. Is that somebody calling in a vote? <laughs> Utah, 20, Utah, 22 votes. Okay, don't, don't just tap on the, okay. come on. Go ahead. I'm here. Okay, for um, 14 and two-thirds, I think I'm doing this right. Uh, you can't do, th you can only go okay. half votes. Okay. Oh, God, that's hard. Fifteen, uh, Dylan and um, seven, uh, Collie. Okay, seven, Collie, fifteen, Dylan. Is that correct? I think so. If I did the math, okay. right, I'm not sure. Okay, unless we, that's what we'll go. That's what we'll go with. How's that sound? Okay, Old Dominion, two votes. Old Dominion, one for Dylan, one for Collie. One Collie, one Dylan. Um, Washington, 16 votes. Washington, 13.5 Collie, 2.5 Dylan. Okay. 13.5 Collie, 2.5 Dylan. Mountain State, Mountain State, two votes. Mountain State, two votes, Dylan. Okay. To Dillon. Okay. Wisconsin, two votes. Okay, I gotta get close. Okay. Two for Collie. Two Collie. Okay, and now. And uh, Wyoming, with two votes. One Collie, one Dillon. One Collie, one Dillon. Moving on to our special interest affiliates. AAVL, one vote. AAVL, one vote, Dylan. Okay. 
one Dylan. Okay, we uh, attorneys two votes. Uh, one vote Collie, one vote Dylan. One Collie, one Dylan. Diabetics one vote. Diabetics in action gives the one vote to our member Dan Dillon. One, one Dillon. Okay. Families, two votes. Families casts two votes for Collie. Two Collie. All right. Government employees, one vote. Um, that didn't come into a microphone, Renee, but I heard it. One collie. Yes, one collie. Apologize. Gotcha. Thank find you it. very much. Uh, Lions, two a votes. ACB Lions cast two votes for collie. Two collie. Radio amateurs, one vote. Break one nine. <laughs> okay, radio amateurs. Radio amateurs, uh, one vote, Collie. Uh, one Collie. Uh, Mr. Chairman? Yes. Uh, I believe, did you call Missouri during the roll call? Yeah. They voted. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry. That's okay. Okay. One, okay. ACB students, AC radio amateurs is one Collie. Okay. ACB students, one vote. We vote one for uh, one for Dylan and uh, Ray. I need to make a, uh, a a change for the alternate delegate. Uh, given the next contest, um, I would like to appoint Min Ha. Our alternate is gone, and so I'd like to appoint Min Ha as alternate for given the next contest. Okay, I will. I've got that duly noted. Thank you. Thank you, you very much, Ray. Thank you, students. One. Dylan. Make sure one Dylan. One Dylan. Got it. Okay. Bits, three votes. Bits cast 2.5 for Collie, 0.5 for Dylan. 2.5 Collie, 0.5 Dylan. Okay. Blind Pride, three votes. BPI cast three votes for Mr. Dylan. Okay. Three Dylan. Okay, BRL, eight votes. Braille Revival League cast seven votes, Collie, one vote, Dylan. Seven, Collie, one, Dylan. CCLVI, 11 votes. CCLVI cast 10 votes, Dylan, one vote, Collie. One, Collie, 10, Dylan. Okay. Uh, friends and Arts, three votes. Friends and Art, one half or one and a half for Collie, one and a half for Dylan. Okay, one point five Collie, one point five Dylan. All right, guide dog users, nineteen votes. GDY pass cast nineteen for Collie. I'm sorry, nine point five for Collie and nine point five for Dylan. 9.5 Collie, 9.5 Dylan. Got it. 
All right. Entre <laughs> entrepreneurs, two votes. Ivy casts two votes. Dylan. All right. To Dylan. All right. Lua, five votes. Stop reading and cast your votes, guys. <laughs> Lua, five votes. Sorry, I was busy reading a book. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lua casts 2.5 votes for Kali, 2.5 votes for Dylan. 2.5 Kali, 2.5 Dylan. And last but certainly not least, vendors, 25 votes. Randall Shepard, Vendors of America, cast 20 votes, Dylan, 5, Collie. 5, Collie, 20, Dylan. Madam President, that completes roll call. Turn the president's mic on, please. Press the red button. Press the red button. There we go. It works when I press the red button. <laughs> All right. We're going to do a door prize. If our door prize folks can be ready, um, I'll be calling on you from time to time from now till the end of the session. So. Thank you. I have to, I have twenty five dollars cash from North from uh, New Mexico. Yes. yes. And let's I, see here. I, I did still on. That was not me. Sorry. Helen Hendrickson. Halleck Hendrickson. Are you here? Halleck Henderson. Halley Henderson, sorry. I don't think so. Brett Humphrey. Are you here? No. Okay. Kenneth Woodall. If you're here, please stand up, wave your hand so we know you're actually here. Thank you. Thank you. Another $25 from New Mexico. Very generous. And that will go to Joyce Larenberg. Joyce Larenberg. No. All right. Let's see who else is here. Frank Ventura. Are you here? Whoa. All right. The, the first, was it Joyce? Joyce was here. Okay, then it goes to Joyce. You know, then. it would help if people got a little more vocal when they won. So just help us so we can hear you. You know, scream, cheer, jump up and down. We need to know where Joyce, Joyce is. We please can't stand find up. her. Joyce, you can be loud. 
mic is that? We still don't know where Joyce is. If, if we don't identify where Joyce is, she's not going to win. We don't hear her. We don't see her. Can she, can she put her hands in the air? Can she do something if she's here? <laughs> is she here? So, we still don't see a hand. I'm sorry, but I have several people looking for Joyce, and no one sees her, so Frank I can't do any more than that. <laughs> All right, I don't know what... Let's have order, please. Okay. Thank... So we're moving on from Joyce. Okay. So... Ventura. Frank did get it, yes. How's my old state people giving me hell? Come on, guys. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> All right. Do, do one more door prize, please. Okay. From Mississippi, $25. Dan Stifler from Arizona. No, Dan? Ralph Smitherman from Mississippi. You're getting your money back. All right, he's here. Right Thank in front you. Of us. All right, go ahead, Lane. Right on, Monique. All right. All right, we have the, res the results of the election. Quiet, please. Denise Colley, this is a combined vote of the, the state, of, state and special interest affiliates and the ballot count. Denise Colley, 308.5, 42.0%. Dan Dillon, Is Mr. Dillon at a microphone? Thank you. Th oh, thank you very much. Thank you so much, guys, for your vote. I'm going to try very hard to make you proud that you voted for me. And those that didn't vote for me, I'm going to work very hard to win your support. And I'd like to thank, I'd like to thank Penny Verity and Dan Spoon, who did a great job of speaking in my behalf. Um, also, this, this victory is, is somewhat bittersweet. I'm very happy that I won. In fact, I'm so happy, I think I'm going to go and see Mike Godino and increase my MMS pledge. Uh, but, but, uh, but I ran against a friend. And Denise and Burl Colley are, are friends of mine. And Denise, I... You, you are a very um, worthy, strong opponent, and I wish you the best in any endeavor you might um, be involved in down the road. And the next thing I'd like to say is 
Um, I've tried my best to keep Brenda's memory alive. And those of you who never met Brenda, people that are new here, uh, she was, had quite an influence. And she was ACB all the way. And come Monday, she will have uh, been gone for three years now. But Brenda, her, her influence, her mentoring, it's still around. And we, not only are we keeping her memory alive, but um, because of Brenda, there are three people on the board now. Sarah Conrad, Dan Spoon, and now Dan Dillon. And Brenda, Brenda was my greatest cheerleader. And I'd like to think that she's smiling down today from a high. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Is there someone at a mic? Yeah. Is that the mic that's acting up? I think she might be at the mic that's acting up. It sounds like. Can we assist Denise to another mic? If the. Test, test. Here, Dan. This uh, mic's working. That oh, one. Thank you. Thank you. Just real brief, uh, Madam President. One thing that's bothered me over the past few years, and that is. First of all, we're all volunteers working for a great cause. But for whatever reason, sometimes a person serves on a committee or a task force and they get their feelings hurt or there's a personality conflict and they, they walk away from this wonderful organization. Um, I hate to see that happen. And <clears throat> uh, when people walk away from this wonderful organization. They're not only hurting the organization, they're hurting blind and visually impaired people all over this land of ours. So I remind you, don't ever forget the cause, no matter what. Be, and be, be a little more flexible and easy to get along with, because we've got a lot of work to do. But remember the cause. Our cause is to make this world a better place to live for blind and visually impaired people. And that that is what ACB is all about, and that is what Dan Dillon's all about. Thank you. Thank you. I think Denise Colley was trying to get to the microphone and find one that worked. Are you at a mic, Denise? Okay, keep talking. There we go. There you are. Actually, my mic went to Dan, so I had to wait for it to come back. Oh, yeah. All right, go I ahead. want to thank all of you for... Um, those of you who voted for me, for your belief in me, your faith in me. Um, Dan, congratulations. Uh, I know that you will do a wonderful job on the board. I know that you have a lot to bring to the board. And I just thank everyone, and I love this organization. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Point of information. 
point of information. Please identify yourself. Sue Amateur. Okay, go ahead. Is it possible for us to know, I was going to call it the, the, the individual vote, please. They would have it. In um, the years past, we've, we've had it. Yes, if, if, if it's requested, um, yes. Lane, Lane can share that information. I would like to request that, please. All right. Okay, quiet, please. This is the count of the individual ballots. 144 for Denise Colley, 176 for Dan Dillon, and there were two, uh, two, two ballots that were undecipherable. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. We have another position on the board of directors. The nominating committee has placed into nomination the name of Tiffany Jolliffe from Arlington, Virginia. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? Please get to a mic. Sorry, I uh, beg to place in nomination the name of Denise Colley. The name of Denise Colley has been placed into nomination. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? Hearing none, we'll close nominations and proceed to hear. We've heard from Denise's speakers, so I'm assuming that those speakers will hold. And D Tiffany, are you at a microphone? Yes, I am. And Thank would you. you please announce your speakers? <laughs> Tiffany? I don't want to deafen you. I just wasn't sure if the mic was working. Um, okay. I think you're coming across okay. Just Okay, wonderful. So speak up. My speakers are Mark Reichert and Katie Frederick. Thank you. All right. And Mr. Reichert is beginning? Yes. All right. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak today for Tiffany Jolliffe. I, um, you, you all have heard far too much from me this week, uh, and so it's a little bit of a risk to get up and uh, talk like this, but I just want to say, and I'm not going to take up much of your time, what I think the organization really needs are folks who can work together not only with energy but with good humor, uh, with that kind of personality that lights up a room, but also with good substance, with thought, forethought, uh, Tiffany has really uh, spent a great deal of her uh, career and young life perfecting her knowledge of organizations, uh, understanding how groups work, uh, under having a good mind for business and management. I think these kinds of skills uh, added with a, a, an, an exuberance and vibrance are exactly the kind of uh, spirit that we want to see in members uh, in leadership in this organization. So with that, uh, I encourage you to vote for Ms. Tiffany. Thank you. Hello. Okay. I'm on the mic. Good morning, everyone. I am rising in support of Tiffany Jolliffe. Tiffany is 
a friend of mine, but is also a colleague. I have worked with Tiffany as, the, as an advisor to the ACB students, and last year she fulfilled a partial term as president for that affiliate. In that time, she has turned that affiliate 360 degrees. Last year, some of you may recall, the students did not have a vote on this floor. This year, thanks to the hard work of Tiffany and her board, they are seated again. Tiffany has also, um, along with her board, gotten the students organization to have a 501c3 designation for the first time in their history. So they are now able to fundraise on the, on the affiliate's behalf for the students and for ACB. Tiffany brings energy, professionalism, and a new voice and perspective to ACB. She's relatively new to the organization, but she wants to give back and serve the organization that she loves and cares about. Please vote for Ms. Tiffany Jolliffe. All right, thank you. All right, we are ready to proceed to, to the um, ballot disbursement process. Please close the doors. Please stay in your seats and the ballots are being distributed. Mr. Riker, do we have a resolution? Oh boy, uh, huh? is that a trick question? I don't know, <laughs> probably is a trick question. Let's see what you guys might be interested in. You're interested in all of it. That's right. Uh, nope, we're going to do this one. Hold on. Don't go away. You guys are a captive audience. You just got to sit there. Apps. Here we go. Wow. That's a live microphone. This is about... Orientation mobility and accessible or audible yep. pedestrian signals. Excuse me, there's a door on the left side. Can one of the volunteers get that door? Sorry, we got a little bit of logistics here. Hmm? Are we good? You need to. I think we took care. You need to talk to him. Okay. It's in the process of being taken care of. It's all right. All right, friends. Here we go. Whereas discussion on the orientation and mobility listserv of the Association for Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired, or AERBVI, has suggested, AER, uh, has suggested AERBVI, as guided by its Orientation and Mobility Division, should take a position opposing audible countdowns on accessible pedestrian signals, and that comments to this effect should be submitted with regard to further revisions of the Manual of Uniform Traffic Control Devices, or MUTCD. And whereas the research leading to the findings discussed on the AERBVI O&M listserv involved a rather small sample and should not be considered definitive and whereas, <clears throat> excuse me, elimination of the audible countdown feature 
would have the impact of denying information to blind and visually to blind and visually impaired uh, public. Oops. See, this is doing it to me again. This exact spot would have the would have the impact of denying information to blind and the vis and visually impaired pedestrians, which is readily available to sighted pedestrians. You got it right. Great, thanks. Whereas allegations that the audible countdown creates distractions for the pedestrian are uh, outweighed by the beneficial information provided to blind and visually impaired pedestrians, which can assist in avoiding veers and in providing other uh, useful orientation information. And whereas claims of lack of uh, synchronization between the audible countdown and the visual display can be resolved through adjustments to signal performance by local traffic engineers. Now, therefore, be it resolved that uh, this organization believes there is a need for additional research concerning best practices in the design and utilization of audible countdown features, and be it further resolved, however, that in the absence <clears throat> excuse me, of additional credible research to the contrary, ACB is supportive of the provision of audible countdown information and encourages that research focus on this subject be directed toward uh, determining the most effective ways to efficiently convey countdown information rather than whether audible countdown rather audible countdown should be eliminated pause for the reader um, Mark sits with his mouth open. <laughs> he doesn't have a pause button. <laughs> All right. Um, does anyone not have a ballot in their hand? If so, raise your hand. How many of these? Are you? There's a couple people that don't have a ballot, and they're taking care of you. Keep your hand up until you get your ballot in it. Anyone else not have a ballot in their hand? Hmm? Oh, <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> she's, she's taken care of now. All right. Does anyone not have a ballot? All right. Instructions for casting your ballot. To vote for Tiffany, remove one corner. To vote... For Denise Colley, remove two corners from your ballot. One corner for Tiffany, two corners for Denise Colley. And the ballot collectors will proceed to pick up your ballots. And I have pressed the pause button on Mark Reichert, and he can now speak again. <laughs> And be it further resolved that this organization shall request that an orientation and mobility professional having access to the AER BVI orientation 
uh, and mobility listserv post a copy of this resolution to that venue and we recommend a new pass. There goes the car right by. Okay. Yes. All right. The motion has been made and seconded to adopt this resolution. Any discussion? Nine. Lori Sharp. Eight. Seven. Lori Sharp. Six. Five. <laughs> All those in favor say aye. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Is there someone who has... Yes. <laughs> okay, can you identify yourself, I, please? I did four times. Uh, Lori Scharf. Okay. Um, I do have a question as to if anybody has reached out to Janet Barlow. In May, I had some conversations with her regarding this issue and uh, upcoming research. I'm going to ask uh, any funding my fellow committee members want to weigh in. I certainly haven't done that myself, but um, I think they may have some thoughts. Uh, Mr. Uh, Madam Chairman? Yes. This is Michael Byington. Hold and on, Michael. Are you answering Lori's question? Attempting to. Okay. Speak up a little or closer? Or... No, one, there you go. Uh, no one with the uh, Resolutions Committee spoke directly with Janet Barlow about this uh, research or this situation. Uh, we did have two members of the resolutions committee that sought input from Jean Lozano and also from Lucas Frank. Now, in saying that, I'm certainly not saying that either of them uh, will support the or would support this resolution in its current form. I can't predict how they would vote, but the information that they provided uh, did create some changes in the resolution. Thank you. Uh, it, uh, I. Okay, I guess I'll just shut up. <laughs> okay. All right, is there any other discussion? Yes. Are you speaking? Okay. Please get to a mic. Identify yourself. Clerk, point of a clerk. Karen, Karen Gorgi from New York okay. City. I'm going to recognize Karen Gorgi because she identified herself clearly. Thank Mike you, Karen. Gidino. Thank you. Um, thank you, Madam President. Um, I do have a lot of concern about, I don't mind research. But the fact that um, ACB would support uh, the, the inclusion of countdowns, I think, oh, okay. is potentially problematic. What I remember from a presentation not so long ago, not yesterday, of course, but um, that Lucas Frank made to uh, a group of this body, probably the Environmental Access Committee, is that the problem that we have with those kinds of things is for the people who are not trained to it, and that what the problem is that, you know, everybody's been around for the space program, five, four, three, two, one, blast off. In other words, I mean, it's a joke, but it's not a joke. And I think that it is a very, very tricky issue. And I don't think I can support a commitment to countdowns by this organization um, because I, I do believe that both Janet and Lucas and others um, have, certainly Janet was involved in the research. And I think that their, uh, their opposition makes some sense. As much as I sometimes would love to have them, oh, how the hell many seconds do I have? You know, but I think overall, and looking at the, our population as a whole, 
I, right now, I feel like it's a dangerous thing. So I can't support the resolution okay. as, as, as stated. Madam right. Chair. Madam Frank Chair. Welty. Frank Welty. Can the woman identify herself, please? Olivia Chavez. Ron Wolfroth. Uh, Olivia? Okay. I'll yes. recognize Olivia and then Frank. Okay. I was a co-author of this resolution. <laughs> and I was thinking about the fact that many of us, I'm one of them, we're getting older. And so maybe we're not walking as quickly. And maybe we also are having a hearing problem. And so therefore, having the countdown to let you know not only gives you the time that you have to get across, but it also assists you not to veer because you're going toward the sound. And yes, I respect uh, Janet Barlow and Mr. Frank, but I just question where they did this research and the sample size of their <clears throat> people that they assessed. All right, thank you. I've been asked to Madam repeat President. the voting instructions. One corner removed is Tiffany Jolliffe. Two corners removed is Denise Colley. All right. Frank I, Welty. I will recognize Frank Welty. I'm supporting this resolution for three reasons. One, it represents a basic principle of our movement, which is that we, the blind, are the experts on blindness, not the professionals. Two, we are, have a long tradition in this area of, of traffic accessibility of supporting equal information. If it's useful to sighted people, it's useful to us. And three, I support this because of experience. We use, in my town of San Leandro, California, my wife and I have the opportunity to use a countdown accessible symbol every day when we walk to the train station, and it's gloriously wonderful. All right. Michael Dio uh, in opposition. Michael Byington. Um, I'm recognizing Michael Byington. I'm taking Paul a second Edwards. bite of the oh. apple simply to add some additional clarification to my conversations with uh, Mr. Frank and another member of the committee's conversations with Gene Lozano. I think under the circumstances of the questions that have arisen, uh, I will quote the conversations as I understand them uh, as best I can. So can I ask you to pause one second? Uh, Michael, just pause. Um, has everyone had their ballot picked up? If, yes. if you have a ballot in your hand, raise your hand with your ballot in it. Otherwise, we are good. All right, Michael, proceed. Thank you. Mr. Frank's reservations about countdowns is whether doing the entire, as uh, Karen put it, 54321 blast-off methodology is the best way to present it. He suggested that perhaps the countdown should instead say something like, 30 seconds remaining, and then say nothing else so people can concentrate on traffic sounds. Now, what he also acknowledged was that there really isn't research to suggest whether his idea or the idea of the 20, 19, 18, 17 is the best way to go. So he acknowledged that more research is necessary. That's not to say whether he would vote for or against this resolution, but that was the nature of the conversation that we had. As I understand the conversation that took place with Gene Lozano, 
he made the statement that there should simply be an emphasis on more research because the sample size of the research done was relatively small. This should not be considered a speech for or against the resolution, but simply want to clarify the information that we did seek and receive. Thank you. Mike Mitch Pomerantz, in support. Mike Madam, Madam President. Ron Wolfel. All right. Who's Ma requesting the mic? Mike I'm sorry. Mitch Pomerantz in Ron, support. Ron Wolfel, I am in favor of the countdown. Wait. Hold on. I don't know who's speaking. Ron Wolfel from St. Paul. I, I need to ask if um, anyone is speaking in opposition. Mike Cadino. I'm going to recognize someone speaking in opposition. Mike Cadino. Yes. You. Thank you. I'm assuming. <laughs> Thank you. I, you. I oppose this based on, on the information that we've heard already, but also that there has been research done that, uh, although a small sample, the research that is now out there in the Access Board is, is deeming the countdown to be um, um, uh, confusing and uh, not valid when crossing streets. A lot of folks are using the countdown indicator as a wayfinding device, and, and we cannot use that as a wayfinding device because that is not why they are being installed. The countdown indicators are, are confusing. I live in a city, I work in a city that's very noisy, and if we start putting down countdown indicators, we're just adding to the noise level, making the streets more and more confusing to the folks who need them. We know how to cross the street. We know we start at the beginning of the interval, and we know how much time we have. So I, I, you know, I don't understand why we have to have these countdowns. Yes, it's information, and yes, it's provided. However, this information can be very confusing to folks. And if we have the, i.e., sighted community out there fighting against these things because grandma got confused by, you know, and run over by a reindeer because she was listening to the countdown, then it's going to be a bigger problem for us in the long run. So I'm voting against this resolution. Okay, Madam I'm going to President, recognize Pomerantz. Mitch Pomerantz. With all due respect to my colleagues from New York, Ms. Gorgie and Mr. Byington, the National Federation of the Blind at the beginning, at the begin, I'm sorry if I said a four-letter word, but you need to know this. The Federation, when APSs first came out on the market, used the same arguments that we are just now hearing. They were confusing. They, they, people weren't trained to use them. People know how to cross streets. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that we did learn how to use APSs. And if we learned how to use APSs, we can jolly well learn how to use countdown signals. We have one in Pasadena. We like them. We use them. They're not confusing. And the reality, ladies and gentlemen, is, as, as Mr. Welty stated from the, at the outset, this is no more nor less than an issue of equal access, and that should be the most important issue that ACB members face. Yep. All right. I have a, I'm, opposition. I will recognize someone speaking in opposition. Opposition, Chris Buckley from Bronx, New York. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Um, first of all, this does not count or take into consideration people who are deafblind. 
who will not hear the countdown. Okay, so it should be accessible to everybody, not just to people who are blind or who can hear or whatnot. And secondly, I know this is the third person from New York who is talking to you about why we're in opposition, but New York is a completely different animal. And we can't rely on audio cues of a three, two, one when we're in the middle of traffic and all that. We all have been trained on how to cross streets and how to follow traffic. And an accessible pedestrian signal is the way to go, but not one with a countdown. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. All right. Is there anyone wishing to speak Ron in support? Ron Brooks in support. Ron, in support? Ron, yes, in Ron, support. Ron, Ron, Ron. All right. I'll recognize uh, you. Go yeah. ahead. Just to reiterate, um, to me, this is less about this about whether or not we have countdowns than it is about equal access. If you are opposed to this solution, you are opposing the idea of equal access. We want yes. equal access to what everybody else gets. If there are issues that need to be dealt with through training, then so be it. But I will tell you that when you are in a place, and I live in a city that also has very long crossing signals, I would really like to know if I have a minute and a half to cross instead of having to wait for another five minutes for a chance to cross. Exactly. This is equal access. I deserve it. If it's good enough for my sighted counterparts, it's good enough for me. Yay! All right. Is there anyone else wishing to speak in opposition? Madam President, can you please instruct to open the doors now or not? No. Not quite yet. Not yet? Okay. Not quite soon. Almost. I have a, I have a uh, suggestion. Uh, I'm, a, um, I'm opposed. I'm a, I mean, I'm a... a okay, this, I, I have not... I don't know who's at the microphone. This is Ron Wolfo. I'm okay. from St. Paul, and I am... A, Go ahead, For please. it, because one of the things that I think need to be changed on all the light systems, they don't give us enough time to get across. Those lights go so fast, you have to run across to get across them. I think that they, all, the, all across the country, they should put more time on them. Another thing, that some of them have the rapid pulsing. Uh, uh, that would, that's good, but, but I still think the timer is a little better. All right. I think all ballots have been collected. We can open the doors. We are ready to Thank proceed you. to the roll call vote. So this, this will... Uh, well, I think we can vote on the resolution. We've had significant discussion over 15 minutes. Oh, okay. So I am going to call for the question here at this point for the resolution. All those in favor of the resolution say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. No. The resolution is adopted. Yeah. All right. Now we will proceed to the roll call vote. Three, two, one, one. There we go. <laughs> okay. The roll call on this election. Alabama, six votes. Alabama cast it six votes for Collie. Okay. Six. Six. Collie. Okay. Alaska, 11 votes. Alaska, 11 votes. Collie. Okay. Uh, hold on, let me get to the right column. Uh, 11, Collie. Yeah. Hold, on just, hold on just a second, ladies and gentlemen. Let me uh, do one thing here. Oh, yeah. Double. 
Okay. All right. Let me... Uh, okay, Alaska was 11, Kali. Arizona, two votes. Arizona casts 1.5, Kali, 0.5, Jolliffe. 1.5, or 0.5, Jolliffe, 1.5, Kali. Arkansas, three votes. Three. Three. You cut off there. Do it. Do it one more time. Three. Jolliffe. Three. Jolliffe. Uh, California. Twenty-five votes. Um, a question for Ray, because it'll help others. Which is there an order you want us to vote? Whatever you want. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, we, uh, California casts 13 for Kali, 12 Jollop. 12 Jollop, 13 Kali. Uh, Connecticut, one vote. Connecticut, one vote, Jollop. One Jollop. Delaware, one vote. Delaware, one vote, Tiffany Jollop. One Jollop. Uh, DC, two votes. D.C., come on. D.C., D.C., two votes. Uh, Washington, D.C., uh, one vote, Collie, one vote, Jolliffe. One Jolliffe, one Collie. Um, Florida, 24 votes. Florida, six Jolliffe, 18 Collie. Six Jolliffe, 18 Collie. Georgia, seven votes. Georgia is casting three and a half Kali, three and a half Jolliffe. Three point five Jolliffe, three point five Kali. Okay. Hawaii, three votes. Hawaii votes, three votes, Tiffany. Three Jolliffe. Illinois, four votes. Illinois votes. Illinois votes two and a half. Tiffany, one and a half, Denise. One two point five Jolliffe, one point five Kali. Indiana, nine votes. Indiana, eight Jolliffe, one Kali. Eight Jolliffe, one Kali. Iowa, four votes. Iowa votes three votes Kali, one vote Jolliffe. Uh, three Kali, one Jolliffe. Kansas, four votes. How my affiliate thinks is sometimes a riddle, so I'm going to split them right down the middle, two and two. Two, <laughs> two Jolliffe, two Collie. Got it, Michael. Thank you. Bluegrass, five votes. One vote. Um, one vote, Tiffany, and four votes, Denise. Four, one Jolliffe, four Collie. Kentucky, 13 votes. Kentucky, three votes, Jolliffe, ten votes, Collie. Three, Jolliffe, ten, Collie. Louisiana, five votes. Five, <clears throat> five, ho uh, Collie. Okay, five, Collie. Uh, Maine, two votes. Two votes for Jolliffe. Two, Jolliffe. Maryland, three votes. Maryland, 2.5 Jolliffe, 0.5 Collie. 
2.5 Jolliffe, 0.5 Collie. Um, Bay State, seven votes. Uh, Bay State Council of the Blind casts four for Jolliffe, three for Con. For Jolliffe, three Collie. Michigan, seven votes. All right. Michigan, seven votes. Michigan, seven votes for Collie. Okay. Seven Collie. Minnesota, three votes. Once again, we are split in half. Okay, 1.5 Jolliffe, 1.5 Collie. All right. Mississippi, five votes. Mississippi, 2.5 Jolliffe, 2.5 Collie. 2.5 Jolliffe, 2.5 Collie. Missouri, 25. Missouri cast 25 votes for Denise Collick. 25 Collie. Montana, two votes. Uh, Montana, two votes. And one final time, Montana, two votes. If there are other roll calls required today, I will not be calling Montana. Okay, okay. Nebraska, one vote. Nebraska, one vote, Tiffany. One, Tiffany. New Mexico, one vote. Nebraska's moving out of the way. New Mexico, one vote. She, she's coming. We're coming. Okay. Need to be up there in line. New Mexico casts one vote for Collie. One. I think I heard that right. One vote, Collie. All right. New York. New York, eight votes. Uh, seven, Tiffany. One, Collie. Seven, Jolliffe. One, Collie. North Carolina, six votes. North Carolina, six votes for Collie. All right. Six, Collie. Uh, North Dakota, six votes. North Dakota, two, Jolliffe, four, Collie. Two, Jolliffe, four, Collie. Um, Ohio, nine votes. Six for Tiffany, three for Denise. Um, six, Jolliffe, three, Collie. Is that correct? Okay, got it. Thank you. Oklahoma, 20 votes. Oklahoma, 15, Collie. Five, Jolliffe. Five, Jolliffe, 15, Collie. Oregon, six votes. Oregon, three, Collie, three, Jolliffe. Three, Jolliffe, three, Collie. Pennsylvania, 16 votes. 16 votes, Tiffany. Okay, 16, 16, Jolliffe. South Carolina, one vote. South Carolina, one Collie. One Collie. Thank you. Um, South Dakota, three votes. South Dakota proudly cast three votes for Collie. All right. Three Collie. Ten Tennessee, seven votes. Tennessee, seven votes. S seven votes for Collie. All right. Um, seven Collie. 
Texas, 14 votes. Texas cast 9.5 for Tiffany and 4.5 for Kali. 9.5 Jala, 4.5 Kali. All right. Utah, 22 votes. 15 Jollop, uh, 7 Kali. 15 Jollop, 7 Kali. Old Dominion, 2 votes. Old Dominion, 1.5 Jollop, 0.5 Kali. 1.5 Jollop, 0.5 Kali. Um, Washington, 16 votes. Washington, 2 Jollop, 14 Kali. Um, two Jolliffe, 14 Kali. Mountain State, two votes. Mountain State Council, two votes, Kali. Two Kali. Um, Wisconsin, two votes. Wisconsin, two votes. One for Kali and one for Tiffany. One Jolliffe, one Kali. Wyoming, two votes. One Kali, one Jolliffe. One Jolliffe, one Kali. AAVL, one vote. AAVL, one half vote Jolliffe, one half vote Kali. Point five Jolliffe, point five Kali. Um, attorneys, two votes. One vote Kali, one vote Jolliffe. One Jolliffe, excuse me, one Kali. Diabetics, one vote. Diabetics, one vote for Tiffany Jolliffe. Okay, one Jolliffe. Um, families, two votes. Families casts two votes, Kali. Okay, two Kali. Um, government employees, one vote. Government employees, one vote. Government employees, one vote, uh, Tiffany. One Jolliffe. Um, okay. And Lions, two votes. ACB Lions cast two votes, Jolliffe. Two Jolliffe. Um, radio Amateurs, one vote. Radio Amateurs, one vote, Jolliffe. One Jolliffe. Um, students, one vote. One vote for Tiffany. One, Tiffany. Point of order. Uh, what's the point of order? The point of order is, I believe you're doing this in alphabetical order, which would mean that you, sh you skipped FIA. Um, no, I have not skipped FIA. I'm not down there yet. I just did students. This is ACB students, is what I did. I'm sorry, I forgot. Nope. No problem there, Michael. One, students is one Jolliff. Bits, which starts with a B. Um, <laughs> Uh, three votes. It's cast three votes for Jolliffe. Um, three Kali, is that correct? No, Jolliffe. Oh, Okay, I didn't quite I With didn't a J. Quite hear it. That's with oh. a J, okay? Three Jolliffe. I got, I got too. Blind Pride, three votes. With Pride, three votes for Jolliffe. Three Jolliffe. Um, BRL, eight votes. BRL casts. BRL, hello? Yes. Go ahead. Uh, BRL casts uh, seven votes for Collie and one vote for Tiffany. 
Oops. Ooh, I typed, I typed the wrong number. Oh, my gosh. One Jolliffe, seven Collie. CCLVI, 11 votes. CCLVI cast five and a half each. 5.5 Jolliffe, 5.5 Collie. Um, now we're at Friends in Art. FIA, three votes. FIA votes one and a half Collie, one and a half Jolliffe. 1.5 Jolliffe, 1.5 Collie. GDUI, 19 votes. GDUI proudly casts 19 votes for our member, Tiffany Jolliffe. 19 wow. Jolliffe. 19 Jolliffe. Uh, entrepreneurs, two votes. Ivy casts 1.5 for Collie and 0.5 for Jolliffe. Um, 0.5 Jolliffe, 1.5 Collie. Um, Lua. Five votes. Whoa, break the microphone. Uh, Lua casts 2.5 votes for Jolliffe, 2.5 votes for Kali. Oh, 2.5 Jolliffe, 2.5 Kali. Vendors, 25 votes. Rondo Shepherd Vendors of America casts 19 votes for Kali and six for Jolliffe. Six Jolliffe, 19 Kali. Madam President, that completes roll call. Okay, hold on a sec. All right. So I'd like to ask the body a question while they are compiling the votes. How do they want to proceed with the rest of the day? I've had lobbyists in one ear saying, let's push to the end because we're not far. I've had lobbyists in the other ear saying, let's take a break for lunch. I'm, I'm concerned that you won't come back, and this is very important work of the organization. So, so, so you all can. Um... <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> Straw poll. We, we still have resolutions to do. How many people want to know? How many, Mr. Riker, do we have left? Without counting any of the thank yous, I believe there are six. A mixed a mix bag of small and large. Okay. So we also have Board of Publications elections, and that's going to be very important. So. Let's go. Let's go. So. So I want to obviously be respectful of the group, but I want to get as, our business done with as many people here as possible. So, and some people do need to take their dogs out. So ponder the thought while we announce the vote. It is ready. Another country heard from, ladies and gentlemen. All the dogs in the room nod their heads. Lots of tails wagging. That was good. One moment while we count that vote. Before I announce, one quick... Uh, can we say thank you to all of our volunteers who did a terrific job. 
And also, give yourselves a hand. You all did a terrific job. May I make an announcement over here? Just a short one. This is Dan Roberts. I'm with Audio Viz, Low Viz oh. Guy. No. You're not no. recognized. All right. Go ahead, Lane. This is the combined affiliate, co affiliate and ballot count. 395.5 Collie, 54.3%. 332.5 Jolliffe. 45.7 percent. All right. I don't know if that was me. Sorry. All right. Congratulations. Uh, do you need a mic? I'm at the mic. You're at a mic, I'm loud a and mic. clear. Go ahead. Thank you so much, everyone. It, it just makes me feel humble and yet honored to know that I have such wonderful support. And I promise you I will do the very best job I can to represent all of you for the next four years. Thank you. Thank you, Denise. Thank Point you. Order. Is point there anyone order. else at a mic? Point of order. Point of order. Who is asking for a point of order? This is Glenn McCulley. We want, we want the individual vote again. Okay. All right. Lane, the individual vote? Okay. The ballot count was 161, Collie, 152, wow. Jolliffe. <laughs> All right. Democracy in action. That was close. Very close. All right. Tiffany, did you want to say anything? I can't tell if you're at a mic. Okay, say something so we can get it to activate. There you are. Go ahead. I, uh, I first want to say that the best candidates won today. Um, thank you very much. I also want to say thank you so much to all my supporters, um, especially since this is my first time out, and to have so many people have so much faith in me. Um, that means so much, and don't worry, I will be back. Thank you. That's all right, I'd like to recognize Dan Roberts. Dan Roberts. From, uh, thank you, thank you. There you are. I apologize for being out of order a minute ago. Um, I just wanted, I made a promise that if we were lucky enough to get Lowville's Guide working, uh, that I would let you know. And we have. The, no, no, <laughs> no sooner than later, I guess. But uh, it is working, so if you want to download it again and try it out this afternoon with whatever time you have left, if you need help, please come see me at my table right outside the door. Thank you. Madam President. All right. Madam President. Someone identify this, yourself? This is Michael Garrett. I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> Go ahead. I just wanted to say that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that eight years has gone by very quickly, and I want to congratulate Dan and Denise for uh, being elected to the board 
I'm sure that they will continue to do uh, great work. These are people who have contributed to this organization, uh, and they will continue to uh, serve. Uh, I know Burl and I have contributed, and I don't want to speak for Burl, but for myself, I will continue to serve this organization. And I want to thank you, ACB, for allowing me yeah. to serve eight years on the board. All right, I have two important announcements. The first one um, will apply. Um, we're going to take a 30-minute break and reconvene at 1, so you could go out, take your dogs out, grab something at the ACB Cafe, come back in here. The other important announcement relates to the next election, set of elections for the Board of Publications. As you may remember... Denise Colley was serving as chair of the Board of Publications. She's now been elected to the Board of Directors, and so she is no longer the chair of the Board of Publications. So it's important for you to know who the appointed members of the Board of Publication will be and who the new chair of the Board of Publications will be. So I'm pleased to make two announcements. The first is the new chair of the Board of Publications is Mr. Ron Brooks from Phoenix, Arizona. The second appointed member of the Board of Publications is Ms. Susan Glass from California. So, so now you know um, who the appointed members are and the other piece of information to keep in mind, just like with the Board of Directors, we can, with the Board of Publications, you can only have one elected or appointed member from a given state. So no one else from California or Arizona is eligible to run for the Board of Publications. Madam President. All right. Madam President. Hearing no other calls for the chair at the Madam time, we will take a 30... Oh, okay. Get to a mic and identify yourself. Yeah, it is. It just took a while. This is on. Burl Colley. Yeah. All right. Mr. Colley. Michael adequately said what, uh, what I felt, but I just want to thank everyone for your active input uh, during my eight years on the Board of Directors. It's been a fun time. There's lots of good people on the board, and there's some more good ones. Thank you, Burl. Thank you for your service. Um, someone else at a mic, please identify yourself. Hello? Hello. Hi. This is Michael Malver. Michael? Um, just a point of order. Do we still need to vote on the countdown issue, or did we do it and I just missed it? We did a voice vote on the countdown resolution. Right, the resolution it. was adopted. Perfect. Thanks. Okay. That's... So we are recessed for 30 minutes. We will reconvene at 1 p.m. back in this room. Thank you. Okay. Interesting elections. Uh, congratulations to the board. We'll have the BOP elections in about a half an hour or so. In the meantime, we're going to run... Uh, Another sponsor, and this one is Microsoft. We get to hear Jeff interview Jenny Flurry from Microsoft. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Bishop, 
And I have the honor to interview one of our Emerald sponsors, Microsoft Corporation. Jenny Lay Fleury is the Chief Accessibility Officer for Microsoft, and she joins us right here on ACB Radio. Hello, Jenny. Hi there. Welcome to ACB Radio. And wow, there's been quite a bit of uh, stuff going on at Microsoft, and we wanted to give you an opportunity to come here and tell us all about it. So what's going on? Game on. Uh, well, you know, thank you for the opportunity. Um, we're really excited. Uh, it's going to be a pretty amazing conference uh, from the, the run-up. Um, if I give you the quick sort of uh, update on Microsoft, and, and I'm probably new to most of your listeners as well, so maybe if I can uh, indulge for a second and give a, a little bit of an introduction. Um, I've been at Microsoft 11 years. Uh, I'm not from the States. I'm from the little small country across the pond over in the UK, but I've actually been living over here for coming up 10 years. Um, and I've been working on accessibility internally for some time. Uh, I chair the employee resource group at Microsoft, uh, DEF myself. And um, over the years, that, that interest and passion really just honestly grew. So I came out of industry and moved full-time into accessibility about six years ago. Uh, and then in January, I became the chief accessibility officer, which is a very humbling and fancy title. Um, and basically what it means is is really as, as Rob Sinclair moves off uh, to do another adventure in, in Microsoft, he's working on some consulting and sales um, functions for the company around accessibility. Uh, I've had the opportunity to come in and really build uh, a new team um, and really start to push what was already in motion, but really start to push some real buzz around accessibility and being humble to our past and the good and bad of our products really start to move those forward uh, and build the culture where that becomes, you know, kind of sustainable, durable, part of how we live, breathe and think. Um, so that's been really what I've been, been getting on with. Um, and I'm six months in. Wow, has it uh, has it gone by fast? Ha! Uh, a lot faster than I thought. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, yeah. it's like a rocket, I, I, isn't it? Yeah, and, yeah. and <laughs> drinking from that fire hose, I would say, in, in the first few months, uh, I there were a lot of emails. I got a lot of emails, and all of them just amazing. I just couldn't keep up with it, to be honest with you, in the beginning, because I think people are so righteously and dang passionate about this space and uh, you know wanted me to to really appreciate the opportunities for innovation for hiring for talent and also you know where we're good and bad in the products and just uh you know, really curious a lot of curiosity on what's going on with the products and um what's coming up absolutely well, well speaking about hiring uh you you guys have really started to do some really great things around inclusive hiring. You want to talk about that? Yes. It's a massive passion of mine. I, um, I, I'm kind of on borderline nerd level when it comes to employment statistics because I think they're so galling uh, when you have an unemployment rate that's double that for people with disabilities versus not. Um, you know, as, as working in a, a private company, that's a talent pool that people aren't tapping into. Um, and we know that there's some amazing talent out there. Um, and, you know, I've been lucky enough to have some of them join my team. Um, you know, people like Ann Taylor came last year from the NFB. Um, just a lot of just amazing people. So I think it's, it's an, an area of just 
ridiculous opportunity for Microsoft and also every other company in the industry. Uh, we've been doing some specific things, I think, with autism. We've had to ring fence that and approach that one separately due to the nature of autism. Um, and we're, we're pushing very hard on, on hiring people with autism into the company in the right way and supported in the right way. But also generally all disabilities and quite honestly, uh, developers who have experience, knowledge, whether they're a parent advocate or a person with blindness or visual impairment are gold dust to us, just gold dust. Uh, so we try to put everything on a website um, and put all those best practices up there. So if you search on inclusive hiring Microsoft, you will actually pull up our website. And I think we have 50 open roles now with accessibility in the JD. Uh, just talks to some of the momentum happening at Microsoft, I think. That's awesome. Well, the product mm -hmm. groups have been really, really busy on the Windows side and on the Office side. you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think, you know, again, a lot of this work has been something that we've been moving on and really just taping, taking a lot of the feedback from people in the community, which was good and was bad. I mean, it was very, uh, it was a very humbling experience to just face the realism of what our products can or weren't enabling um, if I look back a year ago um, and so we've been learning a lot from that and I think we you know we want to be again humble to the journey ahead but a massive amount of traction is moving forward and I think the key thing is that we're really goaling to be very transparent with those roadmaps so actually in February we published the full year roadmap for Windows and the full year roadmap for Office and specifically Office 365, which is where all of our efforts are going uh, forward, the perpetual license, the cloud, uh, which I know is is scary for some, but it is just a great opportunity for a technology company to be more nimble and quick um, with features and get them out to market. Um, and so each month, Office is releasing new features onto Office 365, and Windows is working incredibly hard on Narrator. Um, that's going to take a while. And, you know, we'll see some updates in the anniversary release, which is coming up this summer of Windows. Um, and uh, if you've played with it, you'll see the performance is significantly better. Uh, some of the comments from our internal blind uh, community is, is like, wow, I can't even keep up with it now, uh, which it definitely wasn't the case six months ago. So it's incremental improvements that will be rolling out over the coming months and a, a big wave of releases coming just a few short weeks after your conference. Yeah, and not only that, but we're also seeing some work done on the developer side of tools to yep. uh, to really make uh, developers, uh, you know, people who want to get into computer science and MIS fields, uh, you know, be able to do that and, and really get engaged with Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you want to make it hard to make things inaccessible. I mean, that's really the goal. You've got to make it hard to make an inaccessible app. And that's not how it's been today. There's so much effort that goes into rendering things accessible. And yet the tooling, whether that's Edge and F12 developer tools um, or, you know, looking at website automation and, and accessibility, there's so much that we can do long term to really drive and, and flick that bit. And in the meantime, really the guidance and um, and making sure that the education is about 3,000 hours of videos now uh, on the office side and a lot coming from the Edge team um, on what's coming through that sort of developer pipeline and product pipeline so that people can really get, get hold of what's going on. And I think the one piece of feedback that I have had is that you know, there has been this increased wave 
of uh, blogs and videos and articles coming out on accessibility from Microsoft, which is totally right and, and connected to our mission. I mean, our mission is to empower people and organizations and the company is really grokking to that. Um, but you know, people were getting, where do I find it? Where do I find it? So if you, if you are curious to get up to date with anything and everything going on, we are making sure that everything we post actually gets either um, hosted from our accessibility blog or is cross-posted. Um, and that's uh, blogs.msdn.microsoft.com, WAC Accessibility, if you want to go and have a gander. Um, and you know, just bookmark that site because that's where we'll be posting everything going forward. Absolutely. And you guys are making quite a presence at our convention this year. You want to talk about that a bit? <laughs> yeah, I'm I am well firstly I have to humbly apologize. I will not be there. Um I'm getting married. And apparently, uh, my, my other half wasn't too comfortable with me moving that to your conference. Um, <laughs> so, you know, forgive me for not being there. But yes, Clint, I'm excited that Clint Covington will be coming. Clint is a principal in office. We now have uh, leaders uh, like Clint, although none are as awesome as Clint, across all of the three engineering teams, as well as uh, on the hiring side, innovation side. We have a, a, you know, it's not just me. There is a really big team here at Microsoft. Um, but Clint has been working alongside me and many others on the partnership with ACB, um, which we see as just, it's a beautiful thing, Jeff, and I'm not just saying that to butter you up. It, it really, really is. It's turned into a, a valuable partnership between Microsoft and ACB where you give us really good technical level feedback. Um, you help us prioritize the bugs and features. You've helped us even with conversations where we've stopped ship. Um, and you, on the basis of your feedback, you're impacting the, the product roadmap. Um, and so we just, we're really, we're really excited to come and talk about that. Um, and Clint will be on stage doing that. And also talking about the, you, just really what's coming through uh, with ACB starting to use more of the Windows uh, and the um, Office platform products um, in coming months and how we're going to use that as another learning opportunity and uh, take that, that feedback back into engineering. So yes, Clint will do an awesome job. He doesn't have a British accent, um, but he is a local um, to where the conference <laughs> is. So he'll, he'll, he's looking forward to it. Oh, we're really looking forward to it too. And we are very honored by the partnership that, that uh, we have developed together. And uh, we're very thankful for you uh, working with us and and we think it's uh, just a great thing going forward. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for, for coming to ACB Radio and talking with all of us. And, you know, game on, right? <laughs> yes, yes, sorry. I, I, I think I started with that. Let's end with that. Game on. Thank you, Jenny. Our mission at Sprint is to provide the highest quality wireless products and services for all of our customers. With our industry-leading devices, we're committed to anticipating the needs of our customers and making our award-winning services accessible to all. We demonstrate that commitment by working with a number of phone manufacturers and vendors to offer wireless services and devices that incorporate helpful, easy-to-use features. And our commitment goes well beyond these points when it comes to accessibility. We want to ensure that our service and devices are easy to use for everyone. We recognize that with vision loss, making calls on a cell phone can be difficult. Sprint is committed to delivering outstanding customer service and user-friendly accessible phones for our customers with vision loss. 
That commitment has driven us to develop a dedicated division to customers who are blind or have low vision. This focused accessibility group is called Sprint Vision. In this podcast, we'll be hearing from three important members of the Sprint Vision team and how their efforts will make using Sprint easier and more accessible than ever before. Kelly Egan is the Customer Relationship Manager for Sprint Vision. She lost her vision over the last few years. Kelly was diagnosed with cone rod dystrophy, a relatively rare eye disease. She was the first in her family to develop this degenerative retinal disease. As a corporate executive, Kelly has been intimately involved with the employment of individuals with disabilities since 1999. Her passion for leveling the playing field for people with disabilities became very real when she lost her sight and became part of the community she had represented for so many years. Her guide dog, Hope, helps her travel the country for Sprint Vision, representing their capabilities to the blind and low vision community. I got involved with Sprint as a contractor about oh a year and a half ago. I started working for Sprint at blind and low vision conferences and trying to, you know, learn with Sprint how to best serve the community. My job is to build this program and develop the program in a way that it serves the community. And my guide dog, Hope, and I travel around and work with various agencies and individuals to make sure we're on the right track. Justin Eddings is a senior user experience designer for Sprint. He spent over a decade creating devices and experiences for a wide variety of people across a diverse selection of objects and interfaces. A graduate of the University of Kansas, Justin has had a large focus on inclusive design and how the overall experience of any product is influenced by the tangible and intangible relationships. I'm a senior user experience designer here at Sprint, and I own the strategy and implementation of accessibility for the product organization. What that means is I work closely with the teams that are creating the objects like the phones and the tablets, uh, the services that we provide, and the applications that we build to ensure that everything is as accessible as possible and that we're creating a positive experience for all of our customers. Marianne Dry is a customer care support team member. She's dedicated to customer care at Sprint for many more years than she will admit. She is at Sprint because she is passionate about supporting connectivity for all customers and providing the best customer experience possible. So I manage the customer service employees And we have the privilege of actually speaking with the customers daily and experiencing what their issues are, and we come up with the resolutions. What makes Sprint Vision unique or special? What makes Sprint unique and special, and especially in the vision area, is that we've taken a look at how do we best serve the blind and low vision community through accessible devices, through affordable plans, and also through great customer service. As a blind individual myself, I know one of the challenges that I deal with is really trying to find someone to help me when I get stuck or when something goes wrong with whether it's a service or my phone or whatever. And Sprint has a dedicated support team to support people who are blind or low vision, and we call that our Visions program. We're the only company that has been in accessibility from the very beginning in mobile. Uh, We've co-authored many standards and and rules that the major 
organizations now use to as enforcement. We've always thought about accessibility from a holistic approach. So uh, in many devices and many companies, you will see pieces of accessibility. Uh, components will be implemented, but ultimately it creates a fractured ineffective experience, we take a step back and look at the holistic experience. How does it start? How does it transition through the middle and how does it end? What pieces are actually necessary to make a product truly accessible? What makes Sprint different is that we know the customer, we have team members that have vision losses and team members that are blind. And I think one of the important things is that we actually go out there and we meet with the customers, we talk with them, we attend different events, and we show that we care and we value them and that their experience with Sprint is going to be very positive. Why is Sprint interested in the blind and low vision community? It is a large community that can become anyone at any time. And we just feel like it's important to be accessible to all people, whether it be blind, low vision, deaf, hard of hearing, people who have no disability, people who are mobility challenged, et cetera. So we feel it's really critical to provide accessibility and communication and connection and independence for all. At Sprint, we believe that everybody should have the same experience. And it really comes down to the tools that you use to engage that experience. We are interested in these communities because they are a, a very technologically astute, very aware community that, that really is looking for a better deal. Uh, they want positive choice. They want the ability to live life on their terms. And we feel that we can enable that very easily with the products and services that we sell. How did you get involved in this program? I've kind of always done accessibility work. Some of the very earliest products that I made were, were heavily focused on accessibility, uh, so it's been something that I kind of naturally fell to. But personally, uh, I have two sons with learning disabilities, and it is my hope that by being able to do good work in accessibility, someone else will be empowered to do good work for my sons. My education background is with um, social services. So I've always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to work with people that I could help and make a difference to. So that this just kind of has led the way into uh, working for Sprint and knowing that there's other people that care and we want to do the right thing is just an added bonus. Tell us about your personal commitment to the blind low vision community. So if you have a vision loss or are blind, the goal for me is to help you remain independent. So Sprint has the ability to print bills and larger prints. We have features on the phone that make using the device easier for you. And we recognize what those needs are and we will go above and beyond to support you. Just give us a call. Blindness as low vision suffers from any sort of difference in the way that you see the world. I want you to come to Sprint because there are people like me in an organization behind me, hundreds of people that care that are fighting and working and solving every single day 
to ensure that you have the best experience you possibly can have. Uh, that may be in the way of a, a cheaper plan that's targeted specifically to how you use your phone so you don't have extra things you don't need. It might be working with the manufacturer of a phone to help them understand how, how something new and really exciting that they're creating can benefit your community or the way that they built it might cause problems. We are, are working every single day to ensure that, that we are building the best product that you can possibly buy and that you will enjoy using it on our network as long as you want. Thanks for listening to this. If you are blind or low vision, I would love to talk to you. If you have any problems, any struggles, and if you have any great stories, I'd love to talk to you to share them with others. So I would appreciate any communication coming from you to me. Um, I'm here to help you. If you want to connect directly with me, please email me at my personal email address, which is Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, dot Egan, E-G-A-N, at Sprint.com. Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from you. On behalf of Sprint and Sprint Vision, we thank you very much for listening to our podcast. We trust it's shown you our heart and our commitment to people who are blind or have low vision and making connecting with others easier than ever with Sprint service and mobile devices. Sprint is active in teaming with app developers to create applications designed to accommodate the accessibility needs of people who cannot effectively read print on smartphones because of visual, physical, perceptual, developmental, cognitive, or learning disabilities. To learn more about Sprint Vision and accessibility devices, go to Sprint.com slash vision. That's Sprint.com slash vision. To buy now, call 1-866-588-5814. That's 1-866-588-5814. Or for Sprint Vision customer service, call 855-885-7568. Again, for Sprint Vision customer service, call 855-885-7568. And our email is sprintaccessibility at sprint.com. And thank you again for listening. All right. We got about six minutes left before Kim is due to reconvene today's general session. Don't forget tonight we'll be streaming the banquet on both ACB Radio Mainstream and Live Event. There promises to be good entertainment there. Of course, for those that are there, plenty of eating. And we've got all kinds of things. And after the banquet, that'll conclude all the live broadcasting for this year's convention. And we've enjoyed bringing it to you. We hope you enjoyed the coverage. Got more workshops to prep, and we're going to have the convention roundup on mainstream. Uh, we'll have all the general sessions plus the candidates forum and the banquet. Uh, Friends and Arts currently replaying on ACB Radio Cafe. On ACB Radio Live event, we will get more workshops loaded, and we'll be updating the ACB events podcast feed. Uh, many of you have emailed uh, great compliments on the ACB events feed. I'm glad uh, you enjoy it. If you haven't subscribed yet, the URL is http colon slash slash acbradio.org slash acb dash events dot xml. That's the feed. You could, that's the URL to the feed. 
and you can get it with any podcatcher. It's also in iTunes, so you can search for ACB events in uh, iTunes. And um, HumanWare has updated their database, so it should be showing up in your Victor Stream if you're using a Victor Stream to subscribe to your favorite podcast. Okay, a little less than four minutes, so I'm going to bring up the house, and Kim will be on shortly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Stop that. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Oh, it's a, an accumulation of it's, the whole week. It's not executive life here. Behavior to yell. You make the rest of us start. <laughs> <tired. laughs> you must be on at all times. Stop. All right. When the door prize people come back, we'll have a door prize or two. And <laughs> I know we don't. <laughs> They're not here. But when they come back, we'll do some door prizes. Thank you to all of you for getting back. I know the lines were long and still are a bit. <laughs> So we are going to reconvene and we are going to do a resolution in order to let the folks who are in line hopefully get back in here soon. Um, we need a, the mic for our resolutions chair. Okay. It's, keep talking. Yeah. Hello. Let's, there you are. Let's get it on. It's a whole different thing entirely. All right. Why don't we? This will be a fun one since people are kind of settling in. This uh, this resolution, if it's there, yes. This resolution is about food. Oh. Seems entirely appropriate, don't you think? Did y'all get something? Are y'all crabby? <laughs> oh, just stop that now. That's terrible. Put a smile on your face. Whereas, whereas, whereas many fast food restaurants and other entities are beginning to deploy fully automated devices for dispensing food and drinks. And whereas most such devices utilize touch screens, which have no accessibility built into their design. And whereas, since many of these locations are parts of large chains, including McDonald's and Wendy's, which clearly means that they have sufficient funds to undertake creating accessible platforms. And whereas some of these devices can be accessed remotely using apps uh, operable on smartphones. And whereas at present 
These applications are also inaccessible. And whereas the Coca-Cola company is also utilizing uh, kiosks and applications which allow more than 100 flavors of drink ooh, to be produced by a totally inaccessible machine known as freestyle. And whereas the, uh, oh dear, uh, whereas the emergence of this plethora of new vending machines that use to totally inaccessible interfaces suggests that it will soon be very difficult for people who are blind or who have low vision to receive services comparable to those available to other members of the public. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization believes it is urgent to immediately challenge this new technology to include accessibility elements. And be it further resolved that uh, this organization believes that it is insufficient to make just the application accessible and that both the touchscreen kiosk and the app should be independently usable by people who are blind or who have low vision. And be it further resolved that this organization instructs its leadership to make contact with these companies and with uh, associations in the food industry so that standards may be developed and implemented as this new generation of automated uh, kiosks is rolled out. And be it further resolved that the leadership of this organization is hereby instructed to communicate to such companies and associations with uh, our membership. Uh, excuse me, that our membership is perfectly prepared to take such action as may be necessary, either through structured negotiation or in a court of law to prevent the widespread adoption of an inaccessible kiosk system. And be it further resolved that the American Council of the Blind remains prepared to work collaboratively with companies uh, in, interested in developing accessible interfaces for automated kiosks and will use its good offices to promote the adoption of such an accessible system. We recommend a do-pass, yeah, you betcha. All right. A motion has been made and seconded to adopt this resolution. Are, is there any discussion? Uh, Madam Chair. Please identify yourself. Jim Denham from Watertown. Jim Denham from Watertown, <coughs> my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just like to ask the chair if he would consider a friendly amendment to strike uh, McDonald's um, from the whereas clause because I attended a presentation at the CSUN conference uh, earlier this year in which the director of accessibility for McDonald's um, did make a presentation and said they are in the process of developing accessible kiosks and they're very much aware of accessibility and they're very proactive in, in trying to roll these things out as quickly as they can. So I don't really think we want to condemn McDonald's in this resolution. M Madam yes. Chair, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Okay. I, I don't think the committee the, members would either. The, um, 
the committee doesn't have a problem with that, given that um, you have firsthand experience with the corporation and their, and their involvement with accessibility. Thank you. All right. Any other discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor of the resolution say yum. <laughs> those opposed say no. <laughs> the resolution is adopted. Thank you. No door Marjorie Beeman, I'll recognize her. She gets the mic will come on for her. Resolution passed, but I didn't get uh, my mic didn't come on. But anyway, I wanted to say this is a great resolution because in our city, I've gone to every one of the places that they have those kiosks. I have complained. I've sent to the company and even to the company that makes the machines. And they are aware and more people do this. I think this will happen sooner than we think it will, and I hope so, because oh. they're also very unhealthy right. and very germy. Madam President, well, this is Mark. Mar I just wanted to say that we, we actually did consider a resolution about genetically cloning Marjorie Beeman to be able to label everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marjorie, I think that um, our executive director and director of advocacy would love to get some detail on who you've talked to and what you know and all that good information you have. So they'll be reaching out to you for that. Thank you. The door prize ladies, are you back? They're back. They're getting settled. Trying to. Oh my God, those lines are She was at an inaccessible kiosk. No, she wasn't. She's fine. She's fine. Okay. We're almost ready for a couple door prizes. Yep. <laughs> Someone's asking for the floor from the mic by the Washington mic. Oh, okay. On the Are you, are you at a mic? Yes, I am. Oh, okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, but, but it wasn't working. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Renee uh, Zellickson. Can I just ask a question? Um, and this might not be appropriate for this resolution, but could, since we're dealing with food, uh, I know that um, the blind vendors have, they, they, well, they have worked at least with me, the ones that I've dealt with, in providing... Uh, me with a for sure place if I want a particular item they'll keep uniformity in number but couldn't there be something in this resolution to deal with vending machines itself that they that they can be Mark? I don't have anything to say to that well okay. if, it, if there was a resolution yep. about it in that past I, I'm well, not aware well, of it I, I do believe we have resolutions on record working about accessibility, and we do work with RSVA and continue and want to do that. Um, this is pretty specific language to a specific type of emerging technology in the food service industry. So we will be working a in a little more focused way on this issue and certainly engaging RSVA to help us with their contacts and their experience. So, thank you. 
All right, are we ready for a door prize? Are the door prize ladies ready for I'm a door ready. prize? I'm ready. We okay. have a nice big four and a half pound of Ike and Mike candy by Minnesota. Ooh. Okay, and it's Barry Sure from South Carolina. He's not, he's just, not here. He's <laughs> All right, let's try someone else. Shirley Roberts from Ohio. Shirley, are you here? Shirley, Stand up, jump up and hand. down. Are you here? She is here. Okay. Shirley's here. Thank you. Did you want another one, Madam President? She. Oh, we haven't spotted Shirley. If she's here, she needs to wave her hands around. No, she needs to be here. Oh. <laughs> So we called Shirley's name, but if Shirley's not in the room, I'm sorry. Oh, she's coming in. She's waving. She she is walking, literally walking through the door. She's lucky. Is she here? Okay. Yes. The volunteers have spotted Shirley. I have uh, three affidavits and two declarations that it is Shirley. So... (laughs) All right. Can we have another door prize? We have a, um, a knitted cap and a knitted uh, doily from ACP Diabetes. Harlow Peace from Washington, D.C. Harlow Peace. Not here, apparently. Harlow Peace. Ron Aachen. Gone. Okay. Oh. Rhonda Nelson from Washington. No. She's from Washington, but she's not here. (laughs) Is she in the room? No. Okay. (laughs) Amy Monte from Ohio. Is she here? Hawaii. Amy, are you here? Amy Monte. Monte. She is here. All right. From... Congratulations. Ma- She's over by Hawaii, I think. All right. We'll have, we'll have some more door prizes in a little bit. We are going to return to our election process. All right. Karen Campbell at a mic. Keep talking, Karen. Karen Campbell. Okay, go ahead. Um, I just want to ask what the procedure is for people at the end of the session who need to turn in assistive listening devices and they will not be attending the banquet. I would defer to uh, Rick Moran to answer that question. Is he here? Or Lane? Yes. Okay. What to do with your assisted listening device at the end of the afternoon session if you will not be at the banquet? That's correct. That's the question so everyone knows. Thank you. Karen, this is Lane. Um, There is a piano over on the left hand, well, be your right of the stage. I'll be over in that general direction, over by the sound area, and I can take it in for you. Okay, I will be at the banquet tonight, but I just wanted to ask yep. 
prefer those that will not be. Yep, so as soon as we're done here, you can turn it in. To, it'll be to your right of the stage. Thank you very much. Wayne, will that take care of their deposit, too? And will that take care of their deposit? And your deposit okay. will be returned. So, All right. We will now proceed to election for the Board of Publications positions. The first position for Board of Publications, the nominating committee put into nomination the name of Doug Powell from Virginia. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Any other nominations from the floor? Any other nominations from the floor? She's, being, she's asking for it. Someone's asking for the Katie floor. Katie Frederick. Um, yeah. I have a point of order question. Point can of you, order. Can you please um, restate the BOP regulations for uh, people per state on the BOP? Yes. You can have one representative from a state for elected or appointed. So right now there are two appointed people. One's from Arizona and one's from California. The others we don't have yet. So those two states cannot have anyone else run for the Board of Publications. Okay? Thank you. I will ask one more time, are there any other nominations from the floor? Hearing none, motion's been made to cease nominations and to, and to um, cast a, a ballot, a unanimous ballot, for Doug Powell. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Congratulations, Doug. Yes. So you're on. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you all for uh, continuing to support me at the, in the Board of Publications. I will continue over the next two years to uh, try to make sure that uh, everybody uh, uh, has the same access to information and also that the communications that go out represent uh, all uh, you know, the, the diversity of this organization. Thank you very, very much. Oh, and, uh, please, please, if you have questions or concerns, uh, I've always been open to them, and, and I continue to be open uh, to hearing what, what, what's wanted and needed. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. So we now go to our second position on the Board of Publications. There is no nomination from the committee. The floor is now open for nominations for a Board of Publications seat. There is someone asking for a mic. Sue Amateur. Sue Amateur is recognized. Madam Chair, I rise this afternoon to place the name of Deb Cook Lewis from Washington State. Deb is employed with the Center on Technology and Disability Studies as a program manager at the University of Washington in Seattle. Thank you. Thank you. Deb Cook Lewis has been, her name has been placed into nomination. I hear someone calling for the floor on the, on the far right. Spoon. Leslie Spoon. Uh, Leslie Spoon. I would like to nominate Fred Schreiger. Fred Schreiger has yes. been nominated. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Spell Fred's last name for me. Please spell Fred's last name. And please tell us 
what Fred does and where he's from. Fred is from New York. Spell his name. S-C-A. Oh, you got it. That's good. (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) And Fred is retired? Uh, He's a retired racehorse owner. Okay. All right. Shigert. All right. Um, Deb and Fred, you should be at Mike's. Deb Cook-Lewis, who will be speaking on your behalf? Uh, Speaking on my behalf will be uh, Debbie Hazelton and Sue Amateur in that order. Debbie Hazelton and who, I'm sorry? Sue Amateur. Sue Amateur, thank you. All right. Is our... Yes? I was wondering that myself, actually. (laughs) All right. Let me ask one more time. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Hearing none, nominations will be closed, and we will proceed to hear speeches first for Deb Cook-Lewis. Deb, who will be giving your speeches? Oh, you told me that. It's getting to be a long day. All right, I'm going to recognize Debbie Hazelton. You have five minutes between the two of you, and I'll give you um, a a two-and-a-half-minute warning. Thank you. It is my honor and privilege with great excitement to encourage you to vote for Deb Cook-Lewis. I, when I heard the other day of her interest in running, I was, I have been ecstatic. Deb, I've known for the last nine years when I came to ACB Radio and learned of her, first, her technical savviness. Deb is quite quite good at all aspects of the technical things that she's doing, but Deb is a highly seasoned, sophisticated, professional woman. She is a taskmaster. She is organized. She is diplomatic with people. She is extraordinarily efficient with her time management, with management of tasks. She is ethical just above all kinds of ethicalness that you could even imagine. Deb is not the kind that is going to go into gossip or drama or any of those kinds of behavior. She is going to respect the, uh, both the people and the projects with which she is engaged. Uh, she is analytical. She sees a big picture and then moves to detail with just just class A proficiency. I highly recommend Deb Lewis, and I hope that we need new blood in this organization, and Deb is one who I could see rising to many other aspects of leadership if you give her a chance on this board. I really, really am excited that she is up for this. Thank you. Thank you. Sue Amateur, you have approximately three minutes. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I rise to speak on behalf of my friend, Deb Cook-Lewis. I've known Deb for almost 40 years, and I have seen her grow both professionally, grow in this organization, and grow in what she's willing to take on as a challenge. Professionally, I'm probably going to forget some of these, but she has been uh, a rehab teacher, 
a vocational rehabilitation counselor, and now she works for the Center on Technology and Disability Studies. Not only does she oversee the Independent Living Older Blind program, she works in the deaf-blind um, area, and she is staffed to the State Rehabilitation Council. Whenever I have a question about rehabilitation or the regs or how to apply things governmentally, I can call Deb and she can explain it to me, sometimes more than once. Um, and she'll probably go home and read WIOA, which I commend her for, or maybe on the way home. Um, but along with the professional things that she does and her work on ACB and, and the radio station that she and Rick have the ride, which is great. Um, she also has been willing to step up to the plate a couple plate a couple of times and take on managing the treasury of WCB, um, and that is a task that she took on. She's very um, organized about it. Our budget will will have to follow those line items, believe you me, and the money will be will be categorized and spent. Uh, as it should be, and the reports that we get will follow budget items. Deb's not afraid of a challenge. She just took on, as I say, our treasury. Some work had to be done to clean some things up, and it's, and it's getting done. She also participates on our board. We're getting ready to do uh, some board training. I know we can count on Deb. And I was impressed with one other thing. She had not ever come to WCB's leadership training. Um, and she came la last spring, and she sat there and she thought, you know, maybe when I retire, I'll get elected treasurer or something. We came up to her, Cindy did, and said, Deb, we need you now. And she thought about it. She said, you know, I just got a, took advantage of leadership training and learned, even though I'd rather seconds. wait, I will take on the challenge of treasurer. She did it, um, and we love and appreciate Deb for the work that she does, and I can tell you that she will bring the same commitment to ACB. A vote for Deb is a, a vote for someone who is committed and caring and who will get the job done. So please join me in voting for Deb Cook-Lewis, someone that you will get to know well. Thank you. Fred, who will be making presentations on be your behalf? Okay. Um Leslie Spoon and uh, uh, and Sarah Conrad. Okay. All right. So, um, Leslie Spoon, are you at a mic? I am. All right. So, We've reset the clock. Go ahead. I would like to, to tell you a little bit about Fred Scheiger. He's a wonderful man. He has been involved in CCLVI for many years. He has a very wonderful heart and compassion. I haven't known him long, but what I have known of him, he has come through for CCLVI. He ha his passion is with students. We have three wonderful scholarships in his name, which is wonderful. He even last year brought our other three scholarships that, were, that was not able to come to convention due to see some issues with our website. He is passionate. Is very, he's de devoted to young people, wants to see young people really in involved in ACB and CCLVI. I think he would be bring wonderful additions to the BOP because of the CCLVI and the low vision and the guidelines. I, on, I hope that you can consider Fred 
for the BOP. Thank you so much. All right. Okay, there's Sarah Conrad. You have four minutes left. Okay. Good afternoon. Um, Fred has been involved with CCLVI and ACB for many years. Um, he's very supportive of youth, as, as Leslie pointed out. Um, he has donated um, both money and time to the scholarship um, that CCLVI funds in his name. Um, I had the opportunity to um, meet Fred over the phone as a um, potential scholarship winner for the first time uh, this past year. And um, I realized how engaged um, Fred was with students. Um, he really had um, uh, expressed a heart for diversity and showed that he really um, cared about the membership of ACB. He really has a heart for everyone in this organization. And here at convention, when I got to meet Fred um, for the first time, um, I noticed that he was always present at all of the CCLVI events. Um, whether he had a leadership role or not, he always wanted to be engaged with the affiliate. He always cared about um, the affiliate and how, um, and how everyone was experiencing the various events. He has always been present at general session. He's very engaged with ACB and the topics that are important in the blindness community. He's eager to learn and eager to serve. I also had the opportunity to listen to Fred at the BOP Candidates Forum and was impressed by his willingness to, um, to run for this position and to jump in to fill this need in leadership. I've noticed some particular strengths that help make Fred a good candidate for BOP. First of all, it's his kindness. Um, he cares so much about our membership. Second is his inclusiveness. Fred cares about all members of diversity, something that all leaders should have. Third is that he's committed. He's always present, he's always on time, and he will make a great leader because of his commitment to ACB and its members. Fourth, he's engaged with ACB and its members and is willing to learn and grow in order to serve the organization. And finally, his passion for members, particularly members of all ages, um, is very important to help in his leadership. It's been an honor to know Fred, and ACB would be lucky to have him in this leadership role on the BOP. Thank you. Thank you. All right. It is now time for ballots to be distributed. So we... Um, Ask for your patience because we have a few less volunteers than we had previously. So our volunteers will um, be distributing the ballots. And while they're doing that, we are going to have another resolution. Oh, yes. We also need to close the doors now that we're conducting the individual vote. Ladies and gentlemen, the microphone is on, and we are back, and this resolution is about... Could I... Could, Mark? Oh, 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 sorry. One sorry. Let me make a quick announcement. Uh, can we, we need to shut the doors. We're working on that. And we lost our other volunteers, our younger volunteers, so if there are any sighted folks in the room that could help us out in <laughs> distributing the ballots, we would appreciate it. Okay.
thank you for volunteering. We appreciate your support. All right. Um, go ahead, Mark. Thank you. This resolution is about Facebook and description. Whereas Facebook is a popular social media platform intended for use by everyone. And whereas people who post on Facebook will often post photo, uh, photographs and whereas persons who are blind or who are visually impaired do not have the pleasure of enjoying the photographs posted. And whereas Facebook launched an automated picture recognition tool for implementing description of pictures. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization ask Facebook to refine its automated picture description mechanism to create descriptions which contain specific details of pictorial elements. And be it further resolved that this organization strongly encourages Facebook to develop a mechanism to promote Facebook members who post pictures to attach uh, accompanying descriptions. And that is that, and we recommend a do pass. All right. So we've, we have a motion to adopt this resolution. Is there any discussion? All right. There sounds like there's some discussion. Yes, Penny Verity. Ooh, Penny yes. Verity from Tennessee. I was just curious, um, is there any way we could work in, and maybe it's just me, but I get really irritated with this automated text thing. Can we be? Can we include that in there too? I don't. I didn't, I, I I'm understand. not sure what you're referencing. Okay, a lot of times you have on there with with the picture, or sometimes when people post things, it'll go automated text, and it doesn't read it to you, mm. or at least if it does, I don't know how to make it read it. Okay, it'll just say automated text. Well, I, I'm not too familiar with that, but I think this resolution is specific to, Just the, to the picture, to, to the photo, um, the photo descriptions okay. Okay. for well, Facebook just, pictures. Okay, I just wondered if we could make so it. If there's so. someone who would have additional information they'd like to add. Okay, maybe I'm and crazy, but all right. <laughs> so I have. I, I'd like to recognize Michael Byington, who's a member of Wait. the Resolutions Committee, to add any information I'm he might the author, have. Michael. I'm certainly not taking a position as to whether it's germane to add to this resolution. I'll defer to the chair on that. But to explain the lady's point, Facebook does have construction capabilities for people to make up posters that say all kinds of witty things, and some of them are are, are constructed in a way that it is not actually text, but something which I know we used to call the graphical user interface, where the uh, automated <laughs> system cannot read the poster. However, Facebook, in its definitions of the various types of things that one can, can post, calls those uh, devices or those, those things photographs. And if you post a poster like that that says something, it will say, so-and-so shared a photograph. So, in talking about photographs and encouraging people 
to include text of what the photograph is about, that would certainly cover no. providing the text that is on those poster-type no. devices, which Facebook defines as a photograph. No. Matt. Madam Chair, okay. Um, please hold one second. Um, does everyone have a ballot? If you do not have a ballot, raise your hand. Got a couple? I think we've got everybody. Someone's coming. Are we good? Almost. Somebody was way in the back. <clears throat> All right. Just Madam Chair. One more time. Does um, everyone have a ballot? If you do not have a ballot, you need to raise your hand so that the volunteers can see you. Does anyone not have a ballot? Raise hands if you do not have a ballot. That doesn't happen that much. Okay. We think we've given a ballot to everyone. Is that correct? Everyone has a ballot? All right. All right. Madam Chair. I am assuming that everyone has a ballot, and I want to finish the discussion on the resolution before we proceed to vote. Yes. So I recognize Madam the Chair, this is Judy line. Jackson, and I was the author of this resolution, so I'd like to just add something. Um, what Penny from Tennessee is saying is right. There are times where there are pictures that have text with the picture, not the description, but like somebody will post something and it's got something added to the photograph. And we would like those things as well. Now, Mark, you may be able to add even more, but I understand what Penny's saying. And um, I, I, in, the intent of my resolution was to include that kind of thing as well. So, uh, Madam Chair? Yes, go ahead. So, I, I, you know, based on what Michael is saying, I think the term photograph certainly has, might have a technical meaning in this sense, and it could be broad enough. Why don't we just do this? Why don't we simply say photographs and other visual media, something like that? And, uh, and it seems like that would be inclusive. Remember the, how these resolutions are going to be used. Beautiful, This, Mark. this thing is going to be, uh, you know, uh, communicated directly to Facebook, but it's not just going into, uh, you know, a black hole. Obviously, the staff and national office are going to be carrying that message forward, so those kind of details can be fleshed out. But when we uh, go back uh, through these and edit it, we'll make sure that it's photographs and other visual uh, media so that all will be that described. Works. Yeah, that works. All right, and we'll probably be talking to Instagram, too, later. All right, any further discussion on the resolution? All right. Say something, and we can this, uh, okay. go ahead and identify yourself. Yeah, this is uh, Eric from uh, Seattle here. I want to make a comment about the... How the, the how it actually works as far as uh, the it how how as far as it works as far as description here. So what you so what you're there's two ways we could actually deal with this. You could either compel uh, now Facebook could either compel the uh, the uh, when you when you actually upload well, when you actually post an image, you could be required to include include text with with the image. Uh, now that could be that could be voluntary, or we could, or as far as the uh, uh, as far as the as far as the OCR is concerned, if you're actually asking to have further uh, elements be described, there are actually there are actually limits in 
what can actually be described. Because what you're actually asking, asking computers to do is, you're asking computers to actually recognize images, which, which, by, which now is a very hard problem. Because to, to computers, images are basically a bunch of pixels. Okay, they don't, recognize, they, they don't recognize images like we do. Now, I don't know what is actually going on as far as in, in private industry, as far as, uh, as, as far as algorithms, which are probably proprietary, but as far as what is known to us, image recognition is still a very hard problem. Just want to let, the, let everybody know in the public here how things are actually done. So, that, okay. so this may actually uh, impact how this, this uh, uh, resolution is being done here. All right. I think we'll, um, the, those engaged in implementing the resolution will certainly take that into consideration. All right. Um, there's no further discussion. All those in favor of the resolution signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? The motion is adopted. The resolution is adopted. All right. Now I'm ready to deliver instructions on how to cast your ballot for the Board of Publications seat to vote for Deb Cook-Lewis. You remove one corner to, re to vote for Shre Fred Schreigert. You vote, remove two corners. All right, I'll repeat that. Um, Deb Cook-Lewis, remove one corner. Fred Schreigert, remove two corners from your ballot. So. Please proceed to cast your vote, and they will now be collecting your ballots. And let's have a door prize. Okay, I have a very lovely pair of earrings with a necklace, chart shaped. It's very lovely. Donated by ACB Diabetics in action. Okay. James McIntosh from Washington. Oh, how appropriate. Are you here? Awesome. Thank you. All right. I can't think of a great, better name for somebody from Washington State than McIntosh. He must be a member of the Chamber of Commerce or something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, can we do another one, ladies? Another door prize. We have another very lovely necklace. I wonder where to get these. They are awfully pretty. And from the American Council of Diabetics. Let's see. Around and around it goes. <laughs> Bunny Maginus. Gone. Oh. Gone. Oh. Try again. Elena Lieberg. Yay. Is she here? She's not here. Oh. Let's try again. Nathan Codler from Pennsylvania. I don't think Are he's you here? here. Nathan? Nope. I don't think so. Try again. Cynthia June? No. From Texas. Cynthia Jones from where? Texas. Texas? Texas. Are you here? Raise She's your waving hand. her hand. All right. That's very good. 
All right, congratulations. All right, we're ready for another resolution. Pardon? Thank you. All right. And I may pause you to <laughs> She may pause me, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I sit in rapt uh, anticipation of that eventuality. This uh, resolution is about the Freedom Scientific and A-Square merger. Whereas a robust set of accessible technology has great benefit to the community of people who are blind or visually impaired. Can we listen, please? And whereas the various programs, whereas various programs such as JAWS for Windows, Window Eyes, NVDA, Magic, Zoom Text, and so many others have each, in their own way, strengthened the uh, capacity of each each in their own way have strengthened the capacity of blind people to interact with the technological world with which they must engage. And whereas there has been a large bee apparently buzzing around to the microphone. Wow. Whereas there has been a recent implosion in the field uh, of adaptive technology with the mergers of AI Square and Freedom Scientific. And whereas it is highly unlikely that alternative screen readers and, and magnifiers excuse me, will continue to exist under a single corporate umbrella. Uh, and whereas this poses a grave danger to the freedom of choice among blind consumers and, uh, of, and of creativity and innovation in the field. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization directs the appropriate staff and committees within ACB uh, to, whoops, to explore immediately the possibility of lodging a protest regarding this merger with the Federal Trade Commission and other appropriate governmental bodies to protect people who are blind or visually impaired against, whoop, there we go, against a monopolistic takeover of the technology which so directly affects our daily lives and livelihood. Now, Madam President and folk, uh, the committee debated this quite a bit uh, and ultimately decided to recommend a do, pass, uh, a do not pass, uh, which means in this particular instance, uh, we do not have a, rec a, a motion uh, to put before you. Essentially, we're saying to the group, uh, the committee was not able to come to consensus on what we wanted to do, and rather than simply not making a recommendation, indeed, there was a sufficient number of folk on the committee uh, who had some concerns about moving forward with a resolution like this. Um, the, and so therefore, I've read the resolution to you, uh, which is what we are uh, expected to do under our rules. And uh, Madam President, I uh, turn the floor back over to you. All right. I understand the situation. I'm going to put that on hold for one second. And I'm going to ask if everyone's ballot has been collected. If not, please raise your hand with your ballot in it, and we can see how... How we did. All right. 
the, the consensus is all ballots have been collected. So we can open the doors, let people in. Um, all, all ballots have been collected. Okay. All right. So um, I... Yes. Yes. Um, I, I would like to proceed with the roll call vote on the election, but, but I will recognize, I will recognize Chris, Gray. Chris Gray. Okay, thank you. I won't speak too long. I'm actually the author of the resolution, and I think I said all I needed to say in the resolution. However, there, there, I understand the reticence of the resolutions committee because what I'm proposing in the resolution is a little bit vague. I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a person who's well-versed in federal trade right. issues, but I am versed in what we need as blind people, and we need the kind of things that I talked about in the resolution. Therefore, Madam President, I move the adoption of the resolution. All right. So a motion has been made to adopt the resolution. Is there a second? Okay. All right. All right. Um, I am going to proceed to finish the election. Oh, okay. So we have a motion on the floor for the resolution. We're going to put that over and hold that while we conduct our roll call votes so we can finish the first, this, this election process for Board of Publications. Is everybody good? Okay. All right. Mr. Secretary, we're ready to call the roll. He is, there we go. He is, I was going to say he's ready as soon as his mic comes on. Okay. Alabama. Six votes. Alabama cast it six votes for Lewis. Six, Lewis. Um, Alaska, 11 votes. Alaska, 11 votes for Freddie. Uh, 11 votes who? Fred Shigert. Shigert? 11, Shigert. Uh, Arizona, two votes. Arizona votes two, Lewis. To Lewis. Arkansas, three votes. Arkansas. Come on, folks. Three, Lewis. Okay. Three, Lewis. Um, California, 25 votes. 25 votes, Lewis. 25, Lewis. Um, Connecticut, one vote. Connecticut, one vote, Lewis. One, Lewis. Uh, Delaware, one vote. Delaware, one vote, Lewis. Um, one, Lewis. And by the way, why am, if, if, you, if you think I'm a little slow getting these affiliates out, my braille display doesn't refresh as fast as I talk, so <laughs> that's what the deal is there. D.C., two votes. D.C., one and a half vote for Cook and a half vote for... Um, 1.5 Lewis, 0.5 Shigert. Florida, 24. Florida, 12 votes Shigert, 12 votes Lewis. 12 Lewis, 12 Shigert. Um, Georgia, 7 votes. Georgia cast all 7 votes for Fred Shigert. Okay, 7 Shigert. Hawaii, 3 votes. Hawaii cast all 3 votes for Lewis. Three, Lewis. 
Illinois, four votes. Illinois cast four votes for Lewis. For Lewis. Indiana, nine votes. Indiana cast nine votes, Lewis. Nine, Lewis. Iowa, four votes. Iowa cast three, Lewis, one, Shriver. Three, Lewis, one, Shigert. Kansas, four votes. Kansas cast three votes, Shigert, one vote, Lewis. Three, one, Lewis, three, Shigert. Bluegrass, five votes. Four votes, Lewis, one vote, Shigert. Four, Lewis, one, Shigert. Kentucky, 13 votes. Three, Shigert, 10, Lewis. Um, 10, Lewis, three, Shigert. Um, Louisiana, Louisiana, five votes. Louisiana, two, Lewis, three, Shigert. Two, Lewis, three, Shigert. Um, Maine, two votes. One, Shigert, one, Lewis. One, Lewis, one, Shigert. Maryland, um, three, Maryland three cast, votes. Oh, I'm sorry. Maryland cast three votes, Lewis. Three, Lewis. Um, Bay State, seven votes. Bay State, seven votes, Lewis. Seven, Lewis. Um, Michigan, seven votes. Michigan, five votes, Shigert, two votes, Lewis. Two, Lewis, five, Shigert. Minnesota, um, three votes. ACB of Minnesota, three votes. Okay, Minnesota casts all votes, Lewis. Okay, three, Lewis. Okay, Mississippi. Mississippi casts five, five votes. Mississippi casts five votes, Lewis. Five, Lewis. Missouri, 25. Missouri cast 25 votes for Deb Lewis. 25, Lewis. Um, down Montana. Oh, that's right. I said I wasn't going to call them. Sorry. Mm. Nebraska, one vote. Nebraska going with a majority, one vote for Shiger. Okay. One, Shiger. Uh, New Mexico, one vote. New Mexico. One vote, Lewis. One, Lewis. Uh, New York, um, get your vote total hit. Eight votes. Six, Lewis, two, Shigert. Six, Lewis, two, Shigert. North Carolina, um, six votes. Six, North Carolina, six for Lewis. Uh, six, Lewis, is that correct? Six, Lewis. Uh, North Dakota, uh, uh, you got six votes. North Dakota, four, Lewis, two, Shigert. Uh, you weren't quite on the mic, but I think I got it. Four, Lewis, two, Shigert. Correct. Thank you very much. Ohio, nine votes. Ohio casts its votes. Two for Lewis, seven for Shigert. Um, two, Lewis. Seven Shiger, is that correct? Thank you very much. Um, Oklahoma, 20 votes. Oklahoma casts 
15 for Lewis and 5 for Scheiger. Uh, 15 Lewis, 5 Scheiger. Um, Oregon, 6 votes. Oregon is 5 for Lewis, 1 for Scheiger. Um, was that 5 Lewis, 1 Scheiger? Yes, sir. Is that correct? Yes, it was. Are you saying that's correct? Okay, okay, I got it. Okay, five, Lewis, one, Shiger. You've got to get up on these microphones, guys. Um, six, Pennsylvania, 16. Pennsylvania casts 16 votes for Lewis. 16, Lewis. Um, South Carolina, one vote. South Carolina, one, Shigert. One, Shigert. Make sure I get things into the right columns here. South Dakota, Three votes. South Dakota cast three votes, Lewis. Three, Lewis. Tennessee, Ten- seven votes. Tennessee casts five votes, Lewis, two, Shigert. Okay, five, Lewis, two, Shigert. ACB of Texas, 14 votes. ACB of Texas, 10.5, Lewis, 3.5, Shigert. Uh, 10.5 Lewis, 3.5 Shigert. Make sure I got that number right. Good. All right. Utah, 22 votes. Utah's 22 votes, Lewis. 22 Lewis. Um, Old Dominion, two Old votes. Old Dominion, 1.5 Lewis, 0.5 Shigert. 1.5 Lewis, 0.5 Shigert. All right. Washington. Washington. All 16 Lewis. Sorry. 16 Lewis. Mountain State. Two votes. Mountain State. Two votes Lewis. Two Lewis. Wisconsin. Two votes. She's here. Okay. Um, Two votes Lewis. Two Lewis. Wyoming. Wyoming. Uh, Two votes. Yeah, two votes. One Lewis, one Schneider. One Lewis, one Scheigert. Moving down to special interest affiliates. AAVL, one vote. AAVL, one vote, Lewis. One Lewis. Okay. Attorneys, two votes. Two votes, Lewis. Two Lewis. Um, Diabetics, one vote. There's Diabetics, a, one vote for Shiger. Okay. One Shigert. Um, families, two votes. ACB Families casts two votes, Lewis. Two, Lewis. Thank you. Um, government employees, one vote. Government employees, one vote, Lewis. One, Lewis. Thank you. Um, Lions, two votes. ACB Lions casts one vote, Lewis, one vote, Shigert. One Lewis, one Shigert. Um, radio Amateurs, one vote. I'm looking. <laughs> radio Amateurs, one vote, Lewis. One Lewis. You, you, you found it and you gave me the vote. One Lewis, thank you. Students, one vote. Okay, put the books down and give me your vote, students. 
ACB students, one vote. And for a third and final time, ACB students, one vote. So we're going to move on. Um, Bits. The one with B. Come Bits. on. You know it. Three votes. <laughs> Bits cast three votes for Deb Cook Lewis. Three votes, Lewis. Blind Pride, three votes. Blind Pride, three votes. A BPI, three votes for Shigert. Okay, let me get over here. Three, Shigert. Um, BRL, eight votes. BRL casts six votes for Lewis, and in solidarity with our CCLVI brothers and sisters, two votes for Shigert. Six, Lewis, two, Shigert. CCLVI, 11 votes. CCLVI cast all 11 votes for our favorite son, Fred Shigert. 11 Shigert. Um, Friends in Art, three votes. Friends in Art votes one and a half votes for Shigert, one and a half for Lewis. One. Okay, 1.5 Lewis, 1.5 Shigert. Guide Dog Users, 19 votes. GDI casts 19 votes for Lewis. 19, Lewis. Entrepreneurs, two votes. This is Carla Hayes, alternate delegate. I'll be voting for Ivy from now on. And in the entrepreneurial spirit, we proudly cast our two votes for Deborah Cook-Lewis. Two, Lewis. Library users, five votes. Lua cast five votes, Lewis. Um, five, five Lewis. And finally, RSVA vendors, 25 votes. Arnold Shepard Vendors of America casts 24 votes, Lewis, one vote, Shigert. 24, Lewis, one, Shigert. Madam President, that completes roll call. Thank you. And it doesn't take too, too long to get the vote count back. So we're not going to go to discussion of the resolution quite yet. Let's have a door prize or two, and then we will return so we can focus on the resolution. Door prizes, ladies. All right. We have a $10 gift card from Star- Starbucks. What is that? Starbucks. Starbucks. Thank you. Starburst. I was reading it upside down. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> from Washington, D.C., and a, a magnet shaped of Minnesota. And let's see. Sharon Ige, I-G-E, from Hawaii. From Hawaii. Are you here? Up front here. Thank you. That's the kind of winner I like to see. <laughs> There's no doubt she was here. <laughs> and we have another magnet shaped as a Minnesota and a nice little knitted hat. And that would Cynthia Hirakawa. Two in a row. Another Hawaii. Are you here? Yes. She Madam. is here. Correct. Yes. Madam President, we are now down to only two door prizes. Wow. Wow. I want to thank 
all states and affiliates that have participated. Thank you so much. But we have two left. All right. All right. And their cash. I am waiting in hopes we will have results soon. Lane, we want the individual vote, so get it ready. Um, while we're waiting, I want to recognize Carl Richardson to make an, an announcement. Carl Richardson. I know. Hello. Um, I just want to say that as a member, of, I've been coming to this convention for 10 plus years, and as a member of the deaf-blind community, I want to personally thank the convention committee and the audio-video guys. Um, I have not heard the convention as well as I have this year, and it has made a tremendous difference, so I want to thank them for ensuring the um, workability of the ALDs. It has made a tremendous difference. And because of that, many members, I've spoken to many members of the deaf-blind community, and they feel much more included. So thank you very much. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. That's great to hear. And uh, I personally want to thank um, Rick Morin and Lane and everyone who worked so hard to make accessibility for members who are deaf-blind really work this year with instructions and support. Um, Byron, everybody who did it, you did a great job. Thank you. I think we have results. All right. <laughs> the combined affiliate and ballot vote turned out to 543 for Lewis, 77.2%, 160 for Scheigert, 22.8%. All right. Excuse me? They want the individual votes. All right. <laughs> the individual vote was 223 Lewis, 77.2%, and 66 votes Scheigert, 22.8%, and you'll notice those percentages are exactly the same as the total vote. All right. Deb, are you in a mic? I am. Go ahead. Congratulations. Thank you, ACB. This is just really exciting. When I uh, stood before you on Sunday night as one of your leadership candidates, I actually didn't know I was going to stand in front of you again today as one of your Board of Publications. 
I feel really, really honored um, and privileged. And I thank ACB, I thank my affiliate, I thank all of you who voted for me. And now I know there's a lot of work to do and I like doing a lot of work. So I will be out there working as hard for all of us as I can. And I thank you so much for your support. Thank you. All right. Is there anyone else at a mic? Yes, Madam President, it's Fred Scheiger. Yes, Fred, go ahead. Uh, first of all, congratulations to my worthy opponent. I did not mean to run against anybody, but now that this race is completed, I would like to run for the, the remaining position. And uh, I, uh, for the case of the, the entrepreneurs, I am still uh, employed. I run a, a stable of racing horses. Thank you. Thank you, Fred. All right, we are going to return to our discussion of the resolution on Freedom Scientific Optelect. And we had heard from one speaker, Chris Gray, who placed in a, nom a, a motion on the floor to adopt the resolution. Madam Chairman, opposition. Okay. Ray right. Campbell. I'll, I'll go ahead and recognize Ray because we have had one in support. So. And the, t and the timer is watching the timer is stopwatch. Going. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I think this resolution is, this is definitely not the kind of resolution we ought to be uh, uh, voting on. And I urge you to vote it down. I think this promotes fear-mongering. This promotes the end of the world. If you look at VFO Group's website, all of the existing brands are still there. Freedom Scientific and Optilec. I think we can be pretty assured that the AI squared brand will remain its independent brand. Furthermore, the second thing I'd like to point I'd like to make is that this kind of merger affords these companies that make the products that we all depend on vastly uh, larger financial resources so that they can go out and research and develop further great products for people who are blind or visually impaired. And the third thing I'd like to say is, I think this is a great merger because it, can, it has the potential to bring together some of the best of different products, such as JAWS and Window Eyes. It, maybe can make, will, make, it will make Zoom text and JAWS hopefully play nice together. I strongly urge the defeat of this resolution. It's total fear-mongering. We don't need it. I strongly urge you to vote it down. Thank you very much. All right. Is there further discussion? Karen Campbell in opposition. All right, I'm looking for anyone who wishes to speak in favor. Are there any individuals at microphones wishing to speak in favor? Are you at a microphone? Over here. Okay, get closer, you're almost there. And uh, identify yourself, please. Terry Olandes from Ohio. Um, first of all, you really don't know what's going to happen down the line. Nobody can say that. However, I can say that if this was a government thing and it was a cable company or a phone company, you would be griping because there would be a monopoly. All right. Madam Chairman. Karen Campbell in opposition. Brian Charlson in opposition. 
I'm, I'm going to recognize Tom Karen Burger Campbell first. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll recognize someone in support of the resolution, and then Brian, I will recognize you then. <laughs> Go ahead, Karen. Thank you. Um, I am opposed to this resolution. Think of it this way. Um, I will use the analogy um, that is in the fast food industry. You've all heard of Yum! Brands, right? That consists of Kentucky Fried Chicken, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut, among others. Yet, each of those brands, though they are owned by a holding company, each are their own independent brands. I think the same thing is going to happen here with BFO, Freedom Scientific Optoec. As Ray said, they all have their own websites. I think that um, we haven't seen a diminishment of competition in the fast food industry. I don't think we will see one here. Vote this resolution down. Thank you. All right. Is there anyone wishing to speak in support of the resolution? I'll ask one more time. Is there anyone wishing to speak in support? All right. I'll recognize Brian Charlson. There is somebody seeking the floor to speak in favor, Madam President. I, I didn't hear that. I'll recognize you, and then I'll recognize them. I Very didn't good. hear anyone at a mic. I would love to have this mic stand a little taller, because the only way you can talk into this thing is if you're, if you're six feet tall, <laughs> is to look at your toes while doing it. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll get through it here. Anyway. Is that relevant to the resolution on the floor, Mr. Charleston? <laughs> Your anniversaries must be a lot of fun. That's all I <laughs> it's coming up in a few weeks, maybe. <laughs> all right, Brian. 37 years and I'm still standing. <laughs> I think it's very important for us to remember our history in this process. There was a time when companies combined in order to strengthen the potential for development of products in our industry, and that company became Freedom Scientific. And it brought together a diverse set of products and improved each and every one of them through that merger. So I think there's some reason to believe that could happen here. Not that it will. It's also true what... Um, we heard from both of the Campbells here today, and that is this is a holding company situation. And holding companies frequently hold several products, even if they seem like they compete, in order to have a broader spectrum of potential clients. Lastly, I'd remind you that it wasn't too long ago that a little company called Apple had no means of access. And as a result of pushing with one company, developing an excellent product within itself, we all benefited. Give this a chance to do its thing. It truly is not a monopoly because, ladies and gentlemen, we're very lucky. We live in a world where there are free screen readers and are likely to see many more of those. That's the competition that VFO will have to be dealing with. All right. Is there anyone wishing to speak in support of the resolution? Uh, I guess I will, Carlos Gorgi from New York. Can you identify? Oh, I, um, didn't, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Your name again? Carlo, Carlos Gorgi Car from Carlos. New York. Okay. Go ahead. Um, well, 
while I'm not an yes. expert in this field, I have a little difficulty understanding the logic of the opposition. Uh, if throughout most of the history of mergers of companies, the effect has tended to be anti-competitive. If you look at most industries, rather than singling out certain exceptions, it was pointed out at one of the seminars I attended uh, this this week that uh, Zoom text and uh, Magic have leapfrogged each other over the years, and that has been very good for both products. Uh, it's just hard to see that the the interest would lie in keeping these products competitive if they were all under the same company. So if we look at how mergers generally tend to work, uh, I would be a little concerned about this one as well. Madam President? I'd like to speak in opposition, please. All right. Tom Bergender. I'm... Tom Bergender. All right. I'll recognize you to speak in opposition. Uh, my legal background suggests to me that I can't imagine the Federal Trade Commission will intervene in this situation. We're left with a, um, a holding company that will be in possession of a couple of different screen reading programs and screen enlargement programs, but there are other ones on the market. Microsoft has one. Mac, uh, Apple has one, and there may be some others that those more technically versed than me can speak to. Um, the Federal Trade Commission didn't get involved when, when Freedom Scientific absorbed a lot of other companies. They almost had a, a, a pretty good hold on many of the area markets for the visually impaired, and so I just think it's very, very unlikely that, that they will... Um, Think about this. All right. Is there anyone wishing to speak in support? Okay. The question has been called for. Restate the motion. It's a, a motion to, to adopt the resolution. Can, since it has been a I'm bit of time, we've had some pauses, that would be great to reread. The, whereas, the therefore be it resolved clauses or the whereas clauses? The resolve. Just do the the I'm working on it. Yeah. Hold on. He's working on it. Shaking on. Therefore, be it resolved by this organ that the directors. Hold on. Where is it? The. That this organization directs the appropriate staff and committees of, of ACB to. Uh, explore immediately the possibility of lodging a protest regarding this merger with the Federal Trade Commission and other appropriate governmental uh, bodies to protect people who are blind or visually impaired against a monopolistic takeover of the technology which so directs, so directly affects our daily lives and livelihood. Thank you. All right, we'll proceed to a vote. Those in favor of the resolution say aye. Aye. Those in opposition say nay. Nay. The resolution has been defeated. Yes. And just uh, for secretarial purposes, this resolution gets no number. Yeah. All right. Because it's gone. We are proceeding to our final election of the day. 
the third position on the Board of Publications. There is no nomination from the committee for this position. Are there any nominations from the floor? Madam President, David Trott. I recognize David Trott. I would like to place in name, uh, in nomination, the name of Paul Edwards. He's a retired head of the Disability Services at Miami-Dade University from Miami, Florida. Right. Florida. All right. Paul Edwards' name has been placed in nomination. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Yes, there is. Please identify I would like yourself. To, I'm Tom Jones, and I would like to place in nomination my wife, Renee Zellickson, for board publications. Okay. Renee Zellickson's name, could you tell us what she does and where she lives, please? She's in Chicago, Illinois, and works for the federal government at this point. Okay. All right. So the name of Renee Zellickson has been placed into nomination. Are there any other nominations from the floor? Are there any other nominations from the floor? I've, if, if there are, you need yes. to be at a microphone, okay? And identify yourself, please. This is Charlie Glazer. I'd like to place a nomination in the name of Fred Schreigert. All right, the name of Fred Schreigert has been placed into nomination. I'll ask one more time. Are there any nominations from the floor? Hearing none, we shall close nominations and we shall um, proceed to hear the speakers for the new candidates. Um, Fred has already had speakers, so I would assume we are comfortable with that and Fred is comfortable with that. So, um, Paul Edwards, could you please tell us who your speakers will be? Thank you, Madam President. Uh, speaking for me will be Jim Crott from Florida and Brian Charlson from Massachusetts. All right. Is Jim Crott at a microphone? You are? As soon as Thank you, you there you are. All right. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, my name is Jim Crott. I'm pleased as president of Florida Council of the Blind, as board member of Library Users of America, serving as an advocacy committee uh, member for ACB, to stand before you and proudly recommend that Paul Edwards be elected to the Board of Publications. I think I could sit down at this point, as everybody knows Paul Edwards. Paul has done a heroic amount of work for his true love and honored uh, endeavors with the American Council of the Blind. He has served diligently the Florida Council of the Blind. He has served on the board of directors and been president of the American Council of the Blind. He has also worked diligently for Florida Council, worked diligently for Florida Council of the Blind as its past president for several terms. He is a go-to person. He never says no. He always takes on an endless array of challenges, commitments. He's dedicated, he's loyal, and yes, I don't want him to hear this, but he's very brilliant. He brings intellect, wisdom, and ongoing history of knowledge as a base from which to work for the continued betterment of the American Council of the Blind. And in as as a BOP member, 
He will, as he has in the past, deliver wonderful, needed leadership and support. I urge you to elect Paul Edwards to the seat on the Board of Publications. All right, and your next speaker, I'll give you a 30-second alert toward the end of your remarks. Thank you. Everybody who's been attending ACB conventions for the past few decades recognizes the name of Paul Edwards. And for six of those years, I served as Paul's first vice president when he was president of the American Council of the Blind. When you work so closely as the two of us did during those years, you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I can tell you that Paul Edwards embodies what we need in leadership in ACB, and especially what we need as we look at publications in this organization. You've seen his writings in the pages of the Braille Forum. You've seen his work when he was resolutions chair of this organization and the quality he put into the work, uh, wordsmithing of those rather delicate items over all those many years. He now works with me on Library Users of America and is very, very supportive and editor of our newsletter, The Lua Ledger. I can guarantee you that when you elect Paul Edwards to any committee, and when that committee has to do with communications, that you're going to get top-notch work, totally dedicated effort, and you're going to get somebody who's going to be bringing to this organization a deep knowledge of the blindness system, a deep knowledge of the issues, the social issues associated with this. Not just the technology issues, not just the issues that come from just one side of an issue, but truly all sides of an issue. You can guarantee that you're going to get freedom of speech through our publications with Paul Edwards as the next elected member of the American Council of the Blind Board of Publications. Please join me in voting for Mr. Paul Edwards. All right. The uh, ballots are being distributed. We need to close the doors. They're in the process of... Oh, I know. I know. Um, But I just wanted to alert you that they have started to distribute the ballots. So don't do anything to them. The volunteers are just trying to be efficient. We're closing the doors now. We're not going to a vote. Just trying to expedite a little bit. Thank you. Now we need to hear... From our next set of speakers, and Renee, who would be speaking on your behalf? Um, Larry, Larry Turnbull, and um, Byron Lee. All right. So, um, reset the timer, and Ray, go ahead. Oh, that's Larry. 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 Oh, I thought. So I thought you said Ray Campbell. I'm sorry. I need the mic. Larry Turnbull. I'm sorry. I don't know. Do you still have those assistive listening devices? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Larry. I, I've, uh, point, uh, hold it, Larry. There's a point of order. Point of order. Okay. Um, Madam Chair. Uh, yes. It was my impression that we closed the doors and distribute the ballots after the speeches have been, have been completed. 
That's usually the way that the election process is done, yes. Okay. Then I would submit that we should follow that pattern okay. for this election as well. All right. So I, I cannot tell you how many ballots have been distributed. About half the room. So um, I think that we can proceed with the speeches. We have closed the doors. And I do not think that it will impact the validity of the election. Okay? Our parliamentarian agrees. All they are doing is trying to expedite distribution of the ballots to everyone in a timely way because there's fewer volunteers. So I'm going to recognize Larry for his time. I've been working with uh, Renee Zellickson for the last three years. She's uh, an active member in the Illinois Council of the Blind. She's the chair of the ICB bylaws committee and she's very detail-oriented in Speak what up, she Larry. does. Closer, louder. And she, Thank I you. just didn't want to boom it. <laughs> and she's very detail-oriented in doing what is needed to make sure all the work is done properly. She's an active member in BITS. She's the president of governmental employees. And she's really taken a lot, a lot on herself in order to be sure that that affiliate is moving forward and she is a very hard worker and I've been very glad to be working with her on many levels with Illinois and BITS. And Byron, are you nearby? Okay. <laughs> we turn it over to Byron. Byron, is he here? I don't know where he is. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't believe that he is in the room. You have about one minute left. Larry, if you want to use that. All I can say is I urge you, having Renee on the Board of Publications okay. will be a huge asset, and I urge everyone to vote for Renee Zellickson to be on the Board of Publications. Thank All right. you. All right. Um, is Byron available? Okay. There still is additional time for Renee. I don't know if you had anyone else designated, so... Is Jill Noble in the room? All right, we need to move on. Okay. Okay. All right. Someone's asking for the floor. It's Debbie Hazelton. Am I allowed, even though I spoke for Debbie, am I allowed to speak for this candidate? Well, she, she didn't ask you to. I asked her if she oh. had anyone who she wanted to speak for her, no. well, and she didn't give didn't me know. your name, but I, I if, she, if, if, if she would uh, like you to, there is time. Hazel, that would be, I mean, Debbie Hazelton would be wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Hazel, Hazel Debbyton, yes. I, Hazel Debbyton, I've been called that before. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Dazelton, yeah. Um, I have not known Renee a long time, but what I do know is... Renee is a very detail-oriented person. When she has something on her mind that she wants to complete, she stays on it. She's a very compassionate person, a very caring person, and one who really does seek to get the job done. She's a good team player, and I would totally be in favor of her on the Board of Publications. All right. Thank you. All right.
Instructions on casting your ballots. Does everyone have a ballot? All right, there's some no's, so raise your hands, please. Any others? We took care of one. Does everyone have a ballot? If you do not have a ballot, raise your hand. We're clear and good to go. All right. So, if you wish to vote for Paul Edwards, remove one corner from your ballot. If you wish to vote for Renee Zellickson, remove two corners from your ballot. And if you wish to vote for Fred Shigert, remove three corners from your ballot. So we're getting into more precision here. One corner, Paul Edwards. Two corners, Renee Zellickson. Three corners, Fred Shigert. All right, go ahead and vote. And then the volunteers will be coming around with the ballot box. And we will see what kinds of resolutions we have to offer. Mr. Reichert. Hello. Well, on offer, ladies and gentlemen, is a resolution about Apple. And the crowd goes wild. Jeez. Just pretend you got a big mug of coffee in front of you, okay? Just, just, just work with me here. Whereas, oh, guys, 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 guys. And uh, just in case, just a little checkup. We, we, we only have a couple more of these to do, and so life is good, and we're moving, we're cooking with gas. All right, so, whereas Apple has built accessibility into all of its products, and whereas... (laughs) And whereas the X-Mode Integrated Development Environment, or IDE, contains an accessibility checker, and whereas Apple requires apps to meet specific standards before allowing them into the App Store. And, uh, nope. And now, therefore, be resolved by the American Council of the Blind, etc. That ACB urge Apple to make accessibility a requirement for apps to be added to the App Store. And be it for the resolve that ACB encourages Apple to require all app developers to, sub- to submit documentation to Apple showing that their apps pass the accessibility checker before admitting them into the app store. And be it further resolved that this organization encourage Apple to require existing apps to pass uh, the accessibility checker before allowing their updates to be added to the app store. The committee, uh, in this instance, recommends, Madam President, that this uh, resolution be referred to the Information Access Committee for further discussion and consideration of this complex issue. All right. So, and so, and I so move. So, a motion to refer is um, to the inter- information access committee. And I heard several seconds. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor of referring this to the information access committee for further study, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? 
The, the motion's carried and the resolution is referred to the Information Access Committee. And it, this it will receive a number. It's 2016-21. Jackpot. No, blackjack. Something, something involving jacks and winning and I don't know. I always get in trouble when I do sports and gambling things. Are you doing another one? To the roll call vote. Okay. All right. All right. So the next resolution is lengthy. We are going to move to the roll call vote. I think, let me ask. Yes, absolutely. Um, have, does anyone still have a ballot that needs to be picked up? Oh, they're still collecting. I'm sorry. I rushed the process a little bit. Do we want to do those last two door prizes? All right. It's sad to see that it's the last two, but it's... Well, I Thank have... you to Katerina and Julia for your service as door prize ladies. But wait, there's more. <laughs> what the state of Washington has come up and has offered three more door prizes of $50... Now, what would be the pleasure of everybody? Should we give them out today or wait for the banquet? Banquet, banquet. Wow. All in favor of giving them out during session, say aye. Aye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're storming the state. <laughs> All right. The first door prize I have is a gift card for $25 from Arizona. And the winner goes to Frank Hine from New Mexico. Not here. Okay. Patricia Harlan, are you here from MD? Raise your hand, jumping jacks. All right. Wave you your hand. Please stand up. Stand up even. They'll be able to find you easy because everyone else is sitting. Thank you. Okay, the next door prize is a cash prize of $25 from North North Dakota. See, that's how you say it. North Dakota. <laughs> Jeanette Gerard from Washington, D.C. Are you here? Yes. Stand that's a up yes. and make yourself be Stand known. Stand up and we'll take care of that. Madam Chair. Madam Chair. Jeanette, Jeanette Gerard. Madam. Oh, there. Sorry. 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 Madam Chair. Yes. Cindy Van Winkle. Yes. She, she took kind of a poll to see when we would like those three uh, $50 door prizes. But she, never asked about, Washington State? but she never asked about the banquet. Oh. And we really actually from Washington would like them at the banquet. So okay. well, you we, made the donation. We will do what Washington State wants, and we will hold them for the banquet. Thank you good. very Thank much. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Does anyone still have a ballot that has not been picked up? If so, raise your hand with your ballot in it. There's one. 
All right. No, everyone has turned in their ballot except one that they're coming to get it. All right. So we're good to go. That also means the doors can open. And I recognize the secretary for the roll call. All right. <laughs> you, you guys were nice to me the first two years I was up here. Now you're making me work. <laughs> That's okay. That's what democracy is all about in this great organization. So here we go. Alabama, six votes. Alabama cast it six votes for Paul Edwards. Six Edwards. Uh, Alaska, 11 votes. Alaska, oh, 11 votes for Fred Schreiert. Okay. Gotta go another column over. 11 Schreiert. Okay. Arizona, two votes. Arizona casts 1.75. Uh, can't do that. Oh, I thought we could do 0.25s. You, got to, you can only go to half, oh. Jeff. Only halves. Well, that changes everything. All right. Then uh, two votes, Edwards. Okay. Two Edwards. Okay. Arkansas, three votes. Two, two Edwards, three Shiger. Uh You only have three total votes, so... Wait, wait. <laughs> you said two Edwards... Try. <laughs> it's two. getting late, I can tell. Two, two, is this thing on? Two Edwards, one Schreigert. Two Edwards, one Schreigert. That adds up to three. Great. Okay, California, 25 votes. California and California in the spirit of diversity casts eight votes for Edwards, two votes for Schreiger, and 15 votes for Zellickson. Okay. Let's see. Eight Edwards, 15 Zellickson, two Scheigert. Let me get... Oops, I got to put the number there. Okay, that's, there we go. Okay, down to Connecticut, one vote. Connecticut, one vote, Edwards. One Edwards. Um, Delaware, one vote. Delaware, one vote, Edwards. One, Edwards. D.C., two votes. D.C. cast one vote for Edwards and one vote for Zellickson. One, Edwards, one, Zellickson. Um, Florida, 24 votes. Oh, did I call Florida? I'm getting the microphone. Um, Florida cast six votes. Zeichert. Six votes, Zellickson, 12 votes, Edwards. See, 12 Edwards, six Zellickson, six Scheigert. All right, Georgia, seven votes. Georgia cast all seven votes for Edwards. Seven Edwards. Hawaii, three votes. Hawaii, three votes, Edwards. Uh, three Edwards, and by the way, I learned how to say Hawaii when I was over there. <laughs> Illinois, four votes. Illinois, two votes for Edwards and two votes for Zellickson. Two votes Edwards and two for whom, Albert? Zellickson. Zellickson, okay. Two Edwards, two Zellickson. Indiana, nine votes. Indiana, nine votes Edwards. Nine Edwards. Iowa, four votes. Uh, uh, Iowa casts her votes for two votes Edwards, one vote Zellickson, and... 
One vote, uh, Schweiger. Two Edwards, one Zellickson, one Schweigert. Kansas, four votes. Three votes, Edwards, one vote, Schweigert. Three Edwards, one Schweigert. Bluegrass, five votes. Uh, one vote for Paul Edwards, one vote for Renee, and three votes for Fred Scheigert. One Edwards, one Zellickson, three Scheigert. Okay, Kentucky, 13 votes. Five Scheigert, eight Edwards. Eight Edwards, five Scheigert. Um, Louisiana, five votes. Three Edwards, one Zellickson, one Shiger. Three Edwards, one Zellickson, one Shiger. Maine, two votes. Two for Paul Edwards. Two Edwards. Maryland, three votes. Maryland, 2.5 Edwards, 0.5 Shiger. Okay, 2.5 Edwards, 0.5 Shiger. Bay State, seven votes. 6.5 Edwards, 0.5 Zellickson. 6.5 Edwards, 0.5 Zellickson. Um, Michigan, seven votes. Michigan, seven votes, Edwards. Seven Edwards. <clears throat> Minnesota, three votes. Two votes, Edwards, one vote, Zellickson. Two Edwards, one Zellickson. Uh, um, Mississippi, five votes. Mississippi, five Edwards. Five Edwards. Um, Missouri, 25. Missouri cast 25 votes for Renee Zellickson. Two, 25 Zellickson. Monta oh, I'm not going to call them, excuse me. Nebraska, one vote. In keeping with the summer reruns, Nebraska, one vote, Shigert. Oh. Over to the right column, one Shigert. Okay. Um, New Mexico, one vote. New Mexico, one vote for Edwards. One vote for, one very resounding vote for Edwards. New York, eight votes. Uh, I'm sorry. Five Shigert, two Edwards, one Zellickson. Okay. Two Edwards, one Zellickson, five Shigert. Um, North Carolina, six votes. North Carolina, six for Renee Zellickson. Six Zellickson. Um, North Dakota, six votes. North Dakota, Edwards, two, Shigert, four. Two Edwards, four, Shigert. Ohio, nine votes. Four Paul, three Fred, two Renee. You're right up on it. I um, heard four Edwards, two Zellickson, three Shigert. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Four Edwards, two Zellickson, three Shigert. And um, Oklahoma, 20 votes. Oklahoma cast 20 votes for Edwards. 20 Edwards. Oregon, six votes. Oregon will vote two for each candidate. Two, two Edwards, two Zellickson, two Scheigert. Correct. Got it. 
Okay, Pennsylvania, 16 votes. Pennsylvania cast 16 votes for Edwards. 16 Edwards. South Carolina, one vote. South Carolina, one Edwards. One Edwards. Uh, South Dakota, three votes. South Dakota casts its three votes for Paul Edwards. Three Edwards. Tennessee, seven votes. Tennessee casts six votes for Edwards and one for Shigert. Six Edwards, one Zellickson. Or one Shigert, I'm sorry. I got it. I wrote it in the right spot. Six, let me repeat that. Six Edwards, one Shigert. Okay, Texas, 14 votes. Texas casts 10 votes for Edwards and four for Zellickson. Uh, 10 Edwards and the four for whom? For Zellickson? Is that correct? 10 Edwards for Zellickson. Okay. Utah, 22 votes. Utah's 22 votes, 15 for Zellickson and 7 for Shigert. Okay, 15 Zellickson, 7 Shigert. All right. Old Dominion, 2 votes. Old Dominion, 2 for Edwards. 2 Edwards. Um, Washington, 16 votes. Washington, 12 for Edwards, 3.5 Zellickson, 0.5 Schweiger. Let me rerun that back. 12 Edwards, 3.5 Zellickson, 0.5 Schweiger. Uh, democracy, folks. Mountain State, two votes. Mountain State, Mountain State, two votes for Edwards. Two Edwards. Wisconsin, two votes. Okay, two for Edwards. Two Edwards. Wyoming, two votes. Wyoming, two votes. Cowboy Country, one vote for Edwards, one vote for Shigert. One Edwards, one Shigert. Okay, AAVL, one vote. AAVL, one vote, Edwards. One Edwards. Uh, attorneys, two votes. Two votes, Edwards. Two, Edwards. Um, Ace Diabetics, one vote. Diabetics in action, Renee. Um, one, Zellickson. Uh, families, two votes. ACB Families casts two votes, Edwards. Two, Edwards. Um, government employees, one vote. One for Renee Zelkson, and I am announcing it because she, I'm the alternate delegate for her. No problem. One Zelkson. Um, Lions, two votes. One vote Zelkson, one vote Shigert. One Zelkson, one Shigert. Um, radio amateurs, one vote. Radio Amateurs, Zellickson. Um, one Zellickson. Students, one vote. Uh, Ms. Mr. Secretary, this is Katie Frederick. I just want to let the body know that the students no longer have representation on the floor. They have left. Okay. I, 
I will not uh, call on them if there's any more roll calls the rest of the day. Bits, three votes. Bits cast three votes for Renee Zellickson. Three, Zellickson. Um, Blind Pride, three votes. Uh, three, votes, three votes for Paul Edwards. Okay, three Edwards. BRL, eight votes. Braille Revival League, Bradley casts eight votes for Paul Edwards. Eight Edwards. CCLVI, 11 votes. 11 Shigert. 11 Shigert. Um, Friends in Art, three votes. Friends in Art will uh, vote one for each candidate. One for Zellickson, one for Edwards. Okay, and one, one Edwards, one Zellickson, one Scheigert. GDUI, 19 votes. GDUI, 19 votes for Paul Edwards. 19 Edwards. Entrepreneurs, two votes. Entrepreneurs proudly casts 1.5 votes for Paul Edwards and 0.5 for Renee Zellickson. 1.5 Edwards, 0.5 Zellickson. Lua, five votes. Lua cast five votes for Paul Edwards. Five Edwards. Vendors, 25 votes. Randolph Shepard Vendors of America cast 20 votes for Renee Zellickson and five votes for Paul Edwards. Five Edwards, 20 Zellickson. Madam President, that completes roll call. All right. Mark, you got one? Yes. All right. We will uh, proceed to a resolution while the votes are being tallied. Thank you very much, Madam President. This resolution comes to us from our friend, Steve Mendelson. Uh, here we go. Whereas mainstream business and commerce in America make growing use of online technology and communications to conduct business and communicate with their customers and other constituents. And whereas many of these companies, including technology developers such as those re represented and honored at this conference and convention, including major retailers and others, are coming to recognize the necessity for accessibility as an element of these communications. <clears throat> and whereas many leading technology companies are endeavoring to incorporate accessibility into the design of their hardware and software offerings. <clears throat> and whereas as a consequence of this recognition and implementation, many leading technology companies are advertising and seeking to fill accessibility-related positions in areas of product development, website testing, and customer support. And whereas many uh, law firms who advise major uh, businesses are now recommending that their clients incorporate accessibility into their public-facing websites and other products. And whereas it has been reported that companies seeking accessibility experience, excuse me, expertise, have encountered shortages in the availability of personnel with the, re 
the requisite skills and training needed to fulfill their accessibility-related hiring goals and public commitments. And whereas many blind people who utilize technology have acquired familiarity with computer technology and experience, uh, understanding and over and overcoming accessibility barriers and issues. And whereas many of these persons, though possessed of considerable practical knowledge and experience, do not have a formal education or professional uh, resumes that would make them attractive or obvious candidates for mainstream technology uh, employment. And whereas many of these people could, with intensive training and support, be equipped with the augmented skills needed uh, to use a refreshable braille display in front of 300 of your friends. Um, uh, the skills to, to fill good-paying accessibility-related positions in industry. And whereas ACB, through its establishment of co uh, cooperative, mutual beneficial, mutually beneficial relationships with leading technology companies, has helped to foster technology awareness and to achieve greater accessibility throughout our nation. And whereas ACB's fruitful relationship with leading technology companies puts ACB in an ideal position to work with these companies in identifying, training, and placing suitable blind and visually impaired persons in professional technology positions related to and going be, uh, beyond access. Uh, going beyond accessibility. I'm going to pause there because I think we have an announcement. Oh, okay. All right. We do have the results of the vote. So, Lane? All right. The results of the combined vote, 404.5 Edwards, 181.5 Zellickson, 108 Scheigert, that is 58.3% Edwards, 26.2% Zellickson, and 15.6% Scheigert. It's the individual ones. Madam President, I'd like to uh, express my appreciation to all of those who provided support uh, we have an immense amount of talent in the American Council of the Blind, and I know we can find lots of things for Renee and Fred to do, and I hope they will. Um, I'd also like to announce that we have word search puzzles in Alabama and Florida, Judy Jackson and Rhonda Trott. Thank you, Paul. All right. sir. What was the individual, individual result? Yeah. I told Lane to stand by, so. Oh. <laughs> um, let's, let's I, I recognize Renee. Uh, yes, I would like to uh, first congratulate Paul on these uh, uh, election results and also to thank 
uh, everyone who voted for me, uh, giving me um, an opportunity to see how I can be, um, can be helpful. And I look forward to uh, working with uh, the BOP and learning all I can. And maybe there'll be an opportunity for me in the future. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, Madam President? Yes. Is that Fred? Yes. Uh, All right. Go ahead. Uh, my thanks for what votes I, I got both times, and uh, I'll be around to try again at some point. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Lane. The individual ballot count. 175 Edwards, which was 62.5%. 66 Zellickson, which was 23.6%. And 39 Scheigert, which was 13.9%. All right. Thank you. All right. Congratulations to all the candidates today. Madam, Madam Chair. I want to recognize all of their efforts and those who did not win. Thank you for having the courage to try. Madam Chair. Um, who's this asking? This is the secretary. Oh, it is. Um, Hello, I Ray. Just, I'm nice back. Nice to meet you. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just like to, at the end of the session, I need to see Dan Dillon and Denise Colley uh, to get some contact information for our board of directors contact list. Thank you very much. All right. I think we were mid-resolution when our <laughs> faithful hero, Mark Reichert, was telling us what was about to happen in when our resolution. When we last left, Mark. All right. Please proceed. And whereas many ACB members and others who are blind or have, uh, who are visually impaired have already achieved financial and personal rewarding professional careers in accessibility-related and other technology-related positions in industry, demonstrating in the process that their unique understanding of the issues gives them great advantages in addressing the subject. And whereas the simultaneous existence on the one hand of under or unemployed computer literate accessibility aware blind persons and on the other hand, the unfulfilled professional accessibility-related developer, uh, coder, tester, and other accessibility-related positions throughout commerce, industry, and government creates a natural and mutually beneficial fit. Now, therefore, be it resolved. I'm so excited to see that. Now that the fair for review resolved that the American Council of the Blind establish a high-level committee in consultation with industry and utilizing the relationships that ACB has assiduously and, and productively built up over the years to explore the feasibility of creating an intensive training academy designed to train and otherwise equip suitable persons with no or limited vision for mainstream technology careers. These are several uh, bulleted items. To assure the curricula and technology used in such training are optimally selected to meet current and foreseeable 
industry needs to assure that applicants acquire not only the necessary technical skills, but where needed, the fullest understanding of the organizational, social, and other features, expectations, and stresses of the modern high-pressure corporate environment to provide an an appropriate stipend for all trainees, including benefits, counseling, where necessary. To offer placement and post-placement assistance in conjunction with the employer so as to maximize the the prospects of each individual's success. With that, ladies and gentlemen, um, yeah, okay, it's long, but um, Mr. Mendelson always writes excellent resolutions, um, and I think this is an important issue, which is why the committee uh, ultimately agreed and recommends a due pass to you. I move. All right. A motion's been made and seconded, recommending a due pass of this resolution. Is there any discussion? Yes. Okay, please get to a mic. (laughs) If you can identify yourself when you get to a mic. Okay. I, I, I guess I would begin. I, I would recognize the maker of the resolution if you wanted to say a few words. Yes, uh, Steve. Thank you, Madam President. Yes. Uh, I think really, uh, although there are necessarily a lot of words, and I apologize for that, it comes down to a very simple premise. There are probably within this room, and there are known to all of us, many uh, AC, ACB members who have excellent, often but not always self-taught computer skills who have an understanding of accessibility which is equal or greater to that of most people in the industry, but who aren't uh, on the kinds of professional tracks that would uh, equip them or prepare them or make them obvious candidates for employment in the lucrative uh, accessibility-related jobs that industry is developing at a great uh, rate. At the same time, there is, as indicated, a growing need for such skills in industry for a variety of legal, economic, public relations, and technological reasons. It's a need which is increasingly also going unmet, and it's a need uh, which uh, is driving up salaries. Uh, everywhere we see evidence of the uh, problems that companies face in meeting their accessibility commitments. So what we have here is a natural fit. It reminds me, uh, not that I'm old enough to remember, but I've read and studied and heard about how during World War II, uh, where everyone, everyone was needed to work, uh, many blind people got jobs in doing things that were unheard of before. Well, this is not unheard of. This is simply a question of matching the people uh, to the opportunities and providing the bridge, which ACB is uniquely capable of doing because of the uh, relationships that it has built up with industry, because of the credibility it has, because of the skills that it can bring to bear, uh, and because of the ability it has to help industry to provide the, the training and technology and support services that are necessary. So I'm hoping we can uh, move forward in something which will really bring benefit to a large number of our members who are under, underemployed, but who could be professionally and lucratively employed with just the right, uh, the right levels of training and support. Thank you. Thank you. Madam President. Please identify yourself. Uh, this is Eugenia Firth from Dallas. Um, although I support the, um, you know, 
need for this. I question that we can do it. It really sounds like, as an organization, it really sounds more like a service providing thing. I don't like the wording of it. I think it needs to be rewritten. Thank you. Is there further discussion? Hearing none, we will consider the motion. All those in favor of the resolution as presented to you say aye. Aye. Opposed? The motion is adopted. The resolution has passed. All right. Mr. Reichert? Thank you very much. Uh, Madam Chair. Oh, okay. <coughs> Excuse me. The number of that last one? The resolution number for that is 20, uh, 1622. That was 1622. Um, Carla? Yes. Um, I just, we're almost at the end of the resolutions. And yep. I just want, yes. We I are. just wanted to remind everyone as you exit the room, the mini mall will still be open for a few minutes. So stop by there and uh, we'll be packing things up. So uh, come by as you leave the room. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to the mini mall staff for keeping it going all this time. Oh, and thank Kim, you. Yeah, if I could. Yes. I'd just like to recognize those people that have worked the long, long hours. Um, I, I, hope, I may miss somebody. I hope not. But um, Patty Cox, David Cox, Vicki Vogue, um, DJ McIntyre, that's better known as Betsy Greenovich's daughter, <laughs> um, and Carrie Bishop, and um, Cindy Laban. Just appreciate everybody so much. And Nancy, Nancy, I hope I pronounced your name right, Shadig. From Minnesota, uh, we just absolutely could not have done it without every one of those people. So thank you all so much. Thank you. All right. Mr. Reichert. Thank you very much. So we do have uh, thank yous to do, but we do have one substantive one to do. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, again, this, this is a, a bit of a lengthy one, but remember what we talked about with these, that uh, sometimes we're not doing these for purposes of how they sound uh, when read aloud, that they're really good for uh, using for all kinds of PR, substantive, and other purposes, and to quote from them in particular. Our committee struggled a lot over this week, and frankly, over the course of many, many years we've done this, where... You know, we're often looking at things in sort of an incremental fashion, little bit by bit by bit. Uh, and sometimes it gets really frustrating because you see so many things. Like, remember how those resolutions we did earlier today, picking on the government for rightfully for why they weren't doing all kinds of things? What about look, taking a step back and looking at a, sort of a bigger picture? So that's what we've done. I wonder if I have the permission of the author to identify the author. Yes. Um, so this is written by Paul Edwards and... Um, I uh, will start to read it, and, and please, again, it's long. Let's be patient. Let's hear what we have to say. Whereas the American Council of the Blind, since its inception, worked to promote the security, independence, and inclusion of people who are blind or who have low vision as engaged members of society that values what blind and low vision people can bring to the country's enrichment and evolution. And whereas with the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act and other legislation, the rights of people who are blind 
or who have low vision to be fully included in society were affirmed and specifically through the language of such legislation in existence, whoops, in, yes, in existence of ongoing and pernicious, excuse me, the existence of ongoing and pernicious discrimination was specifically recognized. And whereas, in spite of this legislation that clearly and unequivocally asserts the right of people with disabilities to be fully included in our society, discrimination and inaccessibility are still the rule rather than the exception in many areas of law and society. And whereas a quarter of a century after the passage of the ADA, the employment rate of people who are blind or visually impaired uh, remains stubbornly unchanged. And whereas, while statistics suggest that the number of senior citizens with severe vision law, uh, severe visual impairments is expected to double within the next decade, uh, federal funding for services to this population remains essentially unchanged and state funding calls uh, falls far short of what will be necessary even to maintain the same level of service currently being provided. And whereas for the past five years, the American Council of the Blind has worked to pass the Cogswell-Macy Act, which, if implemented, would provide a range of specialized protections for children in school who are blind or who have low vision, without which students who are blind or who have low vision will be less and less prepared to be effective graduates in the world of the 21st century. And whereas closed captioning for people who are deaf is now available for virtually every television program in spite of but in spite of our best in spite of our best efforts audio description covers only 60 markets a few networks and a minimum number of hours per quarter and whereas in 2010 the department of justice released an NPRM to solicit information on the application of, the, of Title III of the Americans with Disabilities Act to the Internet, uh, which six years later has not resulted in a rule where we hope, where, which we hoped would have required covered entities to make access to the, their offerings uh, of online providers a reality which would allow us to shop independently as virtually everyone else in our society can. And whereas the foregoing constitutes only examples, uh, whoops, only examples of the degree to which the rights of people with disabilities, including uh, those of us who are blind or who have low vision, are regularly being limited by the inaction of Congress, the current administration, and state legislatures. 
And whereas other, pro other protected classes are assumed to have the broad panoply of rights that ought to be available to all citizens of our country, while people with disabilities are expected to accept additional capacity for equality by tiny increments, so that we can expect full inclusion to occur <laughs> at about the same time as the sun ceases to shine. <laughs> now, therefore, be it resolved, I told you. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization categorically rejects the whoops, piecemeal uh, approach to the implementation of civil rights legislation and instructs our leadership to take the following steps. There are a number of bullets. Uh, incorporate into all our comments to agencies a clear statement that we will answer questions that are specifically uh, asked, but we reject categorically the notion that it is appropriate for us to take the approach that contains tiny incremental steps. Instead, we believe that we, that, uh, whoops, we believe that we have civil rights and the question is how these rights will be protected and expanded rather than what specific skill, what specific small actions society chooses to offer us. The officers and directors of this uh, and staff of this organization are hereby instructed to demand at the federal, state, and local levels that the needs of seniors who are blind or uh, seniors who are blind must be taken seriously so that we can avoid institutionalization, in institutionalizing elders who cannot see simply because they cannot receive the training that would allow them to live independently. Three, the leadership of this organization is hereby instructed to promote the education of all children who are blind or who have low vision in an environment that optimizes access to braille, low vision services, access technology, training and skills of daily living, without which graduates cannot be ready to be fully functional young adults. Number four, this organization believes that, the discrimina that discrimination continues to be pervasive for people who are blind or who have low vision and demands that at, that at all levels, laws designed to protect people who are blind or who have low vision from arbitrary exclusion or potential employment discrimination be enforced rather than ignored. And number five, the American Council of the Blind will no longer tolerate the notion that the Department of Justice should be allowed to continue to refuse to, ac to, act to accept its responsibility to give full voice to the implementation of laws and regulations that Congress has passed leaving litigation as the only viable option for people who are blind to receive justice. Number six, this organization demands that the programs, tra that programs training 
orientation and mobility specialists, vision rehabilitation therapists, and vocational rehabilitation counselors fundamentally alter their curricula, which currently espouse values and practices that desperately need to be updated so that those programs prepare instructors and counselors who can enable people who are blind or visually impaired to receive training that will allow them to truly understand the 21st century world in, within they must live. Number seven, this organization believes that agencies providing training to people who are blind or who have low vision must modernize the training that is offered to people who are blind or visually impaired of all ages. Uh, that recognizes, the training recognizes, the primacy of computer literacy and adjustment to blindness. Without these two elements, meaningful readiness for full inclusion in society will not be, will not be possible. And eight, guys, just stay with me. Come on. Number eight, the American Council of the Blind is hereby encouraged to, to seek partnerships with developers of mainstream technology or seek litigation to persuade them that we will no longer accept the release of new operating systems that are inaccessible. And be it further resolved that the foregoing assertions have at their heart the notion that it is now time for the American Council of the Blind to proactively and forcefully uh, hold it, hold it, assert these positions so that the capacity of people who are blind or who have low vision can shine through the cloud cover of social disinterest and governmental incompetence and inaction. Long resolution, but I think it says it well. We recommend a due pass. All right. Motion's been made and seconded to adopt the resolution. Is there discussion? Madam Chair, I rise to speak in opposition. This is Ron Brooks. I'd like to recognize the maker of the resolution, if you would wish to speak first in support of the resolution, and then I will recognize Ron. Yeah, getting to a mic. Uh, Madam President, thank you very much. Um, I know this resolution is long, and I know this resolution speaks to issues uh, that we've covered before in other resolutions. Um, the purpose for writing this resolution actually emerged um, over a fairly lengthy period of time um, because of the degree to which I feel that uh, we, we essentially put resolutions on record uh, and, we, and we place ourselves in, in positions where what we want to do is uh, to work on these small individual activities and it seemed to me that there might be some value in putting together at least some of the major issues that operate for us in, in a single document that would allow um, our affiliates, our members, uh, governmental entities, and whoever we interact with to see two things. 
One of those things um, is the range of issues where in spite of the passage of civil rights legislation, um, our society falls short in, in meeting the needs of people who are blind or have low vision. And second, but perhaps more importantly, that there's still an awful lot for us to do. And it seemed to me that this resolution might serve to energize some of our members and to answer the question that I get asked all the time, what is there for ACB to do? Thank you. I'll recognize Ron Brooks. I can tell that we're going to have an interesting year on the BOP. (laughs) So, um, I don't think, it's certainly, um, none of the issues that are raised in this resolution are objectionable. These are all things that we would probably all pretty much agree with. My concern with this resolution is, one, it doesn't cover... You know, the, the purpose of a resolution, as I understand it, is to express a position, to direct the organization to do something, to communicate a position to a specific audience to try to get them to do something. Hello. This resolution Hello. is really more like a, a, oh, a, a platform than, than it is a resolution. It's not specific to a topic. It's not actionable in any way. Um, it's just a list of things that we wish were different. And, you know, for example, name one element of the civil rights movement that hasn't made progress in, an, in, in incremental steps. Whether you're talking about the rights of, of African Americans or the rights of the LGBT community, things happen incrementally, and that's not going to change. And us begging for it to be different is not going to make it so. You know, demanding that operating systems come out accessible and refusing, you know, to, uh, I forget the wording, but essentially refusing to um, accept operating systems that are inaccessible is unrealistic um, because they're going to release them. And our job then is to deal with them. And, you know, maybe that means suing them if necessary. But, you know, this resolution strikes me as um, more of a list of positions and if we want to publish a list of positions, then let's go publish a list of positions. But not, let's not have a resolution yeah. that we cannot do anything with other than just read it, pass it, and set it aside, which is what's going to happen. There's, nothing, there's no action in yeah. this resolution. Madam President. Okay. All right. I agree. I'm going to recognize the chair of the resolutions committee for a comment. So let me just say that, that we do... Uh, write resolutions all the time that express things that aren't necessarily action-oriented. In fact, you're about to, with any luck, unless y'all go berserk, uh, you will ar- adopt several resolutions that are going to be thanking a number of people. And, and it's, they, they have no value beyond that, of course, and, and we do this Madam thing President. all the time. Madam the President. only other thing I would say is... Judy hold Wilkinson. On, hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Someone's speaking. The only other thing I would say is that this resolution does sort of set out for us a like sort of clarion call for getting off of uh, our collective behinds and really starting to do some things. I'll share with you just one anecdote. This is not an ACB anecdote, but it's, a, it's just a fact. When we, uh, you know, ACB brought 100 folks up, 120, I think, Eric, up to the Hill to talk about the Macy Act and some other things that we did. That was amazing. The rest of the blindness community was asked to come to a, an event day or two thereafter. We had about 100 folks who were from the deaf world, about uh, 20 or so from the deaf blindness world. Do you know how many folks from the blindness community came? Seven. 
And so I think what we were trying to do with this resolution is to put before folks sort of a motivation for developing the kinds of positions and actions and motivations to move forward. I would certainly hope that the American Council, even though it doesn't say this here in black and white, I would certainly hope that the American Council of the Blind would take a resolution like this, see it as our, uh, a call out from our community and particularly this membership to put position papers together. I expect knowing some of the folks that are involved in our PR committee that they would love to run with some of this stuff. So with that, Madam President, back to you. Madam Chair, I want to recognize the lady who had asked for the floor. This is Judy Wilkinson in opposition. I think it was a different lady's voice. Brian Charlson in opposition. All right. I don't know who it was, so I'll recognize. Is it Judy? Um, The word document, the word white paper, the word uh, presentation has been used several times. This is not a resolution. This is a white paper. This is a book. This is a, a, an, ed, a an entire document. This is a resolution really does not include a laundry list of everything we want in the universe. Uh, I think um, Ron said it very well, but I really want to emphasize that I'm the second member of the Board of Publications to stand before you and say this is a white paper. Thank you. Is there anyone wishing to speak in support of the resolution? Madam President. In support of the resolution. To make a motion. All right. I'll recognize Brian. With all due respect to the committee, I would move referral of this resolution to the Board of Directors for possible action. Second. Second. Yes. And I'd like to speak to my motion to refer. Simply, simply, I do believe in the value of white papers. I do understand that resolutions serve more purposes than us hearing ourselves speak to ourselves. But I really believe there's a problem in a community that depends on being able to hear first readings one time and attempt to discuss what is an intricate set of recommendations. The very nature of the length of some of the resolutions that become, have come before us during this convention make them virtually undiscussable at that level. No, All right. We, need, we do, in fact, need to put some of our words into action, and we need to create documents that support that collective wisdom, but that does not bring it to the floor as a resolution and I think that the board can resolve these kinds of issues. Thank you. So a motion is Mitch on the Pomerantz floor to refer in, in this a... resolution to the board of directors for action. Mitch Pomerantz speaking in favor of the motion. Go ahead. The motion to refer, correct? Yes. Okay, go ahead. If uh, I had gone ahead and done what I considered seriously in 2009 and established a a governmental affairs committee, um, I would have gone one step beyond Brian and suggested that's where this resolution belongs. It is a white paper. It is not a resolution. And I, and I believe, and I believe that, uh, in fact, if, uh, as the chair of the resolutions committee believes that this can be a call to action, then, in fact, we can flesh out even further uh, the items, the categories that 
uh, the author of the resolution proposes. Therefore, I believe this motion uh, is, is uh, a correct action to take, that, that uh, we need to develop this into a white paper, uh, essentially a roadmap for the advocacy efforts of the American Council of the Blind over the next several years. So I support Mr. Charlson's motion. Right. Is there any other further discussion on the motion to refer to the Board of Directors? Hearing none, all those in favor of the motion to refer this resolution to the Board of Directors for action signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? The resolution has been referred to the Board of Directors Thank for action. Thank you, Madam President. Ladies and gentlemen, before we wrap it up, we have, we've dropped a lot of names this week, and so we're going to drop a few more on you. These are our committee members. My uh, special thanks to every, each and every one of them. I hope that all committee chairs can say what I can say, which is that every last one of the members in this group contributes in their own way and, frankly, in a substantive fashion with good humor, and uh, we're up for all hours doing this kind of stuff, guys, believe it or not. And uh, these folks are great, so let me mention their names. Alice Richard, Jill Noble, uh, Marlena Lieberg, uh, and board liaison, someone named Kim Charlson. You may have met her. You might want to stop her in the lobby later, say hello. Uh, she's a really neat person to, to get to know. Uh, in terms of uh, the uh, gents on the committee, Michael Byington, uh, Jeff Tom, Paul Edwards, someone that we've talked about a little bit, uh, John Huffman. John Huffman does double duty, as you know, with Constitution and Bylaws. I twisted an arm. I think he's still in some kind of occupational therapy uh, based on that. Uh, I asked him to stay because it's great to have him be part of this because of the crossover sometimes between Constitution and, and Rezo stuff. So, uh, and Charles Nebrete and Michael Malfer, our staff liaison, Tony Stevens. Thank you. Give them a big round of applause, please. That resolution we just did was 1623, and we have three that we do at this time usually. We do them as a block, and I hope, Madam President, we can do that again, if I may. Yes. So, the first resolution is a resolution in appreciation for this hotel. Whereas, whereas it is appropriate that this conference and convention express its thanks and appreciation to our host hotel. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization communicate our deep gratitude to the management and staff of the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Minnehaha, Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> And you people will never know if that joke was intentional or if it was a mistake. <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota, for their warm, oh dear, their warm welcome. Their warm Minneapolis, their warm Minnesota welcome, I can hardly speak. The very hard work and first class hospitality. Let's give them a big round of applause. I don't know about you guys, but I've heard nothing but good stuff from this place, and they've done an amazing job, and I've had a lot of fun. I hope you have, too. 
Second one, this is for our friends who have helped pull this whole conference together for us. Whereas the strength of the American Council of the Blind lies in each of its individual members and in each of its state and special interest affiliates. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization express our heartfelt gratitude and thanks to this year's convention host committee and the women and men of the American Council of the Blind of Minnesota for their enthusiastic welcome, the untold hours of planning and hard work, and the tremendous privilege of being our national, being president at our national conference, of bringing our national conference and convention to their home state, the land of 10,000 dreams. Let's congratulate them. Thank you so much. And finally, the people we couldn't absolutely do without. Whereas there is no greater gift to give than, ser than service to others freely given with a generous heart. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization warmly embraces and sincerely thanks each and every individual volunteer who so selflessly and graciously gave of their time and energy to offer assistance to the attendees of this year's National Conference and Convention. Thanks to you, you made our dreams a reality. And I assume the committee recommends a do pass. Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> Hearing no discussion, all those in favor of all three of these resolutions signify by yelling aye. Opposed? No one. It's unanimous. Thank you. Thank you to Madam all President, the people that, that made this possible. Madam President, that concludes the resolutions committee report. Bye-bye. Yes. Thank you. Thank you to the Resolutions Committee. Thank you to Mark Reichert. Madam yes. President? Yes. Madam President? Very important. I, and I just want to say that Mark's work is not done. He, you will see him this evening in a, in a different role. And in a surgical collar, I think. Um. <laughs> All right. Who, who seeks the floor? John McCann, Madam President. John McCann, go ahead. Yeah, a very important social announcement. We in BITS, uh, for all of our acumen in the techno, uh, techno world, uh, uh, don't do well in inventory control. Now, I'm not saying there's a lot there, but we, I will announce our typical lose the booze uh, event, <laughs> if you will. Uh, there may be people in the BITS suite that can provide libation uh, at the conclusion of this meeting. All right. The, <laughs> sounds like the bit suites, the place to be. All right. Is, is there any other business to come before the organization? Someone's asking for the floor. Let's see. Someone. All right. I don't see anyone seeking a microphone. I'll ask one more time. Is there any other business to be come before the organization? If not, I, I would entertain a motion, so moved by several voices, to adjourn the 2016 Convention of the American Council of the Blind. Th thank you to all of you. All those in favor, say aye. aye. Opposed?
We'll see you next year in Reno, Nevada. Okay, that concludes all of the general sessions of the American Council of the Blind. We've got one more thing to broadcast later this evening. That is the 2016 ACB Banquet. That'll be on both mainstream and live event. We'll be broadcasting from the North Star Ballroom here at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we hope you'll be there. I'll work on getting the replay of this general session up because we know there were some buffering issues. And I did report that to the hotel, and it looks like they finally fixed it. (laughs) Too late now, anyway. (laughs) But it'll be good for the banquet. So for now, this is Larry Turnbull for ACB Radio signing off.